You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, July 10th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is great to be here with you on a lovely Monday afternoon in New York City. So much to discuss. Post-pay-per-view Monday, what's better than this? International Fight Week 2023 in the books. My first show as a 41-year-old. Thank you so much for all the kind wishes. It was such a lovely day. And there's nothing that I would rather do more on my birthday than to watch a great UFC pay-per-view. And what a great card it was. What a great card it was. Some have said the best ever as far as the July pay-per-views are concerned. That's, I mean, that's a strong statement. And sometimes we are victims of the moment. Uh, UFC 189 was fantastic. 2019 DC beating Stipe was fantastic as well. There's been some great ones. There have been some great ones over the years, but this certainly up there, and especially because it was uh, somewhat of a sneaky good card, if you will. But there was a stretch there on the prelims going into the main card, and even the main card itself. Every fight was absolutely amazing. Uh, banger after banger, great, great finishes, great results, shocking results, shocking wins, surprising wins, uh, dominant wins, exciting things to discuss. There's like... There's like legit 10 great storylines to discuss on this Monday, and I'm very excited to get into all of it. And then some, as always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but this program as well. Please do download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code the MMA Hour when you sign up. That lets them know we sent you. And, uh, 
if you've already signed up, because let's be honest, you probably already have because you've been listening to this for two years, continue to use that code because that lets them know that we have a loyal fan base. Support them because they support us. Also, shout out to NetSuite for their support on today's program. We'll tell you more about them as the show goes on. All right, so what do we have to discuss and who are we going to discuss it with on this program? Man, oh man, International Fight Week was fun. A lot happened from the Hall of Fame all the way until the fights on Saturday. Back into the show, uh, we'll get through the news and notes, also recap the weekend that was as far as betting is concerned, all that and more. Stay tuned for that. Uh, prior to that, we'll be joined by Ilya Teporia, who we last saw in action just a few weeks ago, but uh, kind of closed the show on Saturday. By now, you know Alex Volkanovsky is still the UFC men's featherweight champion, another clinical surgical performance by Alex the Great. And as he was walking out, we got a uh, a little impromptu face-off between Ilya and Alex, which was kind of fun. And there's so many different permutations here as far as what is next for Alex because of the Islam stuff, because of the, the lightweight stuff, the featherweight stuff, the Charles Oliveira stuff, the Abu Dhabi stuff, the Sydney stuff, the Taporia stuff. Whew. Numbers and options, Conor McGregor once said. He has numbers and he has options. And he's got title defenses. That was his fifth, slowly but surely creeping into the conversation of greatest of all time. Don't know if he's there quite yet. Let's not forget it was nine for Jose Aldo, if you include WEC and I do, because there was no UFC men's featherweight division. To me, he is still the greatest featherweight champion of all time, just on numbers alone. Uh, But Alex is entering that conversation, no doubt about it. And I do believe that he cemented the fact that he's the number one pound-for-pound fighter on the planet. It's a three-horse race right now between him, Islam, and John Jones. All right answers, no wrong answers. I give Alex the nod, and maybe John comes back and fights Stipe in November, and I change my mind. Oh, by the way, that fight was officially announced on Friday. It is going down November 11th, John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. I'm sure we'll get to all of that as well. Prior to Ilya, we'll be joined by Dan Hooker, who had that incredible win over Jalen Turner. Uh, what a back-and-forth war it was. One of the best fights on the card, and that is saying a lot. Dan Hooker was legit five seconds away from submitting Jalen Turner uh, in the second round, end of the second round. Turner saved by the bell. Couldn't believe. Honestly, I thought the fight was going to be done in between the second and third. Came out, and I couldn't believe they went another five minutes. It looked like they had nothing left in the tank, and they just kept going. It was unbelievable. Uh, and then the visual of Hooker's blonde hair with the, uh, with, with the red, the blood mixed in it, it turned to pink. It, to me, it was reminiscent, as I said on Twitter on the, uh, on the night, Ric Flair circa you know, 1981, when we'd have the, the big bleach blonde hair and it was just full of blood and it looked pink. So that was incredible theater. And we'll talk to him. It looks as though he did, in fact, break his arm. Great moment afterwards. Where Joe Rogan is like, you know, did you break your arm? I guess they they caught wind of it. And uh, Hooker said, no, it was just a little scratch. And then he posts the, uh, the, the, the x-ray of a clearly broken arm. Shout out to both of them. Uh, a lot of love and respect afterwards. And you can add that one into the bucket of great ambulance post-fight photos that we've gotten over the years. Uh, so we'll talk to Dan about that. Prior to that, we'll talk to Jens Pulver about his incredible weekend, fairy tale weekend. He finally gets into the Hall of Fame. Beautiful stuff. Tremendous speech, as expected. Emotional. Hall of Fame was great. Aldo was very emotional. 
Lawler opened up. That was tremendous. I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't disappointed that uh, Anderson Silva and Rory McDonald weren't there. When I say I'm disappointed, that sounds selfish. They should have been there. And it's hard to ignore their current relationship with the UFC and hard to not wonder if any of that had anything to do with why they weren't there. I asked both parties why they weren't there, and I was told it was a personal decision. And uh, actually, I thought it was very shrewd on Anderson's part to send his son there so his son gets all the shine. And uh, he posted something on uh, Instagram, and I even thought that that comment said a lot. That, that, that video that he posted said a lot about his current relationship with the Brass. But he deserves to be in the UFC Hall of Fame, and maybe there's, you know, there's a, uh, a case to be made that even if they don't want to go in, they should be in based on their, their, their body of work. Um, it is important to note, Robbie Lawler should be in the Hall of Fame on his own. He was inducted because of the fight with Rory McDonald. So I don't know, like, what's the official title that you would give him? Is he a Hall of Famer? I guess he should be a Hall of Fame by himself, and the fight should be a Hall of Fame fight. Um, so Rory deserved his shine and his love, and, and unfortunately, that's a whole complicated thing. And yeah, that's just the way it goes. Anyway, we'll talk to Jens Pulver about the, the weekend, long overdue. He should be in there. And uh, meanwhile, you know, while we're inducting people who, you know, may or may not want to go, Frank Shamrock should be in there too. But alas, I digress. Uh, prior to that, so that one's, you know, uh, we'll be joined by Chael P. Sonnen, who is always great to talk to after these pay-per-views. Love chopping it up with the bad guy. Who knows what he is going to say on today's episode. But like I said, there's a lot to discuss, so we'll get to that as well. And then prior to that, we'll be joined by the brand new UFC flyweight champion, Alexandre Pantoja. What a story. What a win. Now 3-0 and against Brandon Moreno. I tweeted that on Saturday, and a lot of people were confused about my statement. It's because he beat him on tough, and uh, I don't know if they counted or not. It was a real fight. Of course it should count. Uh, those, those to me are real fights. I don't care if they're taped or two. Like, it's a real fight. They're getting punched. They're getting kicked. It's a real fight. And what a performance out of him. A close fight. And uh, some people were a little bit upset. I, I thought it was the right call. And I think he's the uh, the rightful champ. And uh, it's heartbreak for Brandon Moreno, who just won the belt back in, in January. But hard not to feel great for Pantoja, who had his family in the cage, had that moment afterwards where he talked about his mother raising him and his brothers by herself and then looking into the camera and saying, are you proud of me, Dad? Are you proud of me, Dad? Uh, that's just, you know, something that I, I don't truly understand because obviously he's talking about his father who wasn't in his life when he says that, you know, his uh, mom raised him and his siblings by herself. But I know that hit home for a lot of people and it cut deep and you could tell it cut deep for him because he got very emotional uh, talking about it. This is a guy who I'm told two months ago was was working as an Uber Eats driver. Um, and let me just triple check that because that's what was told to me and I don't want to get it wrong because it's even like, it's like hard to process even as you say it. Okay, two fights ago. Pantoja was driving for Uber Eats two fights ago. What did I say? Two months ago? Excuse me. Two fights ago. Made $100 the weekend before the Roy Val fight and then stopped driving when he got the 50K bonus. I mean, that's just absurd. So the Royville fight, I know he hasn't fought in a while because he was waiting for this opportunity. That was August of 2021. So uh, that was l less than two years ago. 
uh, Uber Eats driver made $100 the weekend before the Royville fight in August of 2021 and then stopped driving when he got the 50K bonus. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking to him for the first time at around 2 o'clock. Stay tuned for that. So like I said, uh, a lot to to process here. Alex Volkanovsky defeating Yair Rodriguez via third-round TKO. What a performance out of him. And we'll talk about what's next. Pantoja defeats Brandon Moreno via split decision. Great fight back and forth. Two of the judges had 48-47 for Pantoja. One judge, the uh, the darling of the online community, and a great judge by every you know metric, Ben Cartledge, had it 49-46 for Moreno. One of the few times that I can remember him being the outlier, if you will. Drickus Duplessis shocking the world and defeating Robert Whitaker in the second round, stamping his ticket as the number one contender in the middleweight division. And then, of course, that scene afterwards with Israel Desanya. We are going to do a deep dive into all of that, so stay tuned um, from the beginning of this rivalry until now. Dan Hooker, as I mentioned, beat Jalen Turner via split decision. Bo Nickel continues to impress. He beats Val Woodburn in 38 seconds via knockout. TKO to be exact. And that right hand, that it was like a right hook. It sounded like a firecracker going off. And again, this is a national champion wrestler. This is one of the best American wrestlers of the last 20, 30 years. And he keeps knocking people out. It's freaking nuts. And spare me the the talk about the level of opponent. The guy is what, five and zero at this point? Five and zero. He shouldn't be fighting killers. This is exact give me 10 more of these. Build up the highlight reel. Give me 10 more of these wins and just let them flourish. And then I can assure you you'll have a superstar on your hands. That was that was the the blueprint with Mike Tyson back in the day. Just if you're gonna keep knocking people out, keep knocking them out. Keep feeding him, fight him every two, three months. And keep piling these up until we get to 10, 12, and 0. The Robbie Lawler send-off might have been the greatest send-off in the history of the UFC. They couldn't have delivered that any better, produced that any better. He wins via 38-second knockout, walk-off knockout against Nico Price. And then they have this great video montage waiting to go. And they don't play it when he leaves the cage. They play it with him in the cage, standing next to Joe Rogan. Do the picture-in-picture, crying, lip quivering. His lip was quivering before he even entered the cage. Never seen this kind of emotion out of Robbie. It was beautiful to see him get that love, get that shine. And again, give me a headache seeing all the people saying he should be on the main card. So many more people saw that on ABC. Who cares if it's literally 20 minutes later? But guess what? 20 minutes later, it's in front of a fraction of the audience. That was exactly where he needed to be. And almost like symbolic of how far the sport has come to see this guy who started like in the dark ages of the UFC 34, 37, whatever it was, and then ends up on ABC. Freaking nuts. Beautiful stuff. And they, they, they nailed it. Like, Beautiful. Uh, I even had to reach out to some of the people who work on the broadcast to say, like, kudos to you guys. Bravo. Um, it was it was just amazing the way they handled that. From the walkout, everything from the, the opponent to the date to the venue to the walkout to the Hall of Fame stuff two days before to, like, it was just amazing. I wish all the legends could get love like that. I wish Shogun got that sort of love in in brazil i i i wish it was every single time like that do it like that that's the blueprint and guess what i'm expecting nothing less 
from this point forward because now we know you have it in you. It's perfect. Please keep doing it that way. It was amazing. It was incredible. I loved it. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, and so that was, that was just a beautiful highlight. Tatsura Tyra had a solid win. Denise Gomez had a very impressive win, 22nd win. Alonzo Menefield defeated Jimmy Crude. And by the way, I reached out to Jimmy Crude's team. Uh, no response here, but there's a time difference. Um, to ask if he actually retired, he took off the gloves, but there's no actual clarification, at least that I saw. Maybe I missed it. Was there a clarification, guys? Did you see any clarification about the gloves? No, I don't believe there was. Would be somewhat surprising considering his age, just 27. Um, I know it's been a tough go, but anyway, maybe we'll get a uh, a response while we're on the air. Vitor Petrino had a very impressive submission win. Cameron Simon had a very impressive win. He continues to be one of the, uh, the great prospects in the sport. Jesus Santos Aguilar was, I think, the lone Mexican-born champ, not champ, fighter, who uh, was successful on the night. It was a tough one. Uh, he won in 17 seconds, so that was tremendous and looked like it could have been a sign of things to come. And uh, Esteban Robovich had an amazing win to start the card. I mean, there was no stinker on this card, really. There was no stinker. It was tremendous. Great action from top to bottom. And, you know, I, I will ask the guys, uh, you know, I think this is a really interesting question to start with, and I'll ask you guys this, GC, Rick. What was the biggest story of the night on Saturday? Because I, I could think of at least, like, legit, if I'm being honest, I could think of legit three, but I think you could make a case for four or five. What was, like, the everlasting story, image, storyline, whatever you want to say, coming out of Saturday? What would you say, New York, Rick, first? <sighs> DDP has arrived and he's going to fight Israel Adesanya. Okay, that's a great one. That's and that the was the third remember. to last fight on the card, which is very interesting. What about you, GC? Yeah, I actually agree with Rick here. Interesting. Uh, yeah, just like when you say everlasting, what's the most talked about thing coming away from it? It's it's DDP. I mean, just upsetting, shocking the world, as you said, beating Robert Whitaker. Uh by like crazy knockout too. Like this wasn't like some close dicey decision or anything like this. Like he he took it to Robert Whitaker, first guy to beat him, not named Israel Adesanya in, in nine years. Uh, the way that he did it, the post fight interaction between him and Adesanya, uh, and everything that comes along with that. I I think that's the most the biggest story. I thought one of you would say Volkanovski. This is arguably the pound for pound best <laughs> fighter on the planet. <laughs> Like but clinically, that's the thing about it. It's kind of expected. At least it was for me. I didn't think Yair was going to be competitive in this fight. Uh-oh. Did you not feel like it became like the sexy thing to say Yair was going to beat oh, him? For sure, for sure, it for did. Sure. And yeah, I yeah, did yeah. not. I didn't. Get on I didn't that think train. so. Yeah, he's just of too damn I'm good. He was, I mean, yeah, he's it, so it, professional it, out there, right? And I don't mean professional the way he speaks. Like he's just a professional fighter. Like the way he actually fights, he, he does not make so, mistakes. It's unbelievable. His so the Islam performance, yeah. Incredible. Obviously, Yair this past weekend. Holloway last year. Just like yeah. jaw-dropping dominance. And then the Korean zombie. His since So his last two years, 2022 and 2023, like every time he's entered the octagon, he has he has wowed me. It's almost like he's he's taken another step in, in how much he's impressed me. And, and, and but what, to, to that end, though, he's almost done himself harm in the regard to like it's hard to be shocked at how good he is anymore you know what i mean like he's so good that it's like you have to do you have to be a ddp to to make me 
open my eyes a little bit. For Volk, I'm just like, that's just the best fighter on the planet. That, me, me that and is who watched, he was. We watched the main event together on, on the watch party, and it was like, it was almost like we had to kind of think of stuff to say because it was just sort of like, it was just one-way traffic, just kind of, you know, this is this is the norm. This is what we get out of out of Volk fights these days. He just dominates them from pillar to post. I do think he's a bigger star, though. I do think oh, that yeah. despite, you know, sometimes like you rack up, DJ would be a perfect example. Like Volk is a much bigger deal. Um, the, the Islam fight, in my opinion, did so did wonders for that. I think the Islam fight was a real turning point in terms of him starting to get that respect. In my opinion, I think that was the one. That was where it flipped. Okay, so I agree with that. I think being home in Australia played a big part. As we've said before, like when Stipe fought in Cleveland, he felt like a bigger superstar. When Connor fought in Dublin, felt like we could go on. When Bisping fought in uh, London, so that was huge. I think the turning point began with the Ortega fight. I think prior to the remember prior to the Ortega fight, people actually hated him because they felt like Holloway beat him. Right, like there was a. I remember doing an interview with him on the side of the road at the ESPN days, and like he was getting so much shit after that fight because everyone loved Holloway, right? (laughs) Like, people have hated this guy. Now I feel like everyone loves him. Like, who hates Volkanovsky? I mean, it's like almost, like, you gotta... Only Jed Mishu. Does he really hate him? What, what is hates there to hate him. about him? Hates him. Hates him. I mean, he was Hates him as a fighter downfall. or as a person? Uh, I think a little bit of both. I think, what? I think, I think, <laughs> yes, he was preying on his downfall as we were going into the main I'm, event. He's I'm, like, the only way this night could get any better is if yeah, your master class How is, is that possible? He's I like think salt of the in. earth. I think he'll weigh I, in. I've fought this battle too One, one of the things I think is that Volk does go to the well a lot on the everybody doubted me thing. Oh, I fuck think off. That's, if that's I the, think if that's I can't the big, remember the last time he said it. By the way, he, that's, he does it a lot. that's the big point of contention. He does Listen. it so many times. Make me a highlight tape. I want to. I want like a <laughs> make me a highlight like a TikTok highlight mixtape of him saying that. I think you can. Time, but the that's the thing you have against them. Hey, I'm not. I'm. Don't shoot the messenger, Jed. Please save me. Weigh in. I'm not. I'm not trying to make this argument. I. I appreciate alexander volkanovsky he is the best fighter on the planet i see a comment here in the youtube chat uh from brandon qfg once volk went bald he's unstoppable i don't remember <laughs> when he went bald but may, there uh, maybe it was, it there's was something right, to that it was into the ortega fight i mean yeah. that's that's that was the first time he shaved his head was, uh, yeah because we could see how how red and, how purple he was going oh, i'm yes. not gonna lie i was looking at older pictures when he had hair he, he doesn't feel. He looks infinitely better bald. Like he looks fantastic bald. He's he's an inspiration to me to go bald. That's how good he looks now that he's bald. You're considering I remember it? him playing it oh, off yeah. I mean, during I've been that fight for a while. Well. You know, it's all about just pulling the trigger. Volk is is an inspiration. I'm like, I see him with hair. I'm like, God, he looks so much better bald. I wish he had done it earlier. He, he looks so good bald. I love it. He's a freaking even hanging out with Jamal Murray. How cool is that? All I saw with walking into the uh, Jamal Murray, and then Jamal Murray hangs out after like they're just boys. Jamal sitting in the freaking press conference taking pictures like a like a fanboy. Shout out to Jamal, fellow Canadian, DM'd over the weekend. NBA champion, NBA champion, NBA champion. Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray. Yes, yes. What did I say? No, we're just Nothing, putting you know, an emphasis. Just, oh like, yeah, yeah. How crazy it well, is. I think that fellow Canadian is like, pretty cool with, with Jamal Murray, and not as, but sure. Kitchener, Ontario's own. <laughs> Come. Don't even know where that is. Uh, tremendous. That is tremendous. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I think the turning point came Ortega because he was he 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 was met with adversity. He defied the adversity, and then it just looked like what I mean. This guy was choosing death over tapping. Like he was he was ready to go out, and then somehow freaking got out of it twice. <laughs> that round, by the way, doesn't get enough love. Getting out of two of those submissions. Mm. What? I think everybody called it round of the year. I don't think, nah, I think it whatever. got more than no, enough no, no. love. I, I would argue one of the greatest rounds in UFC title fight history. 
for sure. I, I was agree. Li- like, I, I have such a vivid memory of that because that was the first pay-per-view after I started the show. I was like pacing around my apartment as that round was going on. Like I couldn't sit down. It was it was insane. Uh, then there was the Chan Sung Jung, and I think that he showed some like he showed some remorse for a zombie. You remember in that fight? And I think yeah, he got see, some love for that. That's why I think. That that almost like went back. It reset a little bit after that because that, again, not a not a competitive fight, and nobody thought it would be competitive going in. I think you, he lost a little momentum toward it and got it back with Islam. Fair, um, oh, man. No, because I I think it was the way that he dominated, and then he went into Max like a month. Well, and actually, a half you know, later. don't don't discount the appearance on the Monday after the win right here on this program, Cooking with Vogue Live. Vogue I think Cooking with Vogue. Out, Literally, I mean, that, went from Jacksonville big... to New York, 48 hours. I had the champ in studio cooking with us. Uh, that was a that huge was a deal. To the top Max, he shut it up. You know, then, then he went to Islam and, and now year. He's a big deal. Can we talk? Also, just quickly, Rick has said it multiple times on the program, like winning cures everything and winning as dominant as he is. Like, and and then the the fight that he put up with Islam, it it's it's hard not to root for him. And he 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 has that GSP quality where it's like he's actually so good that you could say like oh he's boring he's this and that he's not fun but he's perfect like he doesn't do he'll never I mean these are the famous last words but like he'll never do anything that will embarrass the sport the UFC he's just like the perfect poster boy I feel like right now for the sport and even I was listening to Bill Simmons talk about. His weekend at the event, he was there. Shout out Bill and Ben Simmons, his son, who's a huge MMA fan. And he was talking about Volk, and like they're just talking about him like a star. And I'm like, fuck yeah, this is great. Volk getting that love. Like they're talking about him like people would talk about, you know, Tyson Fury or other like great fighters. Because I worry sometimes that Volkanovsky doesn't get that mainstream love. And I feel like he's finally getting it. And it was very cool that he, you know, got the. Um, the international fight week main event slot. I wonder how the pay-per-view does. And it is a shame that he's not going to fight in Sydney. So let's actually briefly touch on that. What do you guys think happens here? Because these are the permutations. He talked on Monday or Wednesday of last week on the show about Sydney and also mentioned that his wife is going to most likely give birth yeah. that week, which just shows like the madman that he is. That it's he's a nut even, job. Yeah. Like most humans would be like, no, nah, I want off. Yeah. And so that's in two months, okay. But he really wants the Islam fight, and Islam isn't fighting off of the Abu Dhabi card. He, he's he's a lock for that, I would imagine. And I think we all thought that Charles Oliveira was going to fight Islam in October after the win in Vancouver over Benil Dariush. But then Charles Oliveira said over the weekend, I believe he said at first to MMA Junkie, that he's unavailable. And I don't know if he's negotiating via the media or in public, but he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Uh, unavailable. He, he he in the past has seemed like the guy who would always talk about the fight. He, yeah. He would always be leaning that way instead of the other way. So I, I would assume it's not negotiation, but it's a fair point to, to question. But he always seems like the, I'm going to be there no matter what. Give me a month. Like, I think he was talking about turning around for that January Brazil card after fighting right before that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's, he's that guy who goes the other way, for sure. So... Then when I heard that, I was like, oh, shit, if Volk wins and doesn't get hurt, this is now the lock, right? Because I think Volk cares more about getting the rematch with Islam than he does fighting in Sydney, because um, that's just the type, 
type of dude. He says he's going to turn up. By the way, I, I mentioned, do you guys know what I'm talking about with that? Like he says it in the clip. He's just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm just going to maybe turn up in Abu Dhabi. The way people talk about, I know what turn up means, but, and, and I know it's like an Australian thing, but he just talks about it so casually. Like he's just going to pop on over to Abu Dhabi, fight the number one dude, and then fucking walk away with his but, belt. Like there's just something very casual about the whole thing that is very endearing. But he's able to say that because he does that. Yeah. He's the guy who, if I, if I commit, if I tell you I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. If, if the opportunity is there for me to turn around. The one thing that he does say a lot um, is talking about being active. He ain't lying. The dude ain't joking when he talks about that. He wants to fight and he wants to keep fighting and and you have to respect that. And him him and Israel Adesanya in particular are kind of like a different breed when it comes to that. When when it comes to turning those around and getting back in Those two dudes in particular. There. Those two dudes in particular. The most reliable and active champions uh, in recent UFC history. I think there's no denying that whatsoever. There's just something different about them. It, it, it almost hurts them too though, right? They go through the challengers quick. They yeah. go through the challengers quick and then it's like we, what's, what's left to do? But you know, back, sorry, back. We, no, we but in this case, he actually has two options. Mm-hmm. So as he's walking out, there's Taporia. Great job by Taporia. I thought he was freaking, and, and, and I know Volk kind of called him over, but like that's he the shit. Him over the, yes. over the rail. That's the shit that you need to help sell yourself. Great job by Taporia. He, I love how he always calls Taporia a bloke. He's like, yeah, yeah I don't want to break his heart, that bloke, but I'm going to, you know, yeah. rough him up and I hope no one gets to him first. Um, so you have that scenario now. He mentions in the post fight press, co- press conference, excuse me, that he is, um, probably in need of surgery, which is crazy because it sounded like he was referring to something that happened before the fight um, because he was so, like, you know, resolute about it. So what the hell happens now with Volk? And and, and by the way, what the hell happens with Islam? Because if there's no Volk and there's no um, Charles Oliveira, that to me feels like the stakes just got a little bit greater for the Poirier-Gaethje rematch on July 29th because I could see that guy sliding in he, I don't even know what the answer is to all of this. In the post-fight press conference, he did a little bit to dissuade the idea that he couldn't be ready for October, Yo, even with the surgery. I know he says that, but he's a, he's a crazy person. He, well, he's, <laughs> he's who he's, he is. That's in three he's months. Coach, Joe Lopez said it would take six to eight weeks for recovery, which puts us at like beginning of September, mid-September area. It's... And what? Also, I mean, remember, much, he has fought the guy before, right? I know, like, it's fuck. It's Islam. He has hey, like a, he hey. Has an injury. <laughs> he broke his hand uh, against who? Max Holloway, I think. And he was dealing with the cover, recovery for that. Uh, and turned around went, as fast as possible. When he went and weighed in as the backup fighter? Yeah. So, like, I feel like the. No, injury, he's a crazy person. It's, it's yeah, actually, it's actually deja vu all over again um, from that situation where yeah, he rushed literally. it. It was from Holloway, yeah. July 4th weekend, you know, whatever it was. Week last yeah. And then trying to get on, it's, 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 and so there's a part of me that wonders if he tries to get the surgery like this week. Um, that feels like the fight to make. If he, if he says he can do it, I'm never going to not over believe Taporia? his word. Over to you. I don't, I think that Taporia Volk fight is, is one of, if not the best fight you can make in the UFC. Right what if you do this? What if I'm you do okay Volk Taporia? Volk Taporia and uh, Poria Gaethje winner. Okay, but now we're talking about tight turnarounds. Like, not three months. Yeah, but what if they go to war? As well, we're expecting, uh, yeah. Th- those two. If you're gonna if you're gonna put money on which of these upcoming fights is gonna be a barn burner that they near kill each other, that's probably a good one. That's probably Mike, a. But you Mike know what? Heck threw out the idea that if Conor McGregor couldn't fight this year, Michael Chandler fights Islam in Abu Dhabi. I don't see it happen. I mean, I think that's a tough sell. I mean, look, 
Islam versus anybody will sell, but like when that's Alex not a Gustafson great fight. got brutally knocked out in Sweden and his next fight was a title fight against DC, nothing would surprise me. So Chandler coming off a loss almost a year ago at this point and getting a title shot wouldn't surprise me. Like I, I could see it happen and they could spin it and we'll eat it up and that'll be that. But if Poirier Gaethje are ready and they're coming off a win, I don't know how you don't do that yeah. fight. In, uh, in Abu Dhabi, if Volk and Charles are unavailable. You know what I mean? So you're saying, right now, pecking order, Volk ahead? I don't know. Honestly, because I, I'd like to see the Taporia-Volk fight. And I think if you oh, put yeah. Taporia in there against right. someone else, you're risking what just happened to Arnold Allen. Or you're creating a star like you did with DDP versus Whitaker. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. Ten yeah. times yeah. bigger yeah. fight. Th- a thousand Ten percent. Times. thousand percent. Well, yeah, we were all wrong about that. Neither Not me. Teams. No. Not, well, not, they, not they, me. They, I wasn't wrong. I've been beating this drum for as long as it can possibly be beat. I was wrong. I'm not taking any, whoa, any whoa, 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 whoa. of that what? blame. You were wrong about what? I've been saying I said Robert Whitaker and Max Holloway deserve to fight contenders. That no, is, but that's not what I'm saying. I, and I think we all agreed on this. It was a risk, and the risk ended up paying off. It was a risk let's to do put it, him in let's there. Roll those, let's roll those yeah. dice one more time, yeah, baby. Of course, it's a risk. Let's there's, do there's it. There's no guarantee of what's going to happen. Let's do it. So it's interesting time. Max Holloway versus Ilya Taporia. Make the well, fight. That, that uh, well, that can't happen. They got, they got He's fighting zombie. Korean Zombie. And that will is screw he, up though? everything. I mean, no, yeah, no. He is. I think that's, this is the retirement he's, fight. He's, yeah, that's the peace out <sighs> Korean Zombie. Why are we doing this? Oh, honestly, after doing? seeing I Robbie think, Lawler, can we give uh, yeah. fucking Zombie... Can we give him Why me? are we doing but, like, this? Can we give him... Like, <laughs> zombie's like the most beloved fighter in UFC history. I don't want to see him I almost feel like Max is doing it as like a gift to him. Uh, like, like we're the old school. Here's this gift, but it's like he's gonna beat him up. That's I'm the sure gift. Max is like a minus a thousand. Going it's it's that one. it's the word. Uh, I don't, I don't understand. I know. It. I don't understand that fight. I really want to see Volk Deporia. I do too. Very Look, much. So. I, I want to see that I fight. I'm I'm game for it. But I really think it's like. Does it go any different wise? though than Volk and uh, Yair? I think so. Yeah. You think Taporia does a better? Uh, I think Taporia. Taporia shows up. Is a better chance. I, I think it's a great fight. I and and imagine if Taporia somehow pulls it off. Oh, I think Taporia is star on our hands. A defensive megastar. Mega His defensive grappling is going to be a little bit sharper. He's going to be a little bit harder to take down. His grappling um, period will, will be better. I mean, yeah, he's, I think. And his boxing, his boxing is great. He's not really like a, a kickboxer like Gaier is. He's not going for the crazy movements like mm-hmm. he. I mean, he just showed against them at how solid his boxing is. It's such a good fight. Love both dudes. Uh, that I, that's really the fight that I want to see. I my my ultimate conclusion on all of it is I think Alexander Volkanovsky should get to choose whatever he wants. That's no matter I, what, he's in a right great place. By the way, I mean option A, option B. It's it does it's not a bad look for him. Credit yeah. to Dana White. He pretty much said that, which he doesn't often say. He's like, we're going to defer to him, which he should. Sick. He should be allowed Love that it. honor. Love. It. Yeah, hundred percent. Which you know he he uh, he has earned that he has earned that hundred percent. If okay. you're Islam, who do you want? I feel like you want Volk. Is that not the biggest fight? Yeah, Islam's in a great spot. Out of, out of the options that he has, yeah, I mean, Volk's a great, a great fight. fight. If Poirier is a great fight, Charles is a fucking superstar. Oh well, no, right, I mean, but Charles Rob, is not available. I'm, oh, he will I'm just, be on Abu Dhabi. Like it's almost like they've put him on the shelf. Sure, but like the, all right, he's going to be on Abu Dhabi. Charles is not available. Otherwise, I would. Agree. The three options are all amazing. Oh yeah, Volk rematch, Poirier Gaethje winner. Uh, Oliveira, like you can, there's no bad choice. There may be a little bit like Oliveira might be the most popular one of the bunch worldwide. Oh, oh for Poirier sure. Poirier's beloved. Gaethje's beloved. Charles is one if he's in, but he's yeah. out. Yeah, he's out. Eh, let's see. Let's oh, see. wait, what? No, no, no. I mean, uh, he just said that, you know, I, I, okay. I, I never right. disregard uh, negotiating through the media. Okay. I never All disregard right. that. I like it. Um, 
Okay, so we're going to talk about Pantoja and that great fight with Pantoja in about 30 oh, minutes. goodness gracious. So, could we talk about DDP? Uh, DDP gets the win, and he shocks everyone. What, what was DDP via finish? It was like I, I, was I don't like, know what it was via finish. He was like plus three hundred on the money line. Like he he was definitely being doubted by not just Vegas, but I feel like fans and media alike. His he, style is so awkward. He's like bouncing up and down, and it it looks like he has no business. And then you see like Whitaker is just so smooth out there, and he's jabbing away, and he's doing all this stuff. And then he and he always figures it out. Credit to him. He wins the fight. He stops Whitaker, as you just said. Only guy that Whitaker has lost to in the middleweight division, not named Israel Adesanya. And and then afterwards, he gets on the mic, and it's all well and good. And they cut to Israel, who on this show talked about manifesting this. This is the one that he wanted. Cut to him. And that's the thing, because obviously the post-fight stuff was so uh, talked about and it was so heated and emotional and uncomfortable to watch to a degree. I wish they just would have kept Izzy off to the side, cage side, staring at him, because that was so intense. It was just like, I don't want to see these guys touch for two months. And that's the other thing. Two months is a freaking short amount of time. Like, how, like no one turns around in two months. Uh, but God bless if he does. It was so great with Izzy just staring there and, and, and like huffing and puffing and him doing his thing, and he shocks the world. And then they brought Izzy in, and everything went off the rails. Uh, and it it kind of soured the whole thing because it just got uncomfortable and whatnot. And and I think what ended up happening was, and you guys tell me if, if you feel otherwise, to the general public or at least the social media world that we reside, but also I feel like the people in attendance, uh, they, they, they helped turn DDP into a little bit of a favorite in that one because I think they thought that he was more composed in that, um, in that exchange. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. And had they, had they not done that, I think that he would... Because he was getting booed for two reasons, I think. Number one, because people love Robert Whitaker and he just beat him. And number two, because they love Izzy and he's the next foe. And I think had they kept it that way, Izzy would have gotten all the love. This, but now it, it made for like an interesting uh, little turn. Yeah, for what it's worth, he seems he seems pretty steady in that regard. Drickus is always pretty smooth and pretty calm and knows what he... He's very self-assured... I'm going to do this. This is my goal. Here's what's coming. Um, and I think that came across in the post fight as well. He was very focused and, and he seems to be that type of person. He's, he's relentlessly focused on, on the task at hand and not necessarily about the drama of it. You know, like a hundred percent. I felt he remained very calm and he had, he had good answers back to, to what is he was yelling at him. Yeah. Um, is my mic on? Yes. Sir. Yeah. Okay. It's back on. Um, and so, okay. So, I wanted to do so. This is this has become a real hot topic, um, and oh, I yeah, think yeah. we have done a great job on this program over the past two years since coming back. Uh, thanks in large part due to GC's investigative skills. In in when it comes to these like heavy duty topics, uh, we like to bring out the actual facts in chronological order and let you decide who's telling the truth, who's not, who's in the right, who's not, or just to understand, just to understand. Where this is all coming from, uh, we did it with the James Krause situation. We've done it with others as well, and I think that we should do it with the uh, the rivalry and the genesis of it between DDP and Israel Adesanya. So GC has done a great job of compiling all the materials, and as I've mentioned before, it is complicated, it is divisive, 
It is at times uncomfortable and do have to acknowledge that, you know, we don't live in Africa. We did not live through the history. We did not, uh, we were not subjected to it. We don't have family members who've lived through it or currently live there. Uh, we're all white. We talk like this is, this is uncomfortable stuff. Um, but it is going to, in my opinion, get even worse. And I think it's just important to put all the cards out and let people understand comprehend where this is all coming from and and where it all started and 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 how it has evolved as well because there's no right wrong there's no good guy bad guy in this one uh there's there's definitely a lot of nuance and i don't know if honestly uh sports and fighting and the ufc cage fighting in particular is the best place for all this stuff uh pro wrestling has been tapping into this type of stuff for decades upon decades. But other than some instances here and there, I can think of a few rivalries that tapped into this type of stuff. Uh, we have been spared. Um, we have been spared from it over the years. So here we go. Let's, uh, let's, let's dig into the genesis of this, if we will, for the next uh, 20 or so minutes. And, and let's begin where this all started back on March 1st, prior to UFC 285, um, at a uh, at a media availability, DDP was asked about becoming a champion and uh, what that would mean to him. Here's his response. Or do you see this as an opportunity? Now you do get to be the guy if and when they show up to Africa. Well, I mean, did those belts ever go to Africa? As far as I know, it came to America and New Zealand. I'm going to take a belt to Africa. I'm the African fighter in the UFC. Myself and Cameron, we breathe the African air. We wake up in Africa every day. We train in Africa. We're African-born. We're African-raised. We still reside in Africa. We train out of Africa. That's an African champion, and that's who I'll be. Okay, so that's at the media availability. Some of the key words to look at there, I'm the African fighter in the UFC, African-born, African-raised. Um, obviously, there were three African-born champions, and, uh, you know, they, 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 they didn't just, like, they didn't just, you know, enter the world and then leave 10 minutes later. Uh, but those were, I thought, like the key sort of uh, seeds to, you know, making this all sprout into the situation that it has become. On March 15th, so two weeks later, prior to UFC 286, Kamara Usman was asked about these comments. This is what he said. Did you see Drickers? Did you hear Drickers? There's... Drake is Duplessis, that's a difficult name to pronounce, his comments about being the African fighter in the UFC. Oh, I, I, actually, um, I actually saw that, I think it was this week or last week, my, uh, one of my former teammates sent it to me, they're trying to be messy, of course. Um, I, 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 I saw it, and the thing about, I guess the thing about me is just I, I'm not... I try not to be quick to jump on someone and 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 really kill them for for those things. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not part of this cancel culture. But though I, I I understand what he's trying to say, but the one thing that I think he's he's failing to realize is, you know, just because I go to China and my parents are in China and we're ra I'm raised in China, that doesn't make me more Chinese than the people in, from China. That doesn't make me more Chinese, and so just because you are you went over to South South Africa and you're raised there, that doesn't make you African. 
So, you know, I would say to him, it's just, you know, try to be a little bit more careful with what you say and how you say it. Because, uh, you know, that's the thing nowadays is these younger guys and this newer guys that get up here and they just talk. They just, you know, because they want to appeal to the fans, appeal to the people. But try to be more mindful because 20 years from now, that's not going to age well. So there's Kamara Usman, part of the Leon Edwards trilogy fight. Try to be more careful with what you say. Uh, you know, interpretation, uh, all these things matter. And again, with a history that is so complex and divisive, and we all know where that history comes from and what it's all about, especially in that country and in that continent, but specifically the country of South Africa, where there, there's no denying and there's there's no interpretation. Like, it's just one way. It's it's all there. You can read about it. And it, it, uh, it didn't conclude all that long ago. Um, or I should say it concluded not that long ago. Uh, it's hard to ignore. April 8th, after his win at UFC 287, Israel Adesanya was asked about DDP's comments. So this is now a little over a month later. I don't whoop that. Uh, I want to whoop his ass so bad. I want to whoop his ass so bad. I want to do it in South Africa or Nigeria. And there's this, uh, but he's got to do work. He's got to do something. Show me something so I can whoop that ass and I can show you history. I'll, I'll remind you because you got to choose your words wisely when you speak on people that have come before you, people that paved the way for you. You got to pick your words wisely. You want to try and be a big boy. You want to bamba. You want you with the big boys. You got to choose your words wisely, but I don't want to give him no clout. But if he does work and, and I pray to God he keeps winning, I will gladly drag his carcass across South Africa. Wallahi. All right, so that's after his win over Alex Pereira. Uh, shortly thereafter, Drickus goes on uh, social media and writes, so you won't say my name. That's smart. You better not. I don't need your airtime at all. I have my whole continent of Africa, all caps behind me. Go enjoy your very spectacular victory at home in New Zealand. UFC Africa is far from being done at least another year. I'll meet you on neutral ground this year, and if you still feel so strongly about facing me and I take your belt home, I'll give you another chance to come to try to face me on my home soil of Africa. We are Africa. We fear nothing and certainly nobody. And so, as you can see, this is starting to get uh, very personal and very divisive. Personally, this is where I started to think, what's with all the my home, my Africa, all that stuff? These guys are born in Africa, uh, no different than me, a proud Canadian who lives and resides in America. I still very much consider myself a Canadian, no different than a Jack Hermanson who is uh, from Norway and, uh, you know, fights out of Sweden. Like we've seen this, you know, this is what immigration is all about. Uh, but again, considering the history, uh, it's hard to ignore you know, all the other stuff around all of this. And it feels like a very, it feels like a very divisive route to take when all that needed to be said, in my opinion, was I'll be the greatest African champion of all time. Those guys are great. I'm going to be even greater. I'm going to defend my title 20 times. I'm going to be the best version of, uh, of a UFC champion from this country. They were awesome. Much respect. But the whole, I'm more African than you because I breathe the air and I'm African-born, African-raised, uh, is, is, is going to strike a chord, and it did strike a chord. Shortly after his comments, uh, 
uh, his, his coach, DDP's coach, Mornay Visser, posted this. As a coach, I don't believe it's my place to get involved with the politics between the fighters, but today I do. Drickus has been crucified by many watching him fight in the UFC for his gas tank. Well, here are some facts never disclosed to the public or his opponents. He has just had a nose surgery, which was supposed to happen three years ago. Total oxygen intake through both his nostrils of about 8% for the last three years. We signed with UFC knowing this, but we also knew that you don't say no for any fight that the boss man Dana White offers you. Uh, He doesn't like expletives. We fought three times in the last seven months, crushing our opponents with almost no oxygen during the rounds. The problem was fixed last week. So Izzy, you are in shit with your one-dimensional fighting style. We are not going to wait for the UFC to come to South Africa. We will take the belt from you in August this year. And if you are still in the game, you can come and try to take it back in South Africa when the UFC comes to South Africa. As proven, Drickus, the real African with an African passport, which again, what do you mean? I have two passports. I have a kid. All this stuff again, this feigning ignorance of not knowing what this would trigger and and where this would cut is baffling to me. Finishes careers like in the last three fights in the UFC with only 8% oxygen. Just imagine what he is going to do to you, the New Zealander, with a full gas tank. Dual citizenship doesn't exist here. It's not a thing. It doesn't apply. You're not allowed. Uh, And so we continue in that regard and it continues to get more and more personal. After that, uh, on April 12th, on this show, I asked DDP about the comments. Here's one of his answers regarding them. It seemed like the first one that was up was Kamar Usman, and he took issue with your comments and spoke about uh, your comments, responded to you. Did you see Kamaru's response to your um, initial statement about the, the African-born champions? Yes, I actually did. I, I, saw, I saw his comments, and you know, I don't know if there's confusion, but, you know, Kamaru obviously didn't see my interview. It's Kamaru's. You probably didn't see the whole thing. So immediately they went to, Jukas said he is more African than Kamaru's man. And, and, and well, the, the champions, the African-born champions. I never said those words, not even close to. I simply stated the fact that I am the only. If if I'm wrong, I would say sorry immediately. Do one of them reside in Africa? And that I did not even mention this towards them. I didn't talk about them. I talked about myself. I was not aiming anything at them. I was aiming something at myself, that I will be the first champion that resides in Africa, that will take his belt home to Africa. I never said they weren't African or I was more African. Of course they're African. And I respect them a whole lot. I mean, Usman is one of the greatest to ever do it. Adesanya is one of the greatest middleweights to ever walk this earth. Now, I, I never took anything away from them in that aspect. The only thing I said is that I'm still residing in Africa and I will bring my belt back home to Africa, which is my home, where I reside. If we are sending out postcodes and you know, addresses, mine's going to be in Africa. And that's the facts of the matter. I never said they were not African or I was more African or anything in that way. I only stated that I want to be and will be the first residing African champion. So now that comment is fresh in our minds. 
Just for the record, let's go back to the original comment from March 1st. You heard what he just said. That's all I said. It was, I'm the only one residing here. Just for the record, go back to the March 1st comments. Or do you see this as an opportunity? Now you do get to be the guy if and when they show up to Africa. Well, I mean, did those belts ever go to Africa? As far as I know, it came to America and New Zealand. I'm going to take a belt to Africa. I'm the African fighter in the UFC. Myself and Cameron, we breathe the African air. We wake up in Africa every day. We train in Africa. We're African-born. We're African-raised. We still reside in Africa. We train out of Africa. That's an African champion, and that's who I'll be. African-born, African-raised. And, and for the record, they have brought their belts back. Um, so again, it wasn't just about who's residing, and I don't even know why that matters, but if it does matter, great. I don't know how you can now, I believe, feign ignorance and say, oh, I'm just talking about residing when you're talking about African-born, African-raised, and given the history... And I keep talking about it and look it up if you want. I'm not going to give you a history lesson here, but just look it up. Type in A-P-A-R-T-H-E-I-D and you'll learn all about it. And it ain't that old. Um, and, 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 and to ignore all of that to me is feigning ignorance. Now, we move along. And after that comment on the show, uh, I actually asked him specifically about race and about whether or not that's playing into any of this. So for the record, here I am trying to show all sides of the equation here. I have no dog in this race whatsoever. Drickus has been on the show, I don't know, five or so times. Um, Izzy as well. Here's what he had to say about that. Do you understand why this may have rubbed some people, including Kamaru and Israel, who we'll get to in a moment, the wrong way, given the history between whites and blacks in Africa? Well... To bring color into it, for me, is the most ridiculous thing ever. That is, that is, that is the one thing that, from this whole thing, that really pisses me off, to be honest, is that color was brought into it. I've never even mentioned color because it makes absolutely no difference to me. And to every single person that I know, it makes absolutely no difference. Color is not, it's not the topic of discussion. And if anybody is bringing in color, if is bringing in the fact that I'm white or they are black or any form of, of race in any way, that is, to me, absolutely ridiculous. This is a sport. This is fighting. Once you get into a sport, once we get into fighting, sport as a whole is what brings people together. There's no place for race and mentioning of color at all. And that really pisses me off that Kumara Usman is somebody I respect extremely. And I've trained, I've shared the training match with him. And he went on to say, and he did not say this out of, I don't think he was at all being hateful or anything. He just didn't watch the interview. And he said, somebody said that I said I was more African. I never said those words. I only stated that I'm the one residing in Africa. And all of a sudden, people became, it became this racial thing. And that is absolutely disgusting, if, you, if, if I'm being honest. I don't, I don't see any need for that in the sport, and, or in any sport, for that matter. In the world, this is about two guys fighting each other. The fact that I stay in Africa will be history. The fact that I reside in Africa won't it be history. Yes, it will. 
So I don't see anything wrong with saying and stating the facts that I am residing in Africa and they are not. Not saying they are not African, I'm just saying I'm residing in Africa. I wake up in Africa every day. They don't. All right, so that was his response to that. Uh, he says that, and and uh, you know, obviously, we take the the words to heart. Uh, if it didn't become a racial thing, it definitely became a racial thing after Izzy's response, April twenty six, in an interview with his brother David. This is what Israel had to say. I know who I see. I've already talked to Dana, and I try to set up some things, but um, I'm yeah. not tired. <laughs> now nah, I'll tell you one thing. Okay, you know what? What I actually really don't like the fucking. I'm gonna take him to school, in the octagon and on history, because you have what he's doing is creating divide. You can't, knowing your history. I have never questioned him as an African, because yeah, you were born in Africa, South Africa. Of course, you're an African. I've never questioned that. But who the fuck is this cracker to tell me who the fuck I am? Who the fuck Kamaru is? Who the fuck? And Ganu is. I'm like, are you dumb? As a product of colonization, you're trying to tell me who the fuck I am. You can take the boy out of Africa, but you can never take the Africa out of the, out the boy. I never ever did that to him. I never discredited him as an African. I just, okay, there you are, cool. You want to make a fight? Cool. But the fact that as a fucking cracker to tell me who the fuck I am, that pissed me off. And that's why he's my next fight. Because... I don't want to fight anyone else that this one pisses me off. So don't take my word for it. That's his interpretation of it. Right or wrong, that's his interpretation. And that clearly uh, shows that he is bothered and offended by it. So that was uh, on April 26th. I asked Izzy about the comments when he was in studio on June 12th. This is what he said. I'll say this again. I never questioned his ethnicity. I never said he's not African even though colonization, we don't want to go over there and all that stuff. Yeah, he, is, he is an African he was born of in South course. Africa. And I never questioned that. But the fact that he was being a, a dickhead and, oh, we do be who the real African is, you know, I breathe African air, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, how the fuck are you going to question me, Francis, and Kamaru's blackness, our Africanness? Like, who the fuck are you? So I had to put that out there and just, I, I want to I educate him. So he's, Look, he said it first. I'll it tell was, you one thing. Yeah. You ever heard of Ancestry and Me? Of course. If you do Ancestry and Me on, on me, I know where the fuck I'm from. If you do it on him, he'll find out where the fuck he's from. And I'll tell you, it wouldn't say South Africa. I'll tell you that it wouldn't say South Africa if you do Ancestry and Me or whatever thing. Because he'll tell you where the fuck he's from. He'll know his real heritage. I know who the fuck I am. And I stand on that. No matter where in the world I am, you can take the boy out of Africa, but you can never take Africa out of the man. So I know that. And I never questioned him as an African. So who the fuck is he? to question me as an African. I'm going to manifest him winning this fight in the first round. And when he does, I'm going to be right there in the cage so he can turn around in September. No bullshit. No, I'm hurt. This and that. Nope. We're going to fight in Sydney in September. If it's Rob, it's Rob, whatever. But I already got a plan for Rob if it's Rob. But I really, 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 wallahi, hope it's DDP because I will show him who the fuck I am. All right. So it was the second round, but pretty much all of that did happen on Saturday. Uh, shortly after that, uh, DDP's coach, Morne Visser, once again, uh, went on his Instagram and addressed me. 
Uh, he wrote, just a personal message to Mr. Butlicker Ariel Hawani. You are very big on trying to provoke the fighters and trying to stir shit up. You have tried your best with running down my fighter, Drickus Duplessis, with your bullshit racism comments. You were obviously in school one of those ass lickers who would burn your buddies, and I'm 100% sure you have never been kicked in the head or ate a fist, but yet you seem to know a lot about fighting. Not. Stay behind the computer. Choose another sport and leave the comments of the real fighters like Sonnen and Rogan. And then he says something afterwards. Uh, he writes something that I don't know what it is. It's not in uh, English, so I just, I'm going to leave that out because I don't want to butcher that. Um, and so that's his interpretation. It's, again, it's my fault. All of this is my fault. Uh, interesting comments telling me to get out of the sport and leave the comments to the real fighters like Sonnen and Rogan. Uh, obviously, Chael, a former fighter. Joe, not a former fighter, but awesome. And uh, DDP, even on that post, wrote, Amen. After my interview with DDP, I asked his manager, Danny Rubenstein, if he was okay with the interview. He said yes. And I asked him if he thought DDP would be okay uh, with the interview, and he said he didn't see why not. And I even uh, wrote to DDP uh, asking if he felt everything was fair. Didn't hear back from him, but my impression was that all was good. Then I see the comment, amen, on there. So I guess I learned that everything wasn't good. Uh, that's an aside. July 8th, DDP knocks out Robert Whitaker in the second round, securing the title shot against Israel Desanya, as you know, as he gets in the cage. It was very heated afterwards. We aren't allowed to play that because it's UFC footage. Uh, but as you all saw, it got very, very personal. And Izzy repeatedly used the uh, the N-word uh, in the exchange. Uh, DDP held his ground. Um, I believe, if memory serves me correct, Israel called him his African brother. And uh, DDP responded, I am African, but I'm no brother of yours. Uh, back and forth they went. Again, I wish... Personally, this never happened. Uh, it would have been much better for the fight. And again, if you don't think any of this is going to be used in the promotion, just go look at Habib and Connor, which is probably the last fight that had this sort of darkness attached to it. It will be to a degree. Uh, I wish because at the end of the day, they are going to fight and this is all about prize fighting and it's show business. I just wish they kept them on the sidelines, do the staring, and that would have made the uh, the interest even greater, I think. And it would have been perfect. It would have been absolute beautiful, and maybe that could have helped them move on from all of this. But alas, it, it escalated even more so. Dana White was asked about the exchange afterwards at the post-fight press conference. This is what he said. You know, I know you say, hey, this is the fight business. People say nasty things, right? But the tension between those two and kind of the racial undertones and all those things, how do you... What were the racial undertones? Drigga says he's the real African fighter, and so, you know, Israel dropped some inwards yeah. in there tonight. So what was the racial? Who did? Who dropped the, the racial? Is Israel he? was saying over and over, yeah. He's, he's black. 50 in-bombs. In okay, there. he's black. He, who gives I was going to say, so you don't oh. have any concern about the way the build-up, the tension between those two? I could care less. This is the fight business. Israel Adesanya can say whatever he wants to say. Who gives it? Why are, are people about that? Some people. Of course yeah. they are. Oh, f all right, got it. Yeah. Too I mean, bad. again, uh, no, I don't think anyone's bitching here. Uh, I think we're just trying to understand it all, and I believe that this is feigning ignorance. And if I mean, or maybe he just doesn't know about the history. But like, how you cannot walk away from all of this and think that there are some kind of undertones is beyond me. 
Um, and I'm sure there are people out there who are going to say, you're making a mountain out of a mole. Guess what? We're living on the mountain right now. It is a mountain. Whether you want to admit it or not, I'm telling you there's a mountain that we're living on that cre- was created back on March 1st out of these comments, and maybe those comments were a mole, but uh, now we're, 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 on, we're on Mount freaking Everest here, uh, and that's 100% fact. And so those are all the assets, if you will, that got us to this point. Uh, the good news is it's probably just going to be a two-month build. If, in fact, this fight happens on September 9th, that's exactly two months from yesterday. Uh, that will be great because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be quick and it might be painful, but it's going to be intense. Now, the other things that I just want in, in the interest of full transparency to show that we are trying to just educate and inform as much as possible, um, obviously... As I suggested, look up the history of apartheid in, in, in South Africa, and you can probably understand why this is cutting the way it is cutting um, Israel Adesanya as much as it is. Uh, prior to UFC 243, uh, when, when Izzy was asked about Robert Whitaker no longer being a New Zealander and that he disowned New Zealand in a, in a sort of way, he said, quote, there's a line in the sand and you're on that side and I'm on this side. This is what the dissenters of Izzy are using to say— um, you know, about like Izzy is 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 now choosing sides type of thing. And then also way back in the day when he was fighting as a kickboxer um, in China, uh, there's a famous post-fight interview where he said, black outside, Chinese inside, I am Chinese. And that's why you may see a lot of people who are saying or are calling Izzy Chinese. I didn't even know about that one, truth be told. It was uh, GC who informed me of that one. I didn't understand why people kept calling him that. Uh, and now I understand. So people are bringing this up as well. And so it is. It is. It is not uh, clear cut. It is messy. It is uh, very, very personal. And I'm curious to see. I don't think there is anything wrong with saying I'm going to be the best to come out of this nation. I'm going to be the absolute best. Uh, I'm going to be better than that guy. That guy. That guy. I'm going to be better than the three kings. Um, I do think the way it was worded back on March 1st leads you to interpret it in a different way. And I also don't think that there's anything wrong with the UFC going to both Izzy and DDP. And let's be honest, the more divisive, like clear-cut words have been used by Izzy uh, in the cage and in that interview with his brother uh, saying like, hey, we understand this cuts deep, but we need to keep this in a certain place. We, we can't let this go too far because this can get super, super ugly and just bad for everyone. Bad for you with your blue chip sp- uh, sponsors. Bad for the sport. Bad for you know the sport in Australia, which is you know they've had to they've had to fight hard to get you know legitimized there. Bad for everyone. There's nothing wrong with a rivalry. There's nothing wrong with bad blood. We've seen it all, but we've seen it in the past with Rashad and Rampage. It bordered on that. Look it up. It bordered on uncomfortable historic territory. Saw it a little bit with Colby and Woodley. Saw it a little bit with Colby and Usman. Uh, I don't know if we've ever seen it this clear cut where it could just get uncomfortable. And again, uh, DDP may have not meant any of this, but uh, this is the way it has been interpreted. That's the perception by some people, including the guy he's about to fight. And and, and at times in life, perception is reality. And this has to be acknowledged. Um, so he is, he is now, you know, saying, I didn't mean what I said or, you know, and his coach is, is, is also getting involved as well. It's going to be a very it's going to be a very heated road to that fight in September. And I hope from all this you now understand where 
we stand and how we got to this point. And you could decide whose side you're on. You could decide who's in the right, who's in the wrong. Um, and that's where we are. Appreciate GC for getting all that uh, information, all those assets. And we could talk more about that as the show goes on. For now, though, let's go to one of the great stories from this past weekend. And one of the best stories in a long time, as we're learning more about Alexandre Pantoja, who is the new UFC flyweight champ. What a tremendous win on Saturday, well-deserved. And uh, now he brings a belt back, not only to ATT in South Florida, but also back to Brazil. He's kind enough to join us right now on the program. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. And uh, obrigado and parabéns to you on the on the victory. Obrigado. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you to to invite me to your show. And I appreciate that. And I'm so happy, so excited. Yeah, um, I'm back to ATT right now. Go to the training, talk with the guys. And so special when you're back at the gym and all your teammates respect you, you know, everybody take pictures with me. And uh, I'm very happy for that because that's the place I work all day. And I uh, see all the all the guys I training and uh, and these guys like uh, give me all the respect. This this is everything for me, you know. Yeah, uh, I was actually just talking to Dan Lambert, who's obviously the owner of ATT, and he told me uh, that you had a, a hero's welcome when you came back to the gym earlier today, and that you said, I think either to him or someone else, that that felt better to you than even what happened on Saturday to get the love from your teammates. Is that true? I feel so excited to when I drive to my car to go to the gym, like a more when I go to the fight, you know, when I go to the fight, I feel like I relax and calm. But when I go to the gym right now and uh, to take all this love for my, my, my friends, you know, my teammates, that's so very special because in ATT, I arrived in the five years ago and uh, I'm fight for UFC, but everybody fights for big shows in ATT, you know, you, but uh after years after the years, I take my space and uh, create my universe right right there. And uh, I appreciate everybody in the gym. You know, I see Amanda, I see Cigano, I see Dustin, Masvidal. And uh, that's so good for me. That's a lot of inspiration in, in that gym, you know, a lot of hard work. And everybody's the same, you know. Doesn't matter if you're champion or not, but I know I'm a good person because when I back to my gym and all the guys, all the guys have weights, lightweights, flyweights, everybody come to me and uh, say congratulations, you know, and I can feel that's like a, the true love, you know. This is so, like, a, sometimes it's more important than what the belt, you know. The respect of the people you, you live all day, day by the day, you know. And uh, that I feel amazing. Uh, I'm wondering, because the win was less than 48 hours ago. The belt is right by your side. Does it does it feel real, or do you still feel like you're dreaming? I feel real, bro. I feel real. I've dreamed for a long time. Now I wake up. And uh, and then when, when the fight's coming, when, when the fight's round after round, and uh, I look in Moreno in the eyes, and uh I, I can feel like a that this is like a move, you know, because my history I was like a big history and uh and I say 
maybe sometimes you have people say you you're never gonna get that, but in my life, I I have a lot of people say I gonna get the belt, you know, and uh, when uh, when this make it true, and uh, I say it's all like a God connections, you know. God me put for that moment for one reason, and uh, all I have. God give me some peoples in in my in my role to help me to to get that that belt, you know. When I I feel sad, when, when I feel like uh, I I wanna leave, I wanna I, I give up, and these peoples like a uh, keeping me feel I can take the belt, you know. And uh, when you I know we're not alone that you know I, I take the belt okay I'm fight but it's for a lot a lot of people you know not just in Brazil but here in US too my teammates this for a lot of people you know did you ever lose hope did you ever think that this moment would never come I in the last years when I come to HT and I, I feel the difference I'm a better athlete and uh in my corner I have Pahumpa, and I feel so glad because I have Pahumpa. A lot of people from the the fight the from the UFC know about Pahumpa coaches, uh, fighters, and uh, he's a so special guy, and uh, he, he believes in me and trust in my trust in me. And uh, when when the fight's coming, and like at the fourth round, the five, fifth round, the last round, I say no, this is not gonna, I'm not gonna lose, you know. I want to keep going. I'm not going to like lose this moment, you know, this coming right now for me, you know, in that moment, I, I think I want the first, the, the, the third and the fourth round. And I think I want for three, one and the last round, maybe just like at the move. This is my, I think, and my coach maybe think about the same, you know, and uh, in the last round, when I see the Moreno punch me in all the arenas, like a scream with together with Moreno, I I thinking about no, I need to prove more, you know, and that when I come like a make the take down and try to finish the fight with so all my power, but Moreno is incredible that night, you know, like this is the prime Moreno. I feel him, you know. I give my best for this fight, you know. I know I can do best, much better, but I give my best for Moreno, you know. I don't keep. I, I don't care like I put all my game in this fight, but I put all my heart. You know. What did you think when you heard that one judge had it forty nine forty six for him in that moment? What were you thinking? In that moment, I think somebody gonna take that that belt off me. You know, because in my mind, I, I'm fight for a long time, Maria. You know, I know how the the judges score the fights. You know. I know how the fight come, you know, and uh, I'm so true. I won the fight, you know. Uh, I'm I'm some I'm one of the guy. I'm have like, my feet in the ground, you know. I'm not some somebody like one take some something which I don't, I don't deserve. But in that moment, I, I know I, I won the fight, you know. But when the judges say score for Moreno, and I, I think that's a unanimous decision. I think everybody can see I won the fight, you know. But when the judges give it to Mo, for Moreno, I feel like I, I don't know, you know. But when the last two judges give it to me, I don't have more, more, more 
more power to keep you keep you stand up you know i just yeah. found that group that the, the, the cage you know and uh like uh the prophecy is that that the true you know I, I, everything I, I pass in my life all the choose the choices that i choose it make me make me make me to win the, the belt you know and um, i'm so happy for that and uh, like i say i gi- i give my best of the, the night but I know I can do it much better, you know. Uh, your performance was incredible, and the fight was incredible, and 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 I thought you won the fight. Uh, your post-fight interview Thank has you. been talked about a lot as well. Um, initially, you also you said, uh, you know, if people just know my story and 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 what I've had to overcome to get here, you know, they would they would they would fall in love with me. They would root for me even more. Uh, could I ask what what you mean by that? Obviously, your story is a long one, and and uh, I'm not going to ask you to tell me everything. But uh, no, what are you I, referring I to? I try to to make it like a short history. Like, um, my mom is adopted, and uh, it's like a one of my hero, you know. And uh, my dad have two kids: my 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 old brother, my sister, and I. And uh, my dad drink a lot. And uh, I see a lot of fights with he and my mom, but now I'm I'm a daddy too, you know. I have two kids, and I have the best life with my wife, you know. I think this is the perfect life. Maybe people don't realize that, but for me, my wife, my kids, that that's the real family, you know. That's like a that's the best thing happened in my life, you know. And when I looked at the past, my 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 daddy had that before, you know, have three kids, his wife. This is a beautiful history, you know, but he's doing too much. Maybe he's like a selfish, you know, and uh, sometimes I, I remember he to say like uh, for my mom, hey, thinking uh, I'm not in home, you know, he, he's in home, but say, he said for, for my mom, hey, imagine I'm not here, you know, take care of the kids. I'm not here. And uh, my mom passed, my mom passed a lot of, my mom had a lot of scares in he hard, you know, because he's adopting, and uh, she, she, mommy Lau say a lot of bad things for her, and uh, she told me that, and uh, when my my dad leave of the house because he drink too much, he's like a always aggressive. I don't remember when I, I have good times with my dad, you know. But I, I don't want crucifix my daddy. I love my daddy, and uh, I know he's loved me and my brothers, you know, and uh, now. I'm uh, like I'm old now, and I can see he give the best we can do. He he can do that. That's not close of the I do for my kids, you know. That's not close, like a. But he do the best he can, you know. I not can judge him, you know. And uh, he he leave of the house. He never help my mom with me and my brothers, you know. He never give money for my mom, you know. He never help her for with us. And uh, she lived to North Brazil in Salvador, Bahia. She married with another woman. And uh, in this moment, this woman is have much money. Look, my family have, you know. And he never helped me, my mom. And he, he maybe he, he don't care about us, you know. And uh, he tried to, to talk to us sometimes, you know, but it's like a, so cold, you know. And uh, my mom getting another relationship, and uh, I don't really like that guy. The guy drank, drank too. My mom never have a look with the personals, you know. And uh, this guy 
drunk, we use drugs. And uh, I, I call to my daddy and say, Dad, I can stay some time with you. And I go to Bahia, stay some time with my daddy. And uh, like I say, he do the best he can. You know, not, that's not the best what I want, but he the best, do the best he can do. But in that time, I see it's not good for me. And uh, I back to my mom, I back to RL do Cabo. That's my hometown. And, uh, you know, just what I say in the cage is something like, uh, I just want the love of my dad, you know? I just want like a feel him. In the week of the fight, I I, I think about call to my dad and, and I like try to, to cover all the scares, you know? Because I want to, when I go to the fight, I want to make like a beautiful moment, you know? And I don't have more bad times, you know, like I try to, but uh, I I really don't can call to him, you know, I, I really don't can like a, like a few peace to call him. I just, you know, and when then uh, when the fight's over, I thinking about him, you know, I thinking about all these moments he don't can like uh, enjoy with me. He don't can enjoy with uh, his like a, uh, uh, his grandma, he, he's like, como é que fala, filho, neto? Grandchildren. Grandchildren, thank you, Ariel. And uh, he lose all the moments, you know. And uh, like I said, Ariel, I don't want crucifix my dad, you know. But he's, I, I'm daddy now, and I do everything for my kids. I do everything for my family. And uh, I give my life for, for, for all my two kids. But and uh, I want to. I think a lot of people can realize that you know, realize like a because because my daddy, I learned to to never expect nothing about nobody. You know, I I I when I very young, I know I, I need to do everything to myself. You know, that's the one that I learned. This is the one thing I learned with my daddy. I need to do everything to myself. I don't expect nobody helping me, you know. And uh, but now I think what I want for all my life is the daddy help, you know. But now I champion the world, you know. And I give this moment to my family, to my kids, and uh, this is so special. I think you see my kids in the cage. My cage, see the daddy be a champion of the UFC. You're never going to forget that moment. Uh, have you heard from your dad since you won on Saturday? No. If I, if I talk with my daddy? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You know, three years ago, I sent something like a bad message. I think if I daddy, I never want to get that message of my son. I really mad with my daddy because it's not just about me, you know. I take care about me. I take care about me. I have a old brother. My old brother is not taking like a life like I, I do, you know. He makes some mistakes. He go to the another, he, he, he do another choices, you know. It's not good choices, you know. And uh, when you have a daughter, you need to take care of your daughter, you know, my, my sister. And uh, I think he, my 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 sister is like a miss so much my dad you know the the dad is represent everything for one 
daughter, you know. And uh, my 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 two brothers need the help of my dad, you know. Of course, of course, every, every kid need the help of their dad, you know. And uh, he never did, you know. He never did. And uh, and I send that message for for him, like, uh, what are you doing? You know, why do you don't call? You why do you you like a you you like a you you give me send like cold messages like a some like a what is that? You know. Why you don't come? Why why you, you you don't why you don't feel you? You here, you know, you not die, you know, you here. You have like a just call, just come, you know. You have the choice, you have the, the like a, you can come, you know, you pass some time with us. And one of the time he go to Arial do Cabo. He go to Arial do Cabo and uh I really think he he's back to my mom. And I, this is like a 10 years ago, and uh I really think he's back to my mom, but you know, he say like, uh, I don't like because you live like in poor house, you live, you live in the poor place. What is that? Like, what, what did he say? You know, like, uh, he choose like a t- easy life, you know, with some woman have money. And uh, I don't want to say a lot of that because I don't want to crucify my dad. You know, he, he make his choice, you know, he make his choice, you know, and, uh, what 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 I learned with with him is like uh I need to, I want to be the best daddy ever you know that's that's my point you know if you have a kid if you have your family keep your family you know take care of your kids that's the the more important for me and uh I appreciate it because I learned that when I was very young yeah and it seems like you are uh, Dan Dan told me Dan Lambert told me that he wishes that he can take you and put you in a bottle and, and give that to all the fighters that they could all be like you. So it seems like uh, you are exactly the type of person that you want to be. Could I ask, what was it like when your kids came into the cage and your wife came into the cage to see you at, like right after you won, what was that like for you? I think uh, like a Will Smith movie, uh, like a fall of the happiness, like some, I don't know that pursuit name. of happiness. But that's the point, you know, like a, and uh, this fight gives me that moment, you know. Maybe if I I, I finish the fight in the first round, it's not good like that, you know. It's, I don't, I not appreciate the moment like that. All my life I fight, you know. All my life I fight. It's never easy. It's never easy. It's like the fight for the belt, you know. It's not easy. Moreno giving me the the best fight. I wish, you know. And uh, my kids can enjoy all the fight week. My I'm very friend of Dorino Gilbert. And uh, I really appreciate his friendship. He he take care about my family and the the in the arena because all the arena is is with, together with the Breno Moreno. And in that moment, my wife say, when I have to ring you off my side, I can like a real uh, give him some energy for you because I feel like a, I'm scared, you know. And I I know the ring protect her and my kids. And when the kids go to the cage. People think the the Durinho's kid is my my kid, all my kids. You know? Oh, that was but, I no, was I wondering. Have, uh, I was like, man, you have four kids. Who are all these kids, man? This guy. I just have two, <laughs> and another two is uh, Josh and Pedro is uh, Durinho's kids, and these are special kids. I love this these this kids, and uh, I really have good moments with Durinho, Bruna, his wife, and uh, his two kids, Josh and Pedro. It's like a big family. It's like uh, one of the best things happened to me in Florida. I meet Durinho. And uh, 
this very special moment, not just for me, not just for my kids, but all this family, you know, all, all these people watch me and support me all the time. Are you planning? And like I say, Ariel, yes. it's like a, Moreno gave me the, the, like a, the dream fight, you know. I will thank you for Moreno. This is a true warrior. I respect him a lot. I always respect Moreno, but I really think I can finish the fight of the the first second of the fight, I think I'm gonna finish that guy. I'm gonna finish that guy, and this make me like a, ble- I don't know, uh, like a, I don't like a, like a, como é que é cego, mo? Como é que é cego? Yeah. Like I'm blind, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm blind in the fight. Like I, I'm gonna finish that guy, and I don't care like I put my game, but this kid is very hostile. Moreno's. Thanks so much. And I like a rocky move, you know. I'm, I see when I go to hospital, Moreno is dead, like a wow. Apollo and Rocky, you know. That's a very special moment for me. Did you speak to each other in the hospital? Of course, of course, of course, of course. I say thank you for him, you know. He understand I won the fight, and uh, this is my moment, you know. I respect him, and I always have for him, you know, because he got the belt, and... Uh, after leave the UFC and he's back to the the fight and I take it all, you know. He have beautiful family and I respect that because he's like me, you know. He have three daughters, a beautiful family, and uh, he's a big champion, uh, like a uh, the champion UFC love, you know. Good guy, he speak very well, and uh, build building Legos, you know. Yeah, that's very nice guy and uh. I say thank you for him, like for all, but I respect the moment because I I know he's very sad. But uh, of course, that's very good for me. And I I think I I can say to his coaches, he say congratulate for me. And and that's very special because he understands I won the fight, you know. Uh, It's good for me, you know. Of course. Because I'm judging judging myself, you know. Of course. And uh, I know I I can do it better, but I do enough to win the fight. If the UFC asks you, okay, what do you want to do next? What's the perfect scenario for you uh, for your first title defense? Where and against who? You know, Ariel, of course I want to fight Moreno again. This like, uh, I think everyone want, want to watch that fight again. Like, uh, I don't really watch the fight, but everybody talks to me, say like, this is one of the best flyweight fights. This is one of the best title fights, you know? But I think all... All division need come coming, you know. Like uh, he hold this fight for he and Davidson for four, like two, three years, you know. Have another guys in the division, you know. I know everybody want I fight with Moreno again, but let's go give him some cho- uh, like a choice. You know, yeah, like yeah, a, new have, some like, new choices. Uh, of course, you know, and uh, let's go see what Dana White have, you know. I think he maybe puts some guys to fight and uh, and then after that, fight with me. I think that that's the best decision for everybody. Okay. Uh, and I, I know you have another interview coming up, so I don't want to hold you from that. Uh, but uh, I, I do have to ask you about this because I said it at the beginning of the show and it's uh, kind of exploding now. Uh, Dan, once again, told me two fights ago, you were driving Uber Eats. Is that true? And uh, that's, you know, that, was, yeah. that was just two yeah. years ago. Because after the pandemic, you know, and uh, after my fight with Manel, I gave some money and uh, 
in the pandemic, my, my family back to Brazil because I don't can take care about more. He's in the U.S. And uh, I come back to to U.S. again alone. It's still like eight months uh, without my family. And that's very hard for me, you know. Sometimes I talk with my wife. I don't know if I can uh, know how be a daddy again, you know, because eight months with uh, alone to my, my, my kids, that's very hard to me. That's that, that's about sacrifice for me, you know. And that moment, I, I won the fight of Manel, and I like put all the money in the down payment, down payment for that house, and uh, bring my family back. This is this is the more important to myself. And but when my family back, the money short, you know, short money, and uh, my wife start to clean houses. And I'm starting to drive Uber, but this is like a I do this again if you if I need you know, because it's not just about like a myself. Just this is about my family, you know. This is about my kids, my two boys. Now both have a the better English, much better what I have, what I never gonna have. And uh, I give like a like a support for my kids, you know. And uh, I drive Uber. I I make some jiu-jitsu tournaments to help. And uh, after the fight with Roy Val, one week before that fight, I'm delivering Uber, Uber Eats. And uh, that's running. And uh, I'm sick. And when I go to the fight week, I'm very sick. And uh, I'm very scared to take the COVID again, you know. Uh-huh. And I just pray to... To not be a COVID because it, it, I just have like a one month for for my bills, you know. And uh, and then when I make the 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 weights and everything's okay, I just say thank you for God because I I have my injury in my knee, I have my ACL like a completely broken, you know, and I have sick, and I, but when I get the money of the the the, the fight, you know. I know, okay, that, that's good. I have like a six month to leave, you know. But then God gave me the fight. I win the fight and I win the bonus. And uh, I can make my surgery. I, I can like uh, relax for a couple months, you know, doing my surgery and recover good. And uh, I have like a, the best wife of my side, you know. She's a woman. Give me all support I have and give me all the power to keep it going, you know. And if you have like a one good wife, you can do everything. This and is, Ariel, I want yeah. to say something like a people. I, I don't know if everybody know about this guy, but you know, I know, and a lot of guys from the fight know about Pahumpa. You know, this guy deserves be a coach of the year. You know, he just just he just need the belt, and now he have the belt. He have the UFC belt. And uh, this guy deserved that that title, you know, the f- coach of the year. What a story! Uh, I'm I'm so I, I I wish I could give you a hug right now. Thank you for for telling us about this. And I and I honestly I I almost want to apologize to you because I feel like I haven't talked about you enough. I haven't told your story. I, I feel like this shouldn't only happen when you become champion. Um, you deserve that love and attention, and I'm very happy that people are learning about you and that you have now gotten this moment, and hopefully you can get some security and stability in your life because you deserve that because that was an incredible I, I, performance I, 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 you're a great I, fighter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry no to interrupt you, but I have because I get the belt, and now everybody knows my history. You know, the, 
that's very important to me, you know, because a lot of a lot of guys like me, you know, and maybe think he, he never can can come to the belt. He never come like a, and uh before before I fight for the belt, before in the fight week, I say I don't need the belt, you know, I need I I have it, all I need, I have my kids, my wife, what I love, and I have all the love I I, I have, and uh. I don't need the belt to say I'm a champion, you know. Um, I'm constructing my my life. The, this belt is for for everybody helping me to this moment. Thank you so much, Ariel, to to give me the chance to spoke to everybody, speak to everybody. Congratulations, my friend. Enjoy it. Enjoy everything that will come with it. I hope you get a hero's welcome when you go back home, and uh, and and I hope that you are able to become a very, very, very rich man off of this, but it sounds like you are already a rich man in, in, in your oh, heart, yeah. my friend. So well done. Congratulations, and thank you for coming on. I really thank appreciate I it. Thank you again. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. There he is, the brand-new UFC uh, flyweight champion, men's flyweight champion, Alexander Pantoja. Uh, how could you not love that guy? Holy smokes. Uh, he is unbelievable. And this was the scene when he came to ATT earlier this morning, courtesy of American Top Team, uh, we have a little bit of footage. Look at that. I mean, does that not give you chills? I see some people, my eyesight say, uh, I, I, that's Kayla Harrison, right? That's Dan Lambert giving him a hug. Uh, there's the big man. I, I notice a lot of these guys. That's Johnny Eblen in the back. I mean, that's a who's who right there. There's Kayla. I mean, how good does that feel, right? King Mo in the house. beautiful stuff what a what a what a beautiful human being everyone taking pictures of him i've often thought of this the johnny with the selfie steve mako there pahumpa congratulations to him one of the best coaches in the game i've often thought of this what that feeling must must be like for a champion especially maybe one of the uh you know like the 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 up and comers if you will what that must feel like. Vegas is great. Saturday night must be incredible. I'm sure somewhat exhausting, probably impossible to go to bed. But what that feeling must be like when you go to the gym. What that drive must be like on Monday morning, showing up with the belt, turning up with the belt. And then what the feeling must be like to get this kind of love from your peers, from your teammates, fellow champions, in other organizations, that must be the best. And so I'm not surprised when I hear him say uh, that felt you know, just as good, if not better, than Saturday. That was just amazing stuff. Uh, what, an absolute, what an absolute gem of a human being. I'm, I'm, I am a, uh, a fan for life now. And again, I feel, I feel like somewhat guilty here. And a lot of other people have told his story and have reported on him, uh, our own Brazilian beast, Guilherme Cruz. But... Sometimes, uh, you know, it's these moments that open the door to them coming on the show or us learning more about them, doing other interviews, getting profiles done. Like that's, I mean, it's stories like that that make you love MMA, but it's also stories like that that kind of break your heart because someone who's fighting in the UFC shouldn't have to struggle so much, but that's just the fight game and it will happen in every organization. Um, it's, it's, it's a story that is uh, somewhat common but uh, it's great when someone is able to get over the hump like that. And, and now if they come back to us, uh, not Australia, Brazil, in the very near future, um, you hope that he is featured on that card and that he gets that hero's welcome. Amazing stuff. Amazing, amazing stuff. I do wonder 
if uh, if they go back to the well with Moreno. Uh, Moreno broke his hand. He posted a picture, or some someone, I think it was Michael Morales, posted a picture of him clearly in a cast. So I do wonder, do you go back to the well? I know Brandon Royville was a backup fighter and on standby, and I know he wants that shot, and they have fought before. Figueredo and him have fought before. I'm not really sure what they're going to do at uh, at flyweight. Uh, he does have three wins over Moreno. Uh, the Moreno fight would be the biggest. But if he's hurt and if they want some fresh contenders or fresh blood, uh, maybe they'll go in a different direction. Uh, later on in the program, we are going to be joined by Ilya Tapuria, another guy who is very close to fighting for a belt, we presume, was there on Saturday night, uh, cage side, and had the... Uh, the tete-a-tete with Alex Volkanovsky. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Dan Hooker, who had the incredible win over Jalen Turner. And uh, prior to that, we will be joined by Jens Pulver, who had the incredible moment on Thursday night at the Hall of Fame. Finally got his moment. Remember, we spoke to him on the Monday after the announcement. He was very emotional. And, uh, and it was just beautiful to hear how much it all meant to him. This might have been the best Hall of Fame class of all time. Even if all of them weren't there, it still will go down as probably the best. Uh, Jens Pulver, Donald Cerrone, Jose Aldo, Anderson Silva, and both Robbie Lawler and Roy McDonald going it together for their fight that happened on International Fight Week 2015, UFC 189, which uh, may have been the best, the apex of it all. Um, Chael Sonnen is coming up in a moment. Before we get to Chael, let me tell you about our good friends over at NetSuite, if I may. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, no time to waste. What a mensch this guy is. I probably shouldn't say this because he's been very mean to me online. Like some, sometimes I think his phone has been hacked, but I'll say it anyway. Chel P. Sonnen, salt of the earth guy. I always speak so nicely of him. Kind of guy who's a minute late and will actually text you. I'm a minute late. Most guys just show up a minute late. He actually texts you he's a minute late. That's the kind of guy that he is. Yesterday, I felt so bad. I wanted to have him on the show, but I had him on just two weeks ago. It was such a great appearance, but it's like post-pay-per-view. I want to get his thoughts on things. And so I was wrestling with the idea, should I text him or not? Finally text him. Usually I get a few exclamation points. I get a few like, I would love nothing more. This time, I, all, I, you know, like, all I got pretty much was like, yeah, sure, I can, I can make myself available. It was a little bit underwhelming. But in the end, he's here because he's that kind of guy. Hello, Chael. How are you? Hi, Ariel. Nice to see you, buddy. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how are things? Why have you been so mean to me on Twitter these days? I mean, it's really, it's. It, I mean, you know, I go through the timeline, and there's so much negativity, and then you come with the slam dunk of negativity on top of my head. I feel it when I send it, as though 
it's charming, as though you find it funny, as though, you know, it's I'm so clearly going heel. I'm so clearly performing that I think that you'll I didn't know until just now that I'm very sensitive. I'm very sensitive. Yeah, I see that. I I apologize. You call me like, what do you call me? A company ass kisser? I mean, like. Oh, yeah. Well, what did you do? You were, you did though. You did. You were, people were saying that Robbie Lawler got, and I think you made a very good point here. Yeah. I actually said it to exemplify your point, but you, people thought Robbie got slighted, that Robbie, a former world champion, a future Hall of Famer, been here since he was 19 years old. Um, should have been on the main card. And you just made a point to say, well, where they placed him, though not the main pay-per-view card, where they placed him was on network television. It was a better spot. So I, I really sent that out, beating you over the head, but it's a way of getting your <laughs> message out, not mine. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I appreciate that. Now that you hey, say by the way, Yes, yes. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at Adesanya here, man. There, there was some things that happened Saturday that I've never seen in television before, not just I've never seen in sport. I thought Eric, I thought Adesanya was the star of the show. I don't think that program of which I really enjoyed. I don't think that program is the same in my mind or in history without Adesanya's appearance. And he didn't throw a single punch. I think that is fascinating. Wow. Okay. So let's jump right into it. I just did a whole like thirty minute deep dive on the history oh. between these two, um, just so everyone understands why it's so, uh, I guess, emotional and divisive. But why do you say so? I think some people kind of turned on Adesanya after that. Why do you think that he was the star of the show? Ariel, there, there's something else going on here, by the way. And I I just don't want the audience to miss it. Like, I've never seen somebody like Adesanya. Now, I can only say that a couple of other times. I was in the room when Vandalay Silva walked in, and there was like a glow around him. Uh, that happened to me one other time in this sport. was the first time I ever saw Hoist Gracie. And there was like this, you know, there, there was an aura. I'm bringing this to you because, I mean, there's a different game being played here by Izzy. And you want to know who should be watching this? It's not Duplices. It's not the rest of the division. It's Conor McGregor. I'm t- Izzy's coming for his spot. Hmm. Izzy's coming for top draw in this sport, and he's not that far away. By the way, he truly made that program for me. I'm a fight fan. I don't care. But I, know, I understand the importance of the interview. I understand the importance of the walk. I understand the importance of the song that you choose. I'm a fight fan. I tuned in to watch the fights. I, there's times that I'll be driving in my car, then I'll have to turn on the the, the ESC. You I know, mean, I can't even hear anything, but I don't want to miss the fights. I'm just I'm just illustrating. But what Adesanya did, that show's not the same. I was at a bare knuckle show about two months ago, and Conor McGregor showed up, and it was a massive deal from a from a perspective of entertainment, from having something to look forward to that you weren't promised and wasn't on the marquee. The presence of Conor was greatly felt, and it was discussed in the media. Long after, and and so that's why I bring the example of of Connor and Adesanya because now I'm seeing that Izzy can play that same game and he can play it very powerfully. So I agree with everything that you said uh, wholeheartedly. Just wondering this, if I can throw it back to you, I said from sure. a fight promotion standpoint, like the shot of him cage side when he was huffing and puffing afterwards, like that intensity, it jumped through the screen, right? That was incredible. And there was a part of me that wishes for both of them and for the UFC and for all of us that it just kind of ended there, that he never got in the cage because obviously the words that were used in that exchange could turn some people off. Do you think a line was crossed or do you think it was a mistake to bring him in there and not just leave it at him cage side, eyeing him down back and forth and you just feel that tension, which speaks a million words? No, no, I I, I loved it. And I know that's sensitive. I don't, I don't know how the media, I don't know what you and I are going to do as this fight builds up. If these two are trying to make it 
about who is African. Oh, and by the way, we're going to draw a distinction by the color of your skin. I'm out. I'm out. I mean, that's just, it's not, it's just one of those topics that you stay away from. Errol, I was trained in this. I never step in those landmines. I have a degree in sociology. I realize there's very few things you can do with it, but you can discuss race and ethnicity. I mean, it's literally what I got my degree in. This was a very meaningful moment. Please understand what happened here. Okay. You had the number one guy who was solidified in our sport. Israel Adesanya will for sure go down to the Hall of Fame. Israel Adesanya is filthy rich. He's ranked number one. He's the rich. He's the powerful guy. You've got Duplessis who's shifting up and comer, man. Duplessis is trying to get this contract to try to get some scratch for the first time ever. I've been in Duplessis' shoes when people think you're the bad guy. Man, I'm broke. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to pay my bills. The rich guy came in and scolded the small guy. And it was a fascinating thing because Israel still always has an ability to maintain a man of the people status. He never has let his group grow, right? He, they got a small and tight thing there in uh, New Zealand. Eugene Berriman does not get the credit that he deserves from a leadership standpoint. Mm. As a coach, he clearly has been successful, but as a leader of keeping those guys together, I mean, they tell stories back in COVID where and New Zealand was more locked down than most parts of the world, where they moved into the gym. Dan Hooker told stories where they they were living in, and you know, bell goes up, and it's time to get up, and it's time to put your clothes on, and and train, and they were doing this for each other because guys had fights coming up, and Dana was uh, telling the world, "I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep my schedule going." It's just, it's a really interesting thing, and you watch Izzy, you got, he's got this small circle. It doesn't matter how many millions he's got; he's a pissed off guy that thinks people are trying to take things from him. That people don't give him his respect. That people don't give him his due. But that's how we got here in the first place, and it's very, it's very hard to maintain that same mentality when your life is so different. When you've already climbed that hill, it's very, very hard. You almost have to force. It's a forced discipline. And I see Adesanya do it. I see Aljo do it. I mean, every time Aljo speaks, it's as though he is being slight, as though he's the underdog. These guys are putting themselves in this position. It's a fascinating thing, man. Could you understand? And I know, I know, like you said, it, it, it goes into like a deep territory. But Izzy is saying like, yo, you crossed the line here and you made this too personal. And DDP is saying like, oh, look, I'm just talking about who lives there. But if you go back to his original comments, and have you heard his original comments? Would you like for me to play them to you? I could play them for you just for context. Be helpful if you reminded me, please. Okay, let me play it for you. This is the original. This is how it all started between them. March 1st, okay. before UFC, I believe it was 285, the one in early March with John Jones. Here's what DDP said uh, about this. This is how it all popped off, as they say. Or do you see this as an opportunity? Now you do get to be the guy if and when they show up to Africa. Well, I mean, did those belts ever go to Africa? As far as I know, it came to America and New Zealand. I'm going to take a belt to Africa. I'm the African fighter in the UFC. Myself and Cameron, we breathe the African air. We wake up in Africa every day. We train in Africa. We're African-born. We're African-raised. We still reside in Africa. We train out of Africa. That's an African champion, and that's who I'll be. Those are the comments. That's how it all started. Yeah. That, that's interesting. I, I mean, I, I don't know where that sits. I will tell you, as personal as I could get on that from just my own experiences, I tried to do that to some guys. I tried to do that when I was fighting Anderson Silva. I tried to tell the world, he's not Brazilian. He lives in Beverly Hills. I tried to do that when I was fighting Vanderlei Silva. He doesn't live in Brazil. He moved out to Las Vegas years ago. I got nowhere with it. it I mean, I got ground nowhere. Nobody, nobody, nobody saw it that way. I get Duplicy's point fully. If I was claiming to be a you know the Oregon champion, the Westland champion, and somebody else tried to make that claim that moved away and was somewhere else, and 
I'd be saying the same thing. I mean, I really do think that Duplessis makes a very fair point. Now, that's different, though. That's a very different point than Adesanya coming in and making about skin color. That's where it starts to go, whoa. I'll sit back and watch this, but I, I'm just, I don't think anybody's going to participate. And if, if the two of them are building this fight around that, I don't think they're going to get very much help. Duplessis, in his defense, made a very different point than the point that is he made in that cage at least by my ears okay i think uh but you if you if you parse it all when he says african born african raised whether or not he lives in africa or not he is born in africa and he was raised in africa so i think that's the part that makes him upset i'm talking about is he and then the other thing sure. is we can we have to consider the history right the history of south africa and the history of you know who's born who's from there who's not there whose land it is and that's different than you and Anderson, you and 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 Vanderlei. That's complete. That's a that's a way deeper history, is it not? Oh yes. So we yes, can't just like ignore all of this stuff. That's the part that to me makes it uncomfortable. And then where people say like, "Oh, you're doing this, you're race baiting." No, that, it's right there. That's the history. We're, like we're talking about South African history right here. I'm from South Africa. Yeah. You are not. And then. There's there's the coach who goes a step further and says, like, you know, you go back to your home in New Zealand, all this stuff. Like, bro, the guy's from Africa. He was born in Africa. His family's from Africa. What are we talking about? And wouldn't it have been better from a from us? And I'm about to give DDP, I want to give him a great compliment here in a moment, but wouldn't it have been better to say, hey, there are three African champions in the history of the UFC. I'm gonna be the best one. I'm gonna be better than those guys. I'm gonna be a better version than those guys. And guess what? I'm going to be a 10-time champion, I'm going to do, you know, they lost their belts after three defense, whatever. I'm going to be a better, I'll be the greatest African champion in the history of this company. Why couldn't he have just said that? Why does it have to be about who's, re, you know, like all that? Who's African born, well, who's on. African raised? No, no hold on. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that you, you're right on that because don't forget, he was trying to get a fight. I, I mean, when Fair. we saw, Fair. we saw how much this worked towards the fight. I mean, he was ranked number six. He he was a four to one underdog. It was he was a three seventy five to be exact on DraftKings underdog against uh, Whitaker. He right, he wasn't even supposed to be the guy. And is he's calling him out? And the own UFC disagreed. Man, we can't do it. He's number six. We can't do it. Hey, we're giving this opportunity and shine him up, or otherwise we can't give him to you. So, no, I I don't agree with you. Perhaps moving forward. Duplessis, now that he has the fight, perhaps he could promote it in a softer way so that people could get behind it and repeat him without having, you know, being nervous, uh, you know, and sweaty in the palms. But no, no, I, I can't agree with you. No, he struck a nerve. He knew that he would. And look, I, I mean, he makes it, guys move away. I don't I don't know. I feel that. I feel that when a guy packs up and moves away then tries to make a claim somewhere else, I feel it too. But what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're a man without a country. You're you're over here. If you went over there, then represent them. If you're living there, how are they going to be proud of you? And that's that's where you are. I don't personally understand it. It sounds like it sounds like you do. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody gets split down the middle there. Yeah. But I think Duplessis' point. I think it's very fair if a guy moves away. I guess I understand it on the other side as someone who is. I mean, I'll be honest. Like I'm more proud of my Canadian roots than I am American roots, but I've been living in America for 20 years. It's 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 no different, right? Like I'll root for Canada over America in the Olympics if they're going head to head. So that's why I kind of understand the mentality of someone who's still very proud and wants to rep the original home country as opposed to the adopted one. But all right, I understand where you're coming from as well. Um, and and yes, ultimately he was trying to pick a fight and 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 he got the fight. Credit to him for beating Robert Whitaker. And here's the compliment. And by the way, I do want to say something. I don't think that DDP, like, I think it's unfair to call him a racist, and I've never called him a racist. 
I just think that it's impossible to not talk about all of this when talking about it because of the history there. Now you could say, hey, I, I didn't mean any of this, and that's great, and, 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 I'll, and I believe that, but perception is reality, right? And some people are going to take it the wrong way, and I think Izzy took it the wrong way, and that's why it got so deep. But here's the compliment. If this guy, DDP, beats Robert Whitaker on July 8th and comes back and fights Izzy two months later, that's kind of... That's unprecedented stuff. Like, as you know, no contender is coming back two months later to fight a guy of Izzy's caliber. Is there any part of you that thinks this is almost too good to be true, that it's not going to happen? We're all assuming it's going to happen, but do you feel like there's a chance it might not happen? No, no, I believe very much that it would happen now. I I did it on Saturday. On Saturday, I thought, hey, we're missing something here. And by the way, they're, they're now saying this fight is two months away. I'm completely fine with that. But somebody misspoke. When this was first announced, it was announced there's a brand new television deal in Australia in August that will be headlined by Izzy. I got to bring that to you, though. I'm only as good as the information I was given. That's what we were told. So then when it was believed and reported that Whitaker, who they do not want to fight Izzy, but that Whitaker and Duplicis is going to be a number one contender's fight, I was the same boat as you. I said, no way. Nobody's getting turned around in 30 days. Now when Islam Makhlchev doesn't have a fight and he's been out for five months, no one's getting turned around in 30 days. We're missing something here. And I, I thought that was very interesting. So then when it did happen and Rogan made the announcement, but then they, they also changed the day. Then now, now all of a sudden it's two months. It's not in August. So I will just tell you, as fans, we were not given accurate information going into this. But no, no, Duplessis isn't going to, to miss this fight. And I really do think this is an interesting thing, by the way, uh, on the spirit of uh, complimenting Duplessis. Because Duplessis made this happen. I, he didn't say anything racist. Come on. He went after and he's defending his, his country and he's saying it the way that he says it. Don't do that to him. But as as he went to get this, he couldn't get the fight. He couldn't get the champ, Adesanya, historically has called out all of his opponents, including Yoel Romero, who was on a loss. He has steered his own career better than anybody. He calls out Duplisi. Duplisi can't get the fight because he's ranked number six. The first time I ever heard of Duplisi was on December 10th, or at least for the card that was December 10th, because Bo Nickel in the same weight class was on the main card, and Duplisi's was on the undercard, and Duplisi's took to Twitter. I saw that tweet. I then went to his Twitter. He had 334 followers at the time. It's the reason that his message wasn't getting out. So he goes from an undercard in December, which wasn't that long ago, to now he's the most talked about guy on the biggest MMA show. We've got yours. I think it's a really interesting thing, and I think he did a really good job. Oh, and by the way, as far as being ranked number six in a four-to-one underdog three days ago, not only is he not number six anymore, Ariel, that performance, that Duplessis, the Whitaker had to deal with, that's a top five guy ever. Yeah, He was ranked number six a week ago. That guy is top five ever in that division. And it's amazing. We've been talking about this fight and this story for about you know 15 minutes now. And there was a title change in the co-main. And then there was an all-time performance in the main by arguably the best pound pound fighter in the world. That's how big this all is. And so let me ask you, he continues to defy the odds. Like it's every time it's like, no chance he could beat Robert. Look how awkward his style is and look at his cardio both. Do you think he could beat Israel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would not predict him to beat Izzy. Uh, I think I would be impressed if he won some rounds or, or won a round. I just think Adesanya is kind of on, on this next level. But I will tell you that specific performance, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to say, Errol, because we've never seen that guy. That that guy hasn't showed up before. The, the Duplices in that first three minutes of the fight is the Duplices I'm used to. The, the Duplices in the last... One minute of the first round, I hadn't seen until that moment. And the Duplices that came out in the second round and for the rest of that match, is that, that's a whole new guy that I, I just personally am not familiar with. So 
Uh, yeah, yes, yes, he is the rightful number one contender, and he can give problems to the champion. Yes, can't wait to see it. Can I ask you about Alex Volkanovsky, uh, Izzy's teammate? Were you surprised that he beat Yair that dominantly? Yes, um, for a number of reasons, and you know, first off, Yair did a really great job. He's worked on this for two years of staying under the radar. You know, when your ear broke into this sport and came to the ultimate fighter, he was getting his name out there and he was a little louder. Once he starts to, to kind of climb up, he, he stays real quiet. You know, he, he submits Brian Ortega, but they don't call it a submission, which is weird. He, he goes to guard. He pulls an arm bar. When the situation ends, the arm that he attacked is injured and the fight gets stopped. That's called a submission. Like, this isn't a riddle. <laughs> I don't even know if SureDog.com has it listed as that to this day. The announcers never said the word submission that night. It was this really weird thing. Odds makers didn't want to pay out to people that called first round R bar submission because they said it wasn't a submission. That's a submission. I, I I fully don't understand this, but I make a point to you that it's a really good story for him to tell. He's never told it once. He goes into his next fight. He's known as a stand up guy. He finishes that fight also on the ground. Nobody ever talks about that. He's still a stand up guy. That's his story to tell, his evolution, but he, he really stayed under the radar. So I thought that Volkanovsky was possibly walking into a situation that was a lot bigger and a lot harder then the odds makers or even the, the the media let on. And I think that maybe Volk would agree. I think maybe that was a harder fight than he thought, but Volk is so good. I mean, Errol, at one point he was he was in the wrong range and he, and he plays a kick game with, with Rodriguez. And I'm talking about Volk here and he, and he does just fine. I mean, his, those skills are, are, they're shocking. It's shocking how good Volk is. He's my number one pound, pound fighter in the world. Where do you have him? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, number one. We're, we're not talking about... <clears throat> Volk is in the conversation of the very short list of ever. Is he is he the greatest ever? And one of the reasons that I, that I don't always say that he is is he shouldn't be. I mean, there just shouldn't be a former rugby player that trains at a at a kickboxing gym in New Zealand. I mean, he just shouldn't be. And I can say that for a few of those guys, I love watching Dan Hooker fight him. I can, so many compliments would go to that specific team. But yes, Volk is the best fighter uh, in the world today. Yes. Yeah, I have him, Islam, and, and John Jones up there uh, to try to figure out what's going to happen uh, with. No, you disagree? No, no, I do, I do. But I mean, that's another one. So you brought John Jones into this. John Jones and Izzy, they got this. They got this weird thing going back and forth. They're not going to fight. They're separated not by one weight class. They're by two weight classes. Well, wrong. There's still a fight going on. Whoever they, they both want to claim that they're the best, and they're both going to get a lot of people to say that they are. That's how this is going to be settled through history. It's going to be settled by the people. In a popular opinion, Izzy's beating him. Izzy, what Izzy did Saturday and the attention that Izzy can command and the hype that Izzy can command, the checks that he gets, the money and the dollars that he brings, he's coming after McGregor's spot. I'm telling you now, and he's long put John Jones in the dust. John Jones has never played that game. It's it's going to be a mistake. Ten years from now, when you're looking back and trying to tell the story, you're not going to be saying John Jones. You're going to be saying Adesanya. The, their back and forth a couple of years ago was all-time stuff, like the Twitter stuff, the insults. What did you make of them? Yeah hugging it out, playfully sparring, all that on Thursday. When that, when that footage came out, what did you make of it? Well, that's disappointing. You know, it's disappointing. A guy that re can really carry a grudge is is a good thing. You know, I, I thought the way that Piera and Adesanya ended it, and they both got a little on each guy, and we both, we wish you well. I mean, I really thought that would form a camaraderie, but Izzy didn't let it go. You know, they were in the airport or something I remember, like on an Instagram and a video. I respected that Adesanya could hold a grudge. And... There isn't the other side. And the other side is you know, life's too short to have things like this. If we're not going to fight, then what's the point? And they're not going to fight. They're not separated by a weight that was a big problem. 
they're now separated by two weights. It just, it just simply isn't going to happen. So if you want to, if you want to get along with people, you know, you can get along with people, but if you want to know from an entertainment standpoint, I didn't like it. Okay. I, I you know, I was interesting because I publicly said I didn't like when I saw Bisping and Rockhold buddy, buddy it up uh, because they had an, it'd be almost like, I don't know what, like what's uh I don't know what's a great rival, Connor and Habib. Or, like there was just something about Bisping and Rockhold where they were, I almost felt like they were better off as foes because I didn't really believe that they truly despised each other, but the rivalry was so great. Then they're buddying it up and I was like, eh. But in this regard, to your point, I don't think they're ever going to fight. So there was something kind of nice about them hugging it out. There was something, I don't know, maybe I'm getting old, but it, it, it warmed my heart a little bit. No, there, there's definitely a truth to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to walk around and do that? I fully understand your point. Look, you got a sport going on here, and John Jones is he, he's great at the sport. But then you have the fight business, and that's a game that not very many guys play. Izzy plays it. Connor plays it. John does not play it, and so it's just it's a different level. It's a different thing uh, that's going on. With these guys, like if John watched this piece right now, he wouldn't even know what I'm saying. What is he saying? What is fight business? What's he talking about? He doesn't even know. And there's only four or five guys that know, but those are the guys. Those are the guys that matter. Those are the guys that, that move the needle. Those are the guys that can make a show by not even competing. And that's where Adesanya's at. I mean, John Jones missed the fight with Angano because they botched that spot. There was ways to make that fight, not to get it to happen, not to get it to help that. You could make that fight happen. And those two, John Jones, they wanted to go. They did that same thing, that same video that you saw here with Izzy. Let's laugh and be buddies. They did that stuff multiple times. So nobody's helping them make that fight. Then all of a sudden, one of them's not under contract, and John gets pissed. He wants to fight it. Well, you had your chance, dum-dum, but you're too busy doing the sport and not focusing on the business. This is this is tremendous stuff here. Um, well, you could have made you could have made that fight. You want to, you want to walk around and say you're the, the greatest in the sport? You can't get a goddamn fight to happen. You can't get a fight to happen that the promoter wants to happen. Then you're not one of the greats in the sport. You're not great at it at all. You kind of suck at it. That's where he's at on the business side of it. Right. He can throw the punches and kicks. So what? Try to pay a bill with those. Uh, on Friday afternoon, I reported that Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou is very close to being announced. Not very close to being done, Chael. Very close to being announced. And... What I'm hearing is it's going to be announced this week. Now, the details as to what kind of a fight it's going to be, you know, Eddie Hearn was the only one who said exhibition. I don't know if it's actually going to go down like that. I think it's going to be a lot more intriguing than people think. Uh, it's, 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 it's happening. And literally two hours later, the UFC announced John Jones versus Stipe, November 11th at Madison Square Garden. Are those two related? I don't know. I know that they were planning on getting that done. And did they rush it? Who the hell knows? My question to you is, which fight are you more interested in? Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou in a boxing match or John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. They're going to happen within a couple of weeks of each other, by the way. Yeah. I mean, Errol, the, the rules of the playground still apply to the octagon. Like there's, there's nothing different, just the environment. And when two guys don't want to fight, man, I don't want to see it. And John Jones and Stipe clearly don't want to fight. Which one it is, I, I don't know. They clearly don't want to fight each other, so that's very hard to get an interest in. And then, and I just, and I just can't imagine. Even when the the greats like you and me get behind it and start hell, I don't know how we're going to light a fire under that. You got two guys that don't want to fight, but it's the same way with with Fury and and, and Agano. I mean, they, they they've had so many opportunities to do this. Fury promised us this fight in front of ninety three thousand people. He promised us that he was going 
to never box again, but he was going to make up a sport and do it with Francis. And then he quit talking about Francis and said that he was going to go to the Middle East. I mean, talk about Eddie Hearn. He said they were going to go to the Middle East and you're going to bring in Joshua and that, that guy that started packing a gun because he scared me. And then you were going to bring in Fury. And you, I mean, they, they just keep lying. They just keep saying things that aren't true. So I, I don't know. I don't know how to get excited for it. You guys clearly don't want to fight. Don't fight. So you're not down with either of them. They don't want to fight each other. I don't know what to do. I will I'll watch them. I'll try to cover them on my YouTube, see if I get some clicks. If I do, I'll cover them again. But but they don't want to fight, right? I mean, I want to see guys fight that want to fight. I mean, Fury and Ngano, everything's a cash grab, right? It's every it's all a cash grab. But you gotta want to fight to get the cash. These guys are telling the world we're only doing this for the money. We're even gonna make up the rules. Not only is it gonna be you're, you're talking about it's not gonna be an exhibition, they've told us they're not gonna box. They're gonna make, they're gonna do something else. And maybe they've come up with that. And now they argue. I, I don't know. At some point, the market's gonna decide these guys want the bag. If they want the bag, they're gonna have they're gonna have to dance to the tune. But come on, man. Will your will your stance on it, the whole thing's very weird. It's <laughs> well said. Will, uh, will your stance on Nganu's decision to leave change once this is made official and and the bag is secured and he's got the PFL? Like, did it all work out for him, or do you still not believe that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If he if he, if he gets that boxing match, he gets that big payday that he was after, and everything, you know, everything goes his way. He took he took a huge risk, and uh, you know, it just it didn't look like. You know, he was stand up to some very some very big ideas, some very big people. And it just didn't look as though he could make it happen. Yeah, if he made it happen, of course, of course you'd give Francis his, you know, he, yes, yes. Good job to Francis, sure. Okay. Uh, back to Volk. If you were him, which fight are you going after? The I is- wouldn't have done it, though. By the way, I mean, I think the whole thing's a pussy move, and I, I don't ever <laughs> use that word. But if it was me and I could have boxed Francis, uh, if I'm Francis and I could have got the match with Tyson, I would have gone and boxed him. And we have gone to a different country. They say, you can't do that. We have a contract. I said, well, I'll see you in court. I'll see you in the ring. I'd have dealt with a bull. I'd have done a bull. I'd have kept my contract, and I fought him in court, and I'd have gone and done the boxing match. I would have killed three years. That's just me. Particularly if I got wow. a bad knee, I'm hobbling around. Great, go box. But the, couldn't they have stopped him from I doing it? I would have done a bull. Couldn't they have stopped? I would have done a bull. I said, but you hold up your you paper and we're the goddamn thing before we get before a judge. I'd have gone and done what I wanted. Wow. that's. I mean, that's why you're the gangster. That's exactly well, what. No, that's a very good argument. Francis laid down and said, they have the rights to me and I can't do this. Well, that's not how it works. They told him that and he and he acquiesced it. That's not how it works. It, nothing. There's nothing in that contract that is what somebody says until you go before a disinterested third party known as a judge. That's American law. So have your contract and make your claim. I'm going to breach it, and I'm going to go over here, and I'll fight you out when it's done. But I'm going to have $80 million to fight you with. See you soon. <laughs> that is brilliant. By the way, by the way, when I get done with this, and I'm going to build height, when I get done with this, we could also bury the hatchet, and I could come back here and fight this skinny guy from New Mexico if you'd like. And that's how that would have played out. No, nobody would have. There would have been no court fight, but it takes balls. And, I, you know, it's, it's a different game. I think what Francis did also took some courage. I'll give him his due if, if he can pull the match off. By the way, quick aside, we're 26 days away, uh, give or take a day or two from... By the way, Eric, let me ask you a question, because it is a very curious co- comment by Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn comes out and says that he thinks they're going to box, but if he's not making the match, <laughs> who is making the match? Well, I, I mean, who is the guy that has put himself in the fight business for a day, he's ready to lose a bunch of money, who is the guy that's making the match? 
Well, Eddie isn't Tyson's uh, promoter. They actually aren't friends. What was so interesting about it was Eddie was the one who broke the news first. Like, imagine the sure. balls well, on that. Well, don't you? Yeah, no, 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 no. Excuse me. I like Eddie. I know you love Eddie. Eddie doesn't get credit for this because <laughs> Eddie's done this three times, and three times he's ran it back. He's the one that told us they were going to box. Then he's the one that told us that Joshua and Fear, and they were all teaming up, and they're yeah, going to the yeah, Middle yeah. East, and a $200 million payday. Now he's back to the center. He doesn't get credit if this turns out to be true. I could sit here and tell you 10 things. We said one gets true, and all of a sudden, chills the news break. That's, that's not how this works, man. Like Zuck versus Musk Who's at UFC 300. Who's the guy making the match, though? Well, but there, I'm going to continue to ask you this. Who's the guy making the I match? Th- like, th- you can't do this in MMA. You can't do this anywhere. You can't do this in bo- well. Boxing only survives because some guy steps forward that got picked on in his youth and he gets to be in the tough guy business. He's going to lose a bunch of money. He is not going to come back. He's not going to do two events. He's going to do one. This is what keeps boxing afloat. Who's the guy? Uh, Who's the guy that Eddie Hurd is signing this fight? I think it's a guy in a country that is paying a lot of money for sports these days. I think they're the ones who are putting this together. Gotcha. Um, Can I ask you a quick aside? Uh, we're less yeah. than four weeks away from Jake Paul versus Nathan Diaz. Do you feel buzz for this? So how do you feel about this? It, it kind of just, I don't know. I don't know. What, like, I, I, I see a couple posts here and there. What do you think? Do you think this is going to be big business? I'd be very curious. You know, I'd be very curious. Um, I don't know what they have in store, right? I think that Jake Paul's very good at hyping things up. I think uh, Nate Diaz, even unintentionally, is really great at uh, at marketing some of those moments. So, um yeah, I, th- I think they got a. I think they got a, a lot of hard work in front of them for the for the next month. Okay, um, can I ask you about Volk? If you're him, are you going after the Islam rematch or are you going after Taporia? They had a nice little face off there right as they were fading to black. Did you see that Taporia jumping in there, going face to face? I thought that was good piece of business on his part. What are you doing if you're Volk? What are you chasing? I did not see that. Oh. I uh, I did not see that. I was live. I did a YouTube live. Oh, look at you and. But, but but Ariel, I I didn't comment on it. I didn't know what happened. Somewhere I thought the show was over, and I went and I talked to the community. I never addressed it. I never knew it. And in the comment section, people were telling me, hey, "Did you did you turn out early?" Yes, I tuned out early. I did not know that that happened. I really like the way uh, that Apore is going about his career, and I think that he is a a top contender. I think Volk's spot was very interesting. Let me tell you why. Volk has made it very clear that he wants Islam, and. That is not any kind of a uh, a secret, and it's to the point that you even got the decision maker Dana White to say if they both win their next fight, I'll, I'll give them the rematch. So as soon as Volk wins that fight, he is singing a different tune. But the morning of that fight, Charles Oliveira, who is supposed to have the fight with Islam, does media and says, "I'm not doing the fight with Islam." Which, by the way, I don't know how you get to media to with to announce something you're not going to do like i i could also announce for you or i'd like to announce for you i'm not going to be fighting islam it, that's a really weird thing and i don't think you'd have me on for that but he did it and so now volk is finds himself in a position where the fight that he was begging for he's now needed for potentially and all of a sudden he's putting out a little bit of an arms reach i i don't think it was a calculated strategic move but if it was it was the perfect move and I, I do think a lot of news is coming out that day i mean you have volkanovsky who lost right there's a big fight in perth called Islam versus Volk. The loser got a match, made a ton of money, had a training camp, got licensed, did the travel, and had the match. The winner of the match isn't even booked yet. That's weird. Yeah. 
It is weird. They're also keeping him for Abu Dhabi, just like they're keeping Hamza Chemaev, which is also a weird thing. And you broke on this show back in April, Hamza versus Paulo. Who knows if that ever happens at this point, uh, but I suspect we'll see Hamza back in October. True or false, Chael? True or false? Bo Nickel beats Hamza Chemaev if they're fighting next. Oh, the Bo would beat him. I, I would need a little bit of time to think about that. I Yes, but Bo could most definitely Isn't that uh, crazy? beat him. Yes. Well, I don't know if that's crazy. I mean, Bo said that before he ever got in there. Nobody would fight Chemaev, and Bo's like, well, don't say don't say nobody, because because I will. And you remember, Chemaev came out, he said, who is this boy? And I'll just share this with you. While Bo has showed that he has the skills that are very similar to Chemaev's, we do have a habit in this sport of whatever is fresher and newer uh, becomes a little bit shinier to us. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget how damn good Chemayev's been, okay? And I know we had a dust-up that we weren't expecting with Gilbert Burns, but I, I think that Chemayev answered uh, more questions than that. Can he dig deep? Can he come back? Can he deal with adversity? I, I think that was a real positive. I-, I saw that match a little bit differently than other people, and uh, they're both undefeated. They're both special. And I'm, I'm not ready to say that the the, the new guy is uh, superior, not just yet. The fact that we can even have that conversation, though, speaks volumes sure. as to how good Bo is. I'm blown away by him. Hey, he could have made the fight. Errol, he could have made the fight right there. I mean, again, I got to come back to this, right? You, you've got guys that do the sport, and they do the sport really with their special talents. But I give John Jones a hard time. Come on, man. I dreamed of being as good as John Jones. I acknowledge he won. He won that. But then you have guys, they're controlling the business. Right, you have guys like Conor McGregor who've stepped forward and said, "I over all of you, and I'm the boss even after a loss." I kind of can't remember the last time Conor won. Red Panty Knight still runs the night. He is still the top draw in this sport, and I only bring this to you because it's a very different. You can make fights happen. John and Francis, the promoter, wants them. Stephen A. has already announced on SportsCenter, and they can't make. They don't. They don't know how to make this happen. And meanwhile, you got Ilya Taporia jumped in a cage. He committed trespass <laughs> as a way of trying to make sure he got uh, his attention. If Bo Nickel in the fight, if he wanted to fight Shemayev, he could have made the fight right then. He could have made it right then, and that was his moment. And he's smart enough, and he knows that. The money's the same. It doesn't affect your bonuses. It is what it is. He didn't want the fight right now. Uh, two last quick ones, if I may. Robbie Lawler. Oh, by the way, by the way, yeah. before, just so you know, I just said that, Shemaya, that Bo doesn't want the fight. Shemayev could have the same damn thing. Sure. They know how to make fight. They know how to they know how to do this. They elect to not do this. You got a good Robbie Lawler story from back in the day? What a what a send-off that was. I mean, that was unbelievable. Anything, any good uh old school, I mean, pretty much came in at the same time, no? I, I don't have a great Robbie Lawler story. I, I will just tell you that I saw his first ever fight in the UFC. And there was a story. There was a big uh, event. TJ used to put it on in Hawaii, and it was called Super Brawl. Yes, and it was a it was a really great MMA event. They even had distribution. It was you know on the blockbuster shelves, but you you could see this stuff. And Dana White used to attend that personally and personally scout talent. And the story goes that Dana was there and came to his feet when this nineteen year old from Iowa named Robbie Lawler fight. And Dana yelled, "I'm going to make that guy a star." He then signed him, and Robbie was 19. Robbie had the, the greatest fight I had ever seen at that time. It was against Aaron Riley in the UFC. And I, I want to say maybe that Robbie debuted against Tiki. Right? Like, I could have uh, one of those time frames off. And Robbie was not ready for the exposure. 
he was not ready for people to be walking up to him and saying hi and knowing who he is. And uh, he even did an interview about that. I saw that in person. I, I was at that event, but I, I saw Robbie not knowing how to handle it. And I read the interview where he talked about, I don't like when these people come that I don't know. I don't know why they, I don't know why you would come to talk to somebody you don't know. So, but I kept that with me. So 10 years later, when I see him, right, it's a totally different Robbie Lawler uh, to the business. But I, I remember that he said that. So I didn't go up and say hello. I thought he didn't want people to say hello to him. And he said hi to me. He goes, what's going on, Chad? Like we knew each other. And I just rolled with it. I said, what's up, Robbie? How you doing? You know, and I had a really great conversation. I've had him on podcast. It turns out he looks really scary, but he's a really nice guy. Like if anybody has ever in the history of time looked like a cage fighter, whatever that means, it's Robbie Lawler. Yes. Okay? That's what a cage fighter looks like. That's what that's what the scary guy, in your, the, the, the eyes, the cold, the jaw, the, the whole bit. It's Robbie Lawler. Turns out he's also a really nice guy. That was a hell of a way to see a guy. Go out. Nobody gets to go out like that. But oh, it was he incredible. Did. It was incredible. Uh, last quick thing. Uh, any, any. Well, what new... last quick? Who do you got coming in behind me? Uh, Jens Pulver. Any last quick thing? The legend, Jens Pulver, got his Hall of Fame moment. Oh. He's standing by. Oh, no, I, I, I stand down. I stand down. And, and this is part of my guilt. You know, like, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time because it's always about the next one, Chael. That's the secret. If you keep people on for too long, the next time you ask them, they're like, ah, fuck, it took an hour out of my day. So you got to leave them, you know, a little bit, and then they want to come you back. Complimented me. You're yeah. a genius. Uh, that was a, very nice. Do we have another? Uh, you put us You put us on the map. You made us famous a couple of weeks ago with the Zuck Musk uh, breaking news. Yeah. Any any updates on that? We, maybe we could get on TMZ again. Anything else? Errol, not only do I have nothing, I've watched that, and I think there was an insult that came out over the weekend. I tried to verify that it was true. It was done on Twitter. I tried to verify it was true. I didn't really see it. I haven't seen those guys really, really, you know. I, yeah. I think that died down. It feels like it died down. No, I think it's a thing. Dana White even said this weekend it's a real thing. Oh, okay. So it's bad. Okay, well, and I appreciate you telling me that because it, it is fun. I was at a barbecue, my neighbors, uh, yesterday, but that was the topic of discussion. When I walked in, they were talking about it. And they're like, oh, chill, what do you, the whole, and our whole neighborhood was, there must've been 50 people. That's what they were talking about. I mean, it's a, this is a big deal. It's a really big deal. So I hope that you're right. I hope, I hope it is still out there. Appropriate that you'd be the one fielding questions. You broke the news of when they're fighting. Sure. Sure. No, I, I hear what you're saying. It would it would be appropriate, but I just I, I just hadn't heard anything between them. You just oh. shared something with me. You know what? See, I can, I'm feeling rushed at this point. <laughs> Hello to Jens. I've missed you. Talk to you soon. Love you, Chael. Thank you so much. There he is, the great Chael Sonnen. Uh, what a legend. Uh, always great to have him on. And uh, tremendous insight, especially when it comes to uh, the fight business. A man who knows a thing or two about the fight business had his moment in the sun on Thursday, finally got into the Hall of Fame. So... Long overdue, so well-deserved, and I loved what he said. In the end, it all worked out when it should have worked out when he was in the right place. We spoke to him on the Monday after the announcement. I wanted to talk to him on the Monday after the induction to see how it all went down. I'm very curious. Here he is, little Evil himself, Jens Pulver, joining us. Hello, Jens. How are you? <laughs> I'm golden, my friend. How are you doing? How I, about I got Chael? a big smile. I was just watching you and Chael, and I love you, Chael. I appreciate you. I wasn't trying to rush you, brother. I promise you. <laughs> No, you see, I, I you know I don't like to keep people waiting. Chael's insane. I get it. Uh, but uh, how lucky are we? Two OGs back to back. So, Jens, tell us the weekend that you've been talking about, dreaming about. How was it? <laughs> I got this big cheesy smile. It hasn't left. It, it's been, I, 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 yeah. I don't even know how to begin to start. You know, because my family, just everybody that was there, just 
man, the the fans, the crowd, everything. There, there's, I, I'm stuck. I don't know what to say, but it's one of those things where I just did everything in my power. Just make sure you slow down, enjoy it, enjoy it to the best of your ability, enjoy every moment, take it all in. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I did is just live by the minute and just enjoy, embrace it. You know what I mean? Do you feel like you get, you did a good job of that? Did you enjoy everything? Did yes, you take it all I in? did. Yeah, I think I did because now it's, you know, and one of the cool things we had going on too is that they were filming that. Where are they now? Because remember, that's how this whole thing broke the first yes. time. And I said, yeah, I'll do this. So I'm really excited when we get through all of this and this will come out probably in October or something. So we get to relive the whole thing again. And then my producer, AK Snoo, Sean, he filmed hours you know i mean so he's got it all and it's wait till you see these videos there's a he's got one of me in the back i'm watching brian butler induct me oh. i'm crying i'm laughing i'm cheering i'm crying i'm laughing you know what i mean and then i get called out and then off we go but so there's going to be a lot we're going to be living this thing for a little while i think uh, and, and <laughs> as you should when did you get to vegas uh, Wednesday, I think Wednesday afternoon. And then it was just, you know what the weirdest thing was though, Ariel, this is no lie. I felt like I was fighting. I felt wow. like Wednesday was the day where you weighed in and everything. And then Thursday in the afternoon before I had to go and we had to go early to do all the sound check, you know, they brought us in early to, you know, and stuff. And I got to give everybody a hug. Everybody was waiting around. I come out of the, I come down there from the elevator, give everybody the hug, the high fives. Love you. I'll see you. I'll see you at the show. I mean, it felt like, my PTSD was going through the roof. I felt like I was getting ready to say my goodbyes and I'm on my way to the arena, which I was only this time I wasn't fighting, was getting inducted, but I had to convince myself, man, this feels exactly the same way. So it was, it was incredible. Yeah. Getting there Wednesday and then coming home uh, Sunday. And, and just curious about that PTSD. Cause like, that's a very interesting word. Um, and I think Cowboy said the same thing to a degree. Because uh, it, because like, there's these emotions. Like, was it a nice feeling, or were you trying to it was like an awesome feeling? Okay. Well, it was, it was well, absorbing it, but it, it, it's a rush, and you do, you get nervous. That's, I don't think people understand, and I say it all the time about time. Money can't buy it. We always wish we had more, and the fact you all are in here giving us your time, the greatest thing in the world to get out there and get in front of you. Obviously I was nervous when it came to giving my speech. I'd memorized the damn thing. I've said it at least 25 times, you know, before I went out there, but then I knew emotion was going to jump in. All the people are there. I'm going to lock eyes with someone or something. And then it's going to just, but that's just like in the fight world. It's all golden until they always talk about that. Walk out to the cage. It just boom. You're just, <laughs> I mean, it's like putting your feet in freezing cold water. It's a rush every time. It doesn't matter. So you just want to make sure everything goes the way that you're rehearsing it up here. There was no difference. Uh, I saw some great interactions uh, that we were catching, like sort of behind the scenes. Uh, one with you and Robbie Lawler. What was it like being there with Robbie, who you go way back with? I can't even, I can't, it, it, it's destiny. I get, I mean, this it, again, it's so weird because, you know, and again, I love everybody when they say, you know, it's about time. And again, thank you so much for your pushes at all times, Ariel. Thank you for always being a supporter of this, you know, and I, I can't thank you enough. And I always said, you know, but it, it's the perfect time. Then you just look at the way that it happened. And next thing you know, I'm sitting here at Robbie's fight. I'm, well, I was commentating with Boss Rutten, but I'm at the same event and Robbie goes out there and just the way that he went out there. Now, all of a sudden, there's my little brother. And then I had, then I got to see Nick. Nick and I started walking around. I was, it was crazy. We were like, we were just two brothers. I was just holding on to him. We were just kind of walking along and just talking and catching up. And then we all got together for a minute. Nick went one way. Then there's Robbie. I got little Abel. I just, my entire past just all of a sudden, whoom, 
rolled up into one big ball of greatness. And it was cool because it was just the perfect time. And the way to see Robbie go out and the way that he went out with the, with his fight, I was crying. I think somebody told me that they actually, they showed me cause I was in, I was at the apex in a doing a, uh, doing the UFC watch along with boss Rutten and this. And then when he retired, I think they said they put a picture of me up so watching me. I'm crying like a baby. Uh, I was balling. So it was just, again, just an unbelievable moment to just have all of this. Cause I remember, like I said, Robbie was 17 years old, rolled up with a, with a, or he was 18 with a two by four hanging out his windshield. And he had to go win this, this tough contest. And he got like a thousand dollars and that's how he paid for his windshield. Wow. <laughs> that is, that's the first time you met him. Now, he, well, I knew who he was. He was just his youngster kid. He was a, like a junior in high school when I first met him. And then after that, he was just, we would go watch him at high school and watch him train and stuff. And then, yeah, Robbie's literally been my little brother for a long time. And it was crazy because I got to sit there and talk to Nick. And Nick's like, remember, you're the one who was teaching me how to box. You and I, because Nick was 16 when I met him. And I was down there in, um, I was in uh, Lodi, California at the Shamrock 2000 gym. Are you talking about Nick, Nick Diaz? No, oh, you know this. Yes. Wow. Nick Diaz. Wait, he was so there I too? To, I got, yeah, I got to sit there and walk around with Nick and just catch up with him. And like I said, it was like I did my little brother. He's a lot bigger than me now, but I'm just holding on to my little brother. Just, man, how it's, I finally just got to just to wrap with him. We spent about like an hour just walking through the oh, casino, you know, and stuff like that. But it's great to see him. That's a, how is he doing? He seems good with me, you know. I mean, he seems like obviously he gets pulled in a thousand directions yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, how are you? You know, I mean, how's everything going? And you know, I was like, I know I'm really bad at this, but I'd love to stay in touch. But that's the one problem is I always feel like I'm bothering people, you know. Yeah. So I never reach out. I'm like, ah, I don't want to bug him. But at the same token, I pro I'm like, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna bug you. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep bugging you because hopefully it's not pissing you. I'm like, no, nah, it's good. I go all right because you know I don't want to be that person. I think a lot but of it, people it was really cool. I think what happens is a lot of people feel that way and then that you don't realize, and I'm sure you can speak to this. It feels really good when someone reaches out, like more it feels people, awesome, right? It, it, no, it's awesome. Mary. And that's what I tell people all the time. It's like, please don't mistake me for being like a, a, a pompous dick or something. When I'm walking around, I'm not just, yeah, I'm Jens Pulver and look at that. I just assume nobody wants to mess with me. Nobody wants to talk to me. That's why Curtis, you know I mean? When he asked that question, he had me damn near crying. And I was like, I know I don't feel like I'm a legend. No, I don't feel like any of that, but I don't, I just don't. And I tell people, I don't mean to not. It's just, I just can convince myself. I just don't want to bug them. I just don't want to, I just don't want to mess with them. You know, which question are you talking about? Well, he had made it. He had made a statement when he came. I was sitting at the. Um, we were doing that live Q and A up on the stage. Jose Aldo, me, Cowboy. It was the Hall of Fame panel. Mm. And he came in and he asked, he "Goes, do you realize the kind of th that you're a legend? Like you came and spoke to me. I was in. I think he said 2009. I had lost the fight. And he goes, the judge had me lose the fight. And just what you said to me, you know what I mean? The way that you were able to just the things you said to me, you know, stuck with me. He's like, do you realize that you're a legend? That all these young fighters looked up to you and you paved the way for all these lighter fighters and how much of a legend you are. And I'm just kind of, no. I go, but you're gonna make me cry, man. I was like. No, I don't realize these things. I never did. You know what I mean? No, I don't realize because it doesn't. I'm afraid to think like that. Why are you afraid? Again, Eric, I don't like. I was always afraid like people think I was being like a, a, a cocky. But again, there's a difference between obviously feeling good, being happy about your accomplishments. But it's just something that I don't know is the way that I was raised. 
You know, it, it was the way that I grew up, man, it was living on eggshells. Whenever I did something good, that was half the reason my dad was going to dish me a beating. He didn't like seeing the smiles on our faces. So I carried that with me that whenever things good start to happen, I'm I'm waiting for the shoot. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for the gas tank, shoot, uh, the shoe to drop. And that's why this time around, why everything was so perfect to us. This was for the first time I really, 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 Ariel, got to enjoy all of it without any of that side noise, without any of that you know, that, that, that just waiting for that other shoe to drop. It, it was, it was probably, it was the smoothest thing I've ever done. It was incredible. Would, would it be fair to say like, this was the first time in your career, obviously you may like corner someone, coach someone and, and feel good. But like when it pertained to you, you're in an arena, you're in a fight setting, obviously you didn't fight, but it's the closest thing where everything felt good. Like it, it never felt this, this happy and pure, even when you were at the top, when you were a champion thousand percent even when i was champion that was the worst that was the worst sometimes for me was being a champion because that's when my anxiety was at its highest and i'm just like man something bad somebody's gonna pass something bad is gonna happen because that's the eggshells that i lived on growing up in life and that's why this time around when i did the speech i don't know if people were ready for that one you know but it was something that i had to do i had to just y'all just take a journey with me real quick and i need to go back and talk to that little, little gins for, and just thank him, man, for not pulling that trigger because I think about that all the time. And I used to have like all these books and stuff that I used to write. It's just untold stories of a life never lived because if I'd have pulled that trigger, all of this is just, it's just nothing. Uh, the speech was incredible and I expected it to be incredible and emotional. A, how long did it take for you to write that speech? Okay, I broke that. I had, well, it's funny. I The minute I got inducted, I started writing pieces. There were things I wanted to do. There were stories I wanted to tell. And then it just kept changing and changing and changing. And then I talked to my baby brother, Abel. And I was like, you know, I just, you start thinking one person, then you left out this person, this person, then you left out this person. Then you, you know, I mean, you just can't thank enough people. And Abel's like, you know, you need to thank you. Hey, what are you talking about? This is about you. This is the one time where you get to go out there and you get to talk about you. And that's what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? My wife was saying the same thing. And my kids are like, well, like, we know how much you love us. This isn't a moment to go out there. This is about you. And I, so the more I thought about that, I was like, you know, damn, okay, well, then we're going to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to figure out. And then I, so I had it written down in my head that I wanted to go back in time. I'm literally thinking back to the future kind of thing. You know what I mean? I want to go back in time because I had talked to my mom and that beating that I took, it was really bad. And I was, I was done. And I was like, it's, so it's weird the way it played out, but it's like, I've been building for this my whole life. Like I said, I've got notebooks and notepads of the things I would write and goals that I want to do and stuff. And everything was titled untold stories of a life never lived. I have an idea. I always had an idea for a movie and it, it goes back to this. I told people about this movie I wanted to do a few years ago where I, it's kind of like, what was that? The sixth sense where you go through this whole movie only to realize uh -huh. that he was never there. Well, that was see this. I was going to tell this whole story of greatness, how I became a world champion, how I, the hall of fame, all these things. And then boom, it was going to go back. I'm at, I'm, I'm in my sophomore year, I'm at the hospital and they're doing the beep, beep, beep. And then we're going to do the whole pushing on the chest, trying to bring me back to live. And they call it and they say, and, and it's a flatline. And I've, I've had that in my head forever. Cause, and that was that, that. And so everybody's like, dude, you mean he never lit? He never no. So it's always been, they're just all untold stories wow. of a life never lived. And so that's what made me go back and tell this speech. Cause I figured like, 
This is the same kind of thing. That makes sense. Man, yes, that makes sense. Uh, that that is incredible stuff. Did, were you hesitant at all to say as much as you did? To, and I urge everyone to watch it because I can't do it justice. And even talking about it with you won't do it justice. But I'm just wondering if there was anything that you were like, maybe I don't want to talk about this. Perhaps because your I family shortened. was okay. No, I shortened. But then there was. You if shortened. you see, if you go back and watch the speech, I look and I see. I, I saw I, my mother was sitting there. And I went, oh man, that's what I was trying to avoid. Cause I can't, yeah. you know what I mean? I can't, I can't talk. I can't see my mom and not start crying. I cried for like half an hour. I feel like a little baby. I just can't see my mom. I just wanted to be proud. See, I'm, I'm already, it's already, yeah. damn it, uh, it's already happening. But, and I looked, I went, oh, there she is. I'm like, no, uh, now I'm looking at her. So I'm trying really hard to, you know, remember I'm talking to little Jens and I'm just, I can't, you know, I just, like I said, just, I want him to be proud. I want her to be happy. And she's the reason why we did what we did. You know, it's, I love her to death. Did she know all that stuff beforehand? Yeah, she was there. She knew, no, she knew I was going to, I did, you know, I did call her and tell her, Hey, this is, I think this is the way I'm going to go when it comes with the speech. And I go, I hope you're okay with that. I don't like living. I don't like living in the past. You know what I mean? I don't like dwelling too much, but I really want to talk about, this is the speech that I want to say. And she said, we just had a conversation. She's like, I remember, I remember the tears. I remember hearing you cry. I remember all of it. And I'm like, all right. So I just, I don't want to bring up. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to bring up old wounds. Sure, sure, I'm sure. also trying to say goodbye to, I'm trying to just say goodbye. And like I said, I think it just ended up being fitting that it was, I got to go talk to little Jens and just tell him thank you. Because there's a message to that just for everybody. See, the part I left out was, you know, I, and I almost thought about doing it was my cousin, may he rest in peace. He killed himself when I was 12 years old and he was 16. And that's when I started learning about the pain and how bad it hurts everybody and even how guilt how guilty we all felt like how come we weren't old wasn't worth living for he was supposed to come visit us that summer so in a lot of ways you know just what he did made it saved me because i knew no matter how hard i held on to that moment i knew that it, it just could not be an option because i could never have my parents feel i never wanted my mom to feel the way that i know it made me feel and my cousins and my aunt and uncle feel the pain that that caused you know what i mean and so that message is there for anybody and everybody out there never close the door on the person you're going to be just keep moving forward and continue to grow your world and those those problems will get they'll get smaller and smaller and smaller and i tell people you think about where you were five years ago you know, do, are those problems, if they still are the same problems, we need to get moving. And if they're not, it's because you you have expanded your world and you've had other places, but never close the door on the person you're going to become. And that's why I finally got to go back and just tell him, thank you, man. Thank you, little Jens, for, for not pulling that trigger because what a ride. You know I mean? This has been incredible. Oh, my God. By the way, uh, if you don't mind me asking, your cousin was so young. Why, did, why Do you know why he did that? Still don't know. I, it wasn't, that wasn't for me to know. And I almost feel bad sometimes talking about it, but there's a part, like I said, you know, there's, he, he saved, he saved me a long yeah. time ago with that, you know, and he doesn't know it, but I didn't, I was so young. I was just sad. I, my, I lost my cousin. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, what, what I was asking you about earlier about your mom, did she know you felt like that? Like the stuff that you're talking about, the trigger and all like, you no, know, she knew cause she was cleaning me up and she knew, okay. um, and it, it, back in the day, she knew, yeah, she knew I was, I had, a, I was angry. I was an angry little kid. And, you know, we talked about it. That's again, I can't, every time I seen her, I, I, I was just crying. I just sit there and I literally, Ariel turned, I'm like, 
I, I turned into a little kid just crying, being next to my mommy, my mommy, because I was raised by this woman. I love her to death. I've been, you know, I mean, I've been her shield. I've been her protector since I was a little kid. I tried to anyways, right. you know, and that's, and I just can't be a red. It, it just, it tears me up to think about it. You know what I mean? Just to think about it. But I told her, I go, I'm not trying to, I just, I need to tell this story, you know, and, and cause it's just a great way to let go. But, and I wanted to, yeah, it's. Sorry, I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna no, lose. I it. So I got. I got to uh, it. Any great interactions, conversation? You just told us about the Nick one, which is tremendous. That will really stick with you. Was there any great run-ins with anyone that you saw? All of it. All, All of them. Like I just, you know what? I had, I had the the best time because I I run the official UFC Twitch page and we did the watch along and I had this. He he's been a he's been a co-host with me for a while, but sitting there with Boss Rutten, that was hands down one of the coolest things because for the most part, it's I'm you know people that I that I that I can relate to or people that are under you know they're like they look up to me so to speak, but never have we really got to do something where I look someone that I look up to to a point that I literally fought in the Boss Rutten. That's how I got started. That's how the 155 pound division got started because Boss Rutten's was his invitational. John Peretti was the matchmaker, and I left Idaho to go out there and fight net and just to sit there and shoot the shoot the shiz with him and just talk with him and just the way that things like we were on point. A lot of things we were talking about was striking and this and that. I'm like, I'm sitting here talking to the legend boss. Uh, this is the greatest thing. I instantly bought his O2 breather right on the spot uh, and it came today. So I'm already working on my breathing and hundred percent. So that was, that was one again, that was amazing. But just my friends, my family, my cousin, Justin and Shane came, um, everybody, but above all of them, it was just so cool. The fans, just no matter where you go, just rushing up to you and saying hello. I felt so bad when I couldn't sign every autograph that day because we were there for a three-hour window, and I felt horrible leaving people behind. But at the same token, I was like, if you see me walking around or whatever, again, man, the fans, there, there's nothing like it. It's the greatest interactions I've ever had in my life is just getting people, man. They just want to give you their time, and you get to just meet people and they get to talk to you and you can make their day and you put a smile on their face and you know what i mean they wait in line just to meet you you meet their kids you meet their friends you meet yeah it's the coolest thing on the planet i mean i love it uh apologies if it was recently but when was the last time you were in vegas for a big fight and felt this kind of love it, it's been it hasn't been it's been a while because i've been running these streams for yeah two years and i'm always i gotta be home because yeah. i do even on the pay-per-views we have guests Every other time, it's just a watch along and it's me. And again, what do I do? I'm talking with chat for seven hours. That's how much fun I have. I can talk to just chat for seven hours. Like I got to go on today. I'll be live at what? Five o'clock Chicago time, 6 p.m. Eastern. I don't know who we're going to interview, but we're going to recap all of the things. I'm sure we're going to talk about the, the Hall of Fame and everything, but we're going to recap all the fights from Saturday clips and everything else and i don't know who i'll interview but i get to do all that on the twitch tv slash ufc so it's like i said man it's just it's crazy i love it love it who was you saw the card on saturday <laughs> who was the star of the show in your opinion who blew you away and jacus yeah i i oof, really why you gotta do that to whitaker i mean that was <laughs> wow because i love whitaker you know? yeah 
I've had Whitaker's one of my usuals when it comes to being a watch long guest. He is, and I knew Volkanovsky was going to be. I know some people were talking smack when I said I wish there would have been a sixth round because to me, if he had just had that imagine, you know, that imaginary sixth round, I think he had Makachev completely broken. Makachev beat him, but you know, so I'm excited for that fight. But all of it, Pantoja looked great. There was, and that's why I just go back through and go through the card. I'm excited to get started. Cameron, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's. I, I loved the card. It was fun. But like I said, I was so caught up rapping with boss and this. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I got to be in my own little podcast room at the apex. And so it was weird. I was out of my studio. You know, when you get out of your studio, yeah. it's awkward, right? You're like I, and nothing's in the right place. Um, and so I urge everyone to check that out. Uh, if I could, if I could uh, end on this, you know, you, you've had such a long career and, and there were ups and downs and, you know, there were ups and downs with the UFC and it's all worked out and look, you're so happy. And there's a part of me that was sad, Jens, and I'm, I just wonder how you feel about it, that Anderson wasn't there on Thursday. And I just wonder how, like, you internalize that because you, obviously you had your own thing. And I think his relationship right now with the UFC isn't great. And honestly, I think that's part of the reason why he wasn't there. And that bummed me out because, like, you see how much it means to you and to Aldo and everyone and and I'm just wondering if you feel like if you felt like man, it's it's a lot fresher with him, right? Like he just left, uh, and yeah. there was a time when you just left. It was fresh, and maybe ten years ago, you you do things differently. Do you think that's something that all parties will regret that he wasn't able to have you that know, moment? I I stayed away from it. I I just I was like, you know, um, he had his reason. Yeah. And hopefully, whatever that you know, whatever it is, I I, I feel it for it, but. Man, I'm sitting here looking at Cowboy. I've got Robbie Lawler to my right. I've got Jose Aldo. The big that was one. I to, to bring it back that one because Anderson and I, as far back he and I would have went talking about pride and stuff would have been crazy. But the reaction from Jose Aldo, yeah. when I got to see him, that blew my mind. I was blown because here I am, superstar struck, and here's Jose looking to be like. And then, you know, Andre Pedneris, who goes way back, he, you know, him and Miltis had that fight and stuff. And I was just, the reaction I got just from Jose was, like I said, that was, that was humbling. So whatever did happen with Anderson, you know, again, I tried to, I was just so caught up in, in, the, in my feels and where I was at that I didn't even, it didn't even really think about I, whatever he had to do. I, 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 hopefully there's a piece, a pleasure, and a, mo you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that gets whatever happens. But I completely clueless because I was so no, caught no. up with what was I know. in front of me. And I wasn't trying to put you on the spot it. in terms of no, like. No, I know you why... weren't. I know you weren't, but I'm being, no, I'm being honest. I yeah. never even, it, I just was like, damn, it would be real cool to to have seen him. You know what I mean? It'd been really yeah. cool to see him. And that, but I didn't even go as, any farther than that with it. In the end, is it possible that the 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 the, the event, the night, the moment ended up being better than you dreamed, I'm sure you dreamed of it yeah. and thought of it for years, right? Like in the end, did yeah. it actually exceed your expectations? It crushed it. It, wow. it, it, it. it crushed it with my, with my family, with, like I said, with Robbie, you couldn't have, it couldn't have been better with Cowboy, you know what I'm saying? With Joe out with, with everybody. But again, everything else was with, 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 with the fans. I really missed that. I, that, it, that was really cool yeah. to just be back in there and feel relevant and feel, you know what I mean? Feel that hole and just to get, just to go out there and just to hear everybody and stuff. It was, it was better than I ever thought. Cause now again, with the age of my children, there was a point we did that Q and a, I, we, I was signing autographs at the convention. I brought my whole family up on a deal. Cause we were filming that where are they now? So they all had to come up and I yelled at all the crowd. I said, Hey, could y'all do me a favor? I go, they don't really ever get to see what it's like 
when people are screaming and cheering. I go, could you just do that one time? Freak them all out. Uh, freak, everyone, freak them all out. But it was so cool just to give that gift to share my family with the fans and the fans shared, you know, their appreciation to me with my family. And I, Ariel, I think it couldn't have been better. There was, there's no way it couldn't have been. I mean, it couldn't have been better. Other than Butler could have stayed a little longer. That'd have been it. I uh, love that man. Brian Butler. I love that man. Yeah. He, he had been banging the drum for so long. Perfect oh, choice man, I'm telling you. to induct you. It, there, there was no one else that, you know, had to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be crying the whole time. It was, <laughs> yeah, I love that, man. I'm delighted for you. So happy it happened. Thank you. Uh, it Thank was you. emotional to watch it, but in the best way possible. And uh, now we could put this to rest and, 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 and you can continue doing great things in the sport. Thank you so much, Jens. All the best to you and, Thank and you, really appreciate it. it. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. I'll see y'all later on. There he is, the great Jens Pulver. What a moment it was. I urge everyone to check it out. Uh, it was it was great stuff. His stuff was great. Um, Jose Aldo's stuff was great. Uh, Cerrone, it's, it's always great. I love the Hall of Fame. I'm the biggest Hall of Fame mark there is. I can nitpick things here or there, but no one wants to hear that at the moment. It's a beautiful thing, and I love the fact that they uh, finally inducted him. One of the great moments of the weekend, of course, was Dan Hooker's win over Jalen Turner. What a fight. What a second round. What a hairstyle. What blood. What arm. All those things and more. He's kind enough to join us. Here he is, Dan Hooker, the victorious Dan Hooker. Not quite yet. All right. Uh, okay. Did I uh, misunderstand that? All right. Uh, oh, he was in the waiting room. My, my apologies. Um, all right. We're going to get to Dan Hooker in a matter of seconds. Uh, it was a tremendous fight. It was a tremendous performance. The uh, second round in particular was an incredible round. The third round, like I said at the top of the show, uh, I have no idea how they lasted those extra five minutes. Um, Unbelievable stuff. What does that mean? What is the hey, hey? He's ready. Okay. I thought you were doing a Fat Albert impression, Frank. Um, All right. What a fight. What, What a performance. Let me do it again. What a hairstyle. What an arm. What an everything. Here he is, Dan Hooker joining us. How are you, Dan? Thank you for doing this, my friend. Been better, been worse. Why? But not too bad. Why um, been better, been worse? Just no, nah, no. Nah, I just come from. Um, I got surgery on Wednesday, so I got surgery on my on my arm um, from the fracture there, and then I'm going to be moving around a bit during the interview because I'm I'm on my way to the. Uh, I'm meeting the surgeon for my face now, so I've got. Uh, <laughs> no problem. I'm coming from one. I'm 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 going to the other. So I might have to. I'm, I can't stay too long. No I've problem. Got to get to the my second my second surgeon. If if it, I'll, I'll keep you ten minutes, and if you have to leave before, then uh, then leave before. No problem. I'm I'm appreciative that you're even coming on for a few minutes. Can I ask you how is the arm feeling? Uh yeah, it's pretty sore. <laughs> but um, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Uh, we'll get it all fixed up and and. Back to 100% in no time. When did you break it? Uh, yeah, I, I went back and I watched. I think I think it was like a bit of like a slow process. I think there was like a front kick in the first round that I think might have put like a little crack in it. A couple more kicks in the set. Because like, if you look in between, at the start of just as round two starts, like I look down at my arm because it's not like responding the way I want it to. And then in the second, uh, he lands like a couple more kicks. And I think that um, breaks it because I definitely felt it in the second. I was like, ah, oh, something's up here. I couldn't feel um, my right arm. And then it wasn't until the third where I dropped him. And then 
like I tried to I, I tried to finish him, like I dropped him and I was like following up with punches. And there's like one punch where I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna throw my right hand anyway. I threw my right hand and I felt it just completely go out of place. Oh. And that's when I was like uh, it went like complete and then my whole like right arm just went like dead. So then I was just like, Well, it's not like how I wanted to win, you know? So I just kinda um came on top, was controlling him with, with my right elbow and then just stand on top punching him with with my left hand how many how many more seconds do you think you needed in the second to finish him oh not many like that was uh that was all that was a wrap pretty much like that was um that was in deep but it's it's not something that you can like mentally be like oh that was my chance i didn't it, it wasn't at all I was feeling like that was my one opportunity. I knew, ah, oh, we got another five minutes, so we're gonna we're gonna get him out of here. Were you shocked that he survived those five minutes? Nah, like I was trying to hit him with one hand for most of the fight. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I feel like yeah, two hands that that fight would be a lot more straightforward than than trying to like against a southpaw, especially your your right hand. Is your dominant weapon like that's your that's your go-to and, and we worked like a lot of right hand um in like the training camp so for you to have your main weapon gone for most of the, for like a majority of the fight wasn't um, preferable but Okay. Do you, yeah. Do you still hear me? Yeah, I just pulled over. We'll 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 do it here. I'll, I'll okay. Be just, a little late, but no. I'll, I'll ask you. Uh, <laughs> I'll ask you two last questions, and then I'll let you go. Um, there was a great clip of Izzy. Uh, watching you as they are reading the judges, and he's like happy, and then he's sad, and then he doesn't know what to think. What are you thinking? Did you did you think you had done enough? <laughs> well, what are the range of the emotions that, that you have in that moment? And were you worried that you weren't going to get a broken arm and not get the W? Um, I was pretty confident. Like it was a uh, like it's all decisions throughout the fight. Like the first round, I thought was close. He landed some good things. I landed a couple. Um, I would have given it to him. Just because, like, for argument's sake, I would just give him the first round. Second round, uh, he obviously booted me in the head. I'm sure I would have liked to get my hand there, but it just didn't do what it, it didn't do what it was told. <laughs> and then, um, but I heard him at the end of that round and finished with with a rear naked choke wrapped up, you know. So that's like a fight ending sequence that'll be um, round two, and then round three was you know hurting them on the feet. And then controlling them on the ground, it's pretty hard to argue against that. I was pretty confident. Be a little careful. I think I broke my arm, and um, so I was I was confident that I got the job done. Okay, yeah, I thought you uh, you did as well. Twenty nine, twenty eight. Last one. Uh, are we keeping the hair? I mean, I feel like you have to keep the hair. It looked fantastic with the blood. You got to keep it, right? I'm thinking, well, I think I might just go red. I'm thinking, <laughs> save, save the trouble. If it's already red, then I don't have to get in a, I don't have to get in a bloody war and make it red. So we'll have to wait and see. Fair enough. Uh, good luck to you, Dan. Good luck with the surgery. Thanks for squeezing us in. Really appreciate it. And most importantly, congratulations on the incredible win.
Cheers, Zero. I appreciate it, mate. Thank you. All right, there he is, the great Dan Hooker, stopping by for a few minutes to talk about his massive win on Saturday over uh, Jalen Turner. Oh, yeah? Uh, just writing. Well, his manager was asking me if he popped on. He did pop on. All good in the hood. Appreciate him very much. What a performance that was. Uh, and, and, and what a guy uh, stopping by in between in between appointments face appointments arm appointments i mean what a life right you think it's all well and good so you want to be a fighter frank huh frank did you enjoy you i mean everyone weighed in you have yet to weigh in did you enjoy ufc 290 i really did who was your um, star of the event honestly bo nickel wow but it was like, i love that i had to get up to go help the td and then by the time i was back over to my station the fight was over you never even saw it so i saw it through my peripheral vision and i got to hear all the excitement but yeah it was over before i could even um really absorb what was going on and yet he is your star of the event yeah i thought that was you know because it i talked about on the watch party how i was really looking forward to it (laughs) It ended so quick and i was like that's that's exactly what i would hope for he's unbelievable the way he boxes and people he's are, proven that he has hands. I mean, yes. you can see them physically. He's had hands the entire time. But the fact that he was able to... And it doesn't it. matter who he's doing it against, to be honest, because uh, you or I going in there can't do that. Like, the guy knows what he's doing. Um, I thought they actually... It, it, they rarely do this, but I actually thought they undersold Val Woodburn a little bit because they kept harping... They usually try to ignore the fact that the guys have other jobs, but here they kept harping on the landscaping stuff. Like the guy was seven and zero in the regional scene. He was not a bum. And as we said last week, equal type of test compared to a Treshawn Gore, who was the, you know, the original opponent for this card. And he just went in there. And credit to him, like he tried to own the moment. And I hope he gets another shot, obviously against someone in a little lower rank, so that he can, you know, build himself up. And uh, you know, it's just. It's just a tough. It's a tough draw to take a fight against Bo Nickel of all people on days' notice. Um, but I don't care who he's doing that against. He's going in there, Bo Nickel, in his fifth pro fight on one of the biggest cards of the year and from one of the biggest crowds of the year, and he is just not even getting touched time and again now. It's amazing. Uh, that was a great story for him. I felt bad for Jack Della Maddalena. We found out on Friday that his fight against Josiah Harrell was off. And it was a life-saving thing. I mean, it's it's actually kind of insane because in case you missed it, Josiah Harrell was doing his pre-fight medicals. And, and, and this is the good thing about fighting in the major leagues, in the UFC, because the medicals are a lot more extensive than they would be on the regional scene. And they found out that he had a health issue pertaining to his brain that makes it very dangerous for him to fight. And so they obviously, rightfully so, removed him from the fight he takes this fight on short notice. If he doesn't take this fight on short notice, if, if Sean Brady is still in the fight and his number doesn't get called and his next fight is on the regional scene and they're not doing these tests, God knows what happens to him. And so this whole sequence saved his life. Uh, obviously, you feel bad for Jack Della Maddalena. He will live to fight another day. And they're trying, from what I hear, to get him on this weekend's card. Who knows if they actually are able to do that on such short notice. It's in Las Vegas. He's in Las Vegas. Tough blow, obviously, to go from International Fight Week at T-Mobile to you know, the Apex. But a payday is a payday. And I'm sure at this point, he doesn't even care. 
But for Josiah Harrell, you know, that is heartbreaking, first of all, to find out that you have something like this. His career is now in jeopardy, and his life could have been in jeopardy. So that was just a crazy, crazy turn of events. Um So it was a very eventful week, a very eventful week. Um, wow, they just sent me, I'm going to send this to, uh, still to come, Ilya Taporia, I can't wait to talk to him about uh, Saturday night, and if he thinks he will get Volkanovsky next. Uh, speaking of Bo Nickel, uh, Bo Nickel will join us on Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. And we are also going to be joined by a man who is also in the news. There's a lot that's happened, guys, since we last spoke. Uh, the great George St. Pierre, who announced his return to action, obviously not uh, MMA, not the UFC, but he will be involved in a uh, grappling match in December on UFC Fight Pass. That was announced on Thursday. Uh, he is going to join us on Wednesday as well to talk about that in addition to others. So hopefully, you know, those guests suffice and uh, more to come as well. So stay tuned. How about, by the way, what about GSP's, I asked GSP's team who he'll compete against and what the the rule set will be. It's all still TBD. I actually think it's up to him and we'll get some clarity on that on Wednesday. Hopefully, New York Rick, who's your pick? Who would you like to see? I think there's one unanimous pick. Who would you like to see him go up against? I think he's locked in on a, on some work right now. Oh, did I get asked something? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. It's... got to do some social stuff, man. Get the post ready. All right. Sorry. Jeez. I just figured Con- he's always content. available. Look at the man wearing Create. two headphones. Wow. Okay. What do we need? Yeah. Guy's literally got two headphones on. Uh, the que- What do we need? The question was... Um, and I'm sending you something, GC, at the moment. The question was, who would your pick be to go up against GSP in this grappling match in December? I can pick anybody? Yeah, who's your ultimate matchup? Is this for the fans or for me? This is you. You're Eric in charge. Jackman. Oh, then BJ Penn. Wow. That's almost as crazy as Annex pick. No, I'm kidding. Um, for B- me, it's BJ Penn, no huh? grease, right? Leave the Vaseline at home, and let me see GSP versus BJ Penn. It's not a bad one. I don't know if BJ's in that spot right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I know, I know, we're talking fantasy. Yeah, that's my that's my fantasy pick. If I mean, obviously, then Habib is like the the fa- everybody's favorite choice, and I definitely would be game to see that. Um, Habib is my pick. Yeah, I think I think that's prevailing wisdom right i feel like everybody kind of wants that will he actually do it let's see um what are some other names give me i mean who's your pick what about what about Sarah? who's your pick gc yeah i mean i guess it's gonna be a big name guy like this right like it's it's not just gonna be like anybody i, I love the idea of a beat but is that gonna happen i don't know is that your top choice Yes. If, you, if it was going to be anybody, yeah, give me Habib versus GSP. By the way, uh, New York Rick, you just had a great one. Matt Sarah? John O'Malley? Yeah. Oh, Matt Sarah. The O'Malley one, I have less than zero interest in that. I'm, I'm trying to like tell a story, so I'm going back. Right? Yes, of like, course. 
so BJ Penn, Matt Serra, like these are the ones that like mean something and and are interesting to me. Habib as a, just a pure grappling match. I don't think there's much story to it. They you know they they had the the ill-fated kind of conversations, but there it didn't really ever seem like it was going to happen. GSP, Sarah, there's a story there. There's something interesting. GSP Sarah would be fantastic. Yeah. GSP, Sean O'Malley, nothing. Not even remotely. I mean, I'm interested from the... I mean, I'm interested in anything GSP does because he hasn't exactly. competed in anything since exactly. 2017. But like of all the names... <laughs> it's not at the top of my list. I'll say it that way. Even like GSP Usman would be fun. You know, they had their... That would be fun. Um, GSP Sarah would be fun too. One more time. I always felt like Sarah deserved another crack. Yeah, just give a, you know, close close the chapter there. Give give us a story. So that's cool. I'm happy that he's doing that. Um, let me ask you guys the question that I asked Chael. Which, which, which October, November fighter are you most looking forward to? Fury and Gano or Jones Miocic? Jones Miocic. No doubt, Jones Miocic. Wow. <laughs> really? The spectacle? Yeah. Oh, you, you alluded to the idea that the people's perceptions of that boxing match may not be reality yet, right? Like based on what's out there. So I, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see what the rules and, and the, that's the, that's the rules the of engagement are. Need, need to see the rules, need to see everything, all the stipulations that come along with it uh, before I would say over Jones, Miocic, MSG. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that, it, it, yeah, it's going to happen around the same time. Um, yeah, I and, and, and I think we all agree, just because of like the UFC muscle, right? Jones, Miocic is going to sell more and do okay. better business, MSG. If, all the, if it's if it's not an exhibition, it's still gonna. It's it's the the UFC is is so hot. They 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 are on fire, man. They are on John fire. Jones I too. get that. John Jones too. I, and John Jones is a is a proven pay per view draw, and and people kind of forget all that. But they are on fire. If you promote if you promote Fury and Ngannou properly, if they do their work. Oh, 100%. The ceiling on that one's pretty but, damn but high. But those three letters, man, are worth I get so it. much. I get it. Like, oh. e- even I saw the the numbers, like the business numbers for this weekend. It's like, they could do no wrong. And let's be honest, it wasn't the deepest international fight week card, and it was just so financially successful. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It's no, amazing like, to see. They're like crescendoing into a, you know, obviously 291, and then August should be huge into September and... And they'll have Abu Dhabi and Oh my God. Feels like now till the Sydney card, they're gonna have a ton of great cards. It starts this weekend. Holly Home Myra Bonus. Oh stop. At the eight. Uh I I I uh I wonder if this will end up being their their most financially successful year uh in their history. That's gonna be an interesting thing. I wanna ask you guys about the Jones Izzy thing. We'll do that after our final interview of the day. He didn't compete on Saturday, but he was uh a part of the the closing shot, if you will, what a scene it was, Alex Volkanovsky, as he's leaving the cage on Saturday after beating Yair Rodriguez quite convincingly, uh, he goes face-to-face with the man who we presume is next in line at 145. Will he, in fact, be his next opponent? Let's ask Ilya Taporia that question. Here he is, kind enough to join us. Ilya, my friend, how are you? Good to talk to you again. I appreciate the time. Wow, man. How are you? Good? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, We won't keep you too long, but I did want to talk to you 
about what happened on Saturday. Uh, but before we get to the end, let me ask you about the fight itself. You were obviously there. What did you think of Alex's performance against Yair? Nothing special. He did what he was supposed to do. He he did a good job in the fight. He he took him down, ground and pound. Yeah, he did what he what he was supposed to do. But uh, you say nothing special. You weren't impressed. You weren't blown away by the performance. No, I I, I wasn't impressed at all. I, I I saw what I was supposed to see. You know, beat him. Because I, I never liked Jair, his fight style. I don't know. Why not? I don't know. It's like you don't even have to take him down. The guy just go to the floor alone, you know? It's like, I don't know. I don't like his fight style. Okay. Uh, so were you... Some people were picking Jair to beat Alex. Uh, did you think that Alex would win going into the fight? Some, some, the, the, the same people who, who says that it's a tough fight for me, <laughs> Alex. The same people. Stupid people. <laughs> Not stupid, but people who didn't know too much about the MMA, you know? Okay. Uh, so after watching that fight uh, is and his performance, is your confidence even greater going into potential fight? It was always great. <laughs> My confidence always was... I had all, all, always... Too much confident in myself. I didn't have any doubt that I can beat him like pretty easy. You know, the people think that is the toughest fight. He says that I'm the easiest fight he's gonna have in his whole career. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see. He with that same energy, champ. Uh, he he was on my show on Wednesday, and I asked him about you. And he was just, he basically said like you know he he hopes that you don't fight anyone else because he doesn't want you to lose so that he can get to you first. Uh, and you reference other comments here. Uh, are you feeling disrespected by any of these comments? No, I didn't feel any disrespect from from that. He can say whatever he wants to say. I know what's going to happen when we're going to uh, face each other. He can say whatever he wants to say. It's like always. Every opponent, what, what they gonna say? No, he gonna beat me. No. And and you think that it will be an easy fight for you? For me, yes. For you, it's really? going to be easy fight. Really? Yeah, because yeah, and I always said that before before I even was ranked. I always said like, said like every time I'm gonna move up in the rankings, every fight is going to be like more easy for me. And why? Why? Because it's it's more easy to have a game plan against a a guy, a guys who are like more technical that fight with someone who is unpredictable. You know, it's difficult to have a game plan with someone like like, like them. And the guys who are not ranked, like they are not really technical. You you, you don't know what, what they're gonna do. You know. So you saw what happened with me uh, to me uh, when I faced Jai Herbert. You know, I, I wasn't stand up. He threw me a, a kick from nowhere. You know. <laughs> So it surprised me, but with guys like who are like more technical, guys who, who are doing like more regular like combinations, it's more easy to have a game plan against them. So he wins the fight, and then he's walking to the back, and you're in the stands. Did did you like 
motion to him or did he notice you first? How did that all go down? Because we're watching it at home and I'm seeing him walk back and I've, we've seen this every time. But then all of a sudden I see you jump over uh, and I think he called you over at that point. No, was... I, 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 was, I, I was in the first line. He was walking out. He saw me and he called me. Okay. From here, I, I jumped immediately and we did the face to face. And uh... and I just saw a small and a short guy. <laughs> What what did you say to him? He asked me like, "You ready?" And I answered him like, "I was born ready. I was born ready. I'm short, but he he's even shorter than me. He he got a problem there." Were you expecting something like that, or were you caught off guard? Him calling you over? No, I was expecting that. Okay, I was expecting that because he knows that I'm the next guy in the line. I earned that. Hmm. I earned that title. He knows that. He can't escape from that. Have they told you that? You are next. So I didn't have any official conversation with the UFC, but my management team, they they did. So, yeah, I'm the next guy in the line. Always I step inside the cage, I finish my fights, or, or I get that 10-7 round. So hmm. who else? Yeah, Mr. 10-7. It's a great it's a great moniker. You should run with that. Move to ten seven. so just curious, when you heard about his arm, he said uh he might need surgery on his arm, but then he was talking about the Islam fight, about going to Abu Dhabi. Are you worried that he's gonna go after that you know, there's gonna be the surgery and then you go after that fight and you're gonna have to, you know, wait or something? What do you, what is your read on all the stuff that was said afterwards? So basically, yeah, I, I think that he's looking for an easy way because he want he wants to go up to 155 because he knows that he already fought with Islam, right? They they both are in, in the same level. They went a decision. So he had like more to win and nothing to lose in 155. But standing at 145, he had he has like a lot a lot to lose because once he's gonna lose the, the fight with me he's gonna lose the belt so he don't gonna have the chance to, to go up to 155 again mm. so he want to do that now but if that's gonna happen i didn't have any problem i can wait one of the best skills i have is patience so i don't care okay um, what 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 do you think he does? Like, what is your gut saying? What do you think he does? Do you think he goes for you next, or do you think he goes for Islam? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do. Hopefully, he's gonna accept the challenge. If he says that I'm I'm the easiest fight, man, easy money. Come. Is there a part of you that is is there a part of you that hopes that this can happen in 2023? I cross my fingers. I hope so. And if if it happens in Spain, it will be amazing. I don't think he's gonna accept that challenge. I, I don't blame him for, for for that. I understand, but we can fight whenever he wants and whenever he wants. So. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Dana White was asked about Spain, and he said that, uh, did you see his comments? He said that it wasn't really on the radar, but now it's definitely on the radar. Did you see these comments? 
Yeah, they are working right now on, on, on Spain. Wow. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I don't know if they're gonna put me to fight for the title directly there, or I don't know what's gonna happen. Reality, I don't know. Okay, Madrid. I I I will be waiting in shape. And what have have to come for me, I will be ready. Mm -hmm. And and would it be Madrid? Is that what you're hearing? I hope so. I hope so. I can't wait for that moment. I was dreaming that for my whole life. Since I started in, in MMA, it was like, I want to bring the UFC to Spain. Yes. And, and by the yeah. way, I know you said uh, Bernabeu would be the dream, but as far as arenas, which, like Barcelona, Madrid, which, if it's in a closed arena, which would be the best place for it? So there's another one in, in, in Madrid. It calls, I didn't remember the name. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot, you know, in Spain, we we have that culture to, to do our big events. So without any doubt, they give, they give, they give, can find like big arenas. Okay. To do the UFC. It okay. should be, it should not, not be a problem. By the way, has has life changed a lot for you in the last couple of weeks since we spoke, since the the last win and all the attention that you're getting? Mm, not at all. You know, I feel as as a same person. My life is the same. The routine is the same. Everything is same. So maybe the perception of the people changed. Yeah. But for me, nothing changed. It's the same. Not more attention. More more opportunities. Yeah, it's more attention, more opportunity, more people talking about me. Yeah, I feel like a big change at the same time, but inside myself, like I feel the same person. Any new uh, photo shoots, GQ, anything like that planned? Any any new stuff planned? <laughs> so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go back to Spain at the end of of this month. So yeah. Without oh, yeah. any doubt, it's going to be a lot. We're going to have a lot, a, a lot of work there. And then, can you imagine if you get the title fight, the attention, and then you know, if all goes uh, according to how you say, like, then it's just, then you, then you're going to be bigger than Sergio Ramos. I don't know that, but <laughs> once I'm gonna, they they're gonna bring the UFC in Spain, and I will become the UFC world champion, man. That will be huge. Yes, that would be gigantic. That will be, yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm, and I'm gonna, I'm trying to improve my English level. I know, even uh, the people, it's it's a little bit difficult to understand me talking right now. No, not at all. But You're great. I wanna, say, I, I wanna say thank you to all the American community, you know, who shows me all the time the the love I was in in the International Fight Week. The fans, like it's. It's crazy. Like, I feel really grateful for, for all of them. You, did you get a lot of love this weekend in Vegas? Yeah, I get a lot of love. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. And by the way, after your last appearance, I don't know if you know this, but your girlfriend got a lot of love too. She be, she was like a star as well after what she said on the show. Did you see that? People quoting her <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. that. Both of you, yeah. power couple. 
my man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, can I ask you a question? I, I noticed this, and I didn't ask you about this last time. Uh, after you beat Josh Emmett, you uh, and we have some yeah. footage of this, I believe. Uh, you had a rose in your hand, and then you po- put the rose in the middle of the cage. What what did that yeah. signify? Why did you do that? So it's a matador thing, you know. Every time a matador walks in 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 the arena, the people is showing him the the, the gratitude and the respect, showing him a rose, and. After El Matador finish uh, the bull, he shows the respect to the bull, and he he, he shows a rose to the to the bull. So I wanna I wanna do that after I finish my opponent, or after I get that ten seven rounds, I wanna show my condolence and respect to him, to my opponent, and to his team, leaving a a rose in the middle of the cage. Wow. Well, how long have you been doing that? I started doing that in, in in the last fight I had, but I imagine all the time that movie, you know, in my in, in my mind, doing my my walkout and everyone like throwing the roses. Crazy. So now you're gonna. Who, it's gonna happen one day. Yeah, that would be it's happen, especially yeah. in Spain after after your walkout yeah. or. Uh, after you went, who uh, who was holding the rose? Like who had it and gave it to you after the fight? One of my coaches. Okay. One of my coaches. They had it and they they gave me after the fight the rose. Who gave you that nickname? It comes from from, from my coaches. They started to call me El Matador. I don't know how it started, but in the beginnings, I didn't like it. Because I was associated with the with El Matador, you know, and I don't really like the the things like they kill the, yeah. the animals and all that. But once they started calling me, hey El Matador, hey Matador, hey Matador, I was like, okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to a bullfight? I never, I never been there. Never been, but you've seen obviously, watched. you see it. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that, but never in life. Yeah, yeah. One time when I was like 11 or 12, my family took a trip to Spain and we went and it was like, uh, yeah. it was terrifying. As a little kid to see, I didn't really understand what was going on. Oh, let's go to a bullfight. I thought, you know, they have the thing. But then they put the thing in the, in the and there's the blood. It's it's very mean. Yeah. It's very cruel. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I respect everything, but it's like, I don't like to see that. Yeah. Which is interesting yeah. as a fighter. You you don't want the violence, right? You're just you're a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, well, I'm a I'm a professional athlete, you know. Sure. I don't like to kill any, any, anyone. It's like I I just I just want to go in, do my job, which is fight, and after the fight, my respect to all my opponents. I didn't have anything against them, so. Um. Just uh, three last things for you. I saw footage right after we spoke on that Monday. You, I think you came to the office. You went to the FRM office, and everyone was standing in a line showing you love. Yeah. And we just saw footage of uh, Pantoja going back to ATT, and everyone was showing him love. W- what is that like for you? After a big fight, you come back to like your home base, and you get that kind of love. What did, what did that feel like? So I was so surprised because they called me, go there, and when I opened the door... I saw like so much people like with the with the music I I I was using for my walkout. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I, it feels 
very good at the same time that the people is dedicate a time for you, you know? Yeah. And they're showing you love. Yeah. Incredible. I want to say thank you to, to all that people. Yeah, it's a great thing. Um, and just curious, if if Volkanovski fights, if he fights Islam and the UFC says, hey, we want to keep you active, we want you to fight someone else, what would you do in that situation? Max Holloway. Okay. That's the only two names I have right now in my mind. Volkanovski, whenever they want, and I don't care about the, the place, and with Max Holloway in Spain. Hmm. Yeah, I would love that fight too with Max Holloway. And whenever you fight Volkanovski, and and we we suspect it's inevitable. Officially, prediction on the record, the clip that we can play leading up to the fight. What is your official prediction? How do you beat him? So my official prediction. I was thinking of a lot about that. I was like doing my imaginations in my mind, so I see like knock him out in the first two rounds. Yeah, I see myself knock him out. Maybe in the, in the first round. Wow. Because he's he that, that type of fighter who goes forward, you know? And you can go forward with me. You can do that, and especially if you if you have that boxing style, you know. Yeah. The striker. I'm gonna finish in the first round. You know, no one does that to Volkanovski. You know that, right? If no one did that, I will be the first and and do that. So. I'd love to see it. You will be watching that. And you're going to see that. And you're going to tell me after the fight, like you told. Me. All right. Yes, of course. That's why I wanted to ask you. Uh, well, I hope you get the opportunity, my friend. Um, great stuff on Saturday. Great to put yourself in that yeah. position. I, I, I love that because now you, you made people talk about it all. So well done. And uh, thank you for jumping on after your trip home from Vegas. I appreciate it very much. Grande, Ariel. Muchas gracias por invitarme. Un crack. Yeah, there he is, wow. Ilya Tapuria, El Matador. I love that. Uh, I love the way uh, Spanish people say my name, Ariel. You know, there's there's a, there's a little there's a little zing to it. You know what I'm saying? A little zest. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, sorry. This is the best part of the podcast. Yeah, I know. By the way, you could jump on when I'm talking. When I'm, you know, feel free to use this as your playground. What a guy that Ilya Tapuria with the with the roses as well. Very matador. Have you ever been to a bullfight? No, I I don't like it. But I thought the rose was cool. I went as a kid. It was very traumatic. That was the word I was thinking of. Traumatic. It was very traumatic. I mean, you're a little kid. You're like, oh, let's go check out the bulls. And then all of a sudden you're seeing them get speared in the back, paralyzing them. Why? Why do they do that? He's got a a heavy burden to bear now. uh, After his last fight, I 
purchased a piece piece of his merchandise. Oh, but it's uh, dead. Yeah, for Volk. We'll we'll see what happens. I guess I'll have to wear both of them. But there are roses all over the merch. There are uh, roses. Yeah, like entangled in like the writing and everything. But the, the merch. You all wore the, merch. the engaged Volk yeah. T-shirt. Yeah, he's just he's just that good. He's immune to it. By the way, I'm told Volk is watching right now. So, how did you like the shirt? Did it fit well? Oh, it fit great. I'm wearing another one right now. The earn not given. We ah, uh, Volk. I'm trying to entice him to come on right this second. We got the rings on the back. I we're mean, wearing your merch. Provoke, we're wearing your merch, for God's sakes. Well, I mean, I think I've been engaged out Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I mean, it's just been, it's been Volk every day of the week. We're wearing your merch, for goodness sakes. What's up, Alex? Alex, <laughs> we love you. Um, I mean, I was actually, I had a birthday, I had a birthday uh, dinner, and I was wearing, I was wearing the, uh, the engaged merch, too. Do you see wow. that? Wow. Earn not given. No, that's what I'm wearing right now. Yeah, I've actually got a birthday dinner this weekend. I'll probably wear some some Volk merch to that as well. July 17? 16, yeah. 16, close. my dad. My dad's 17. <laughs> um, I always remember that. And there's Maybe another... it's free Wednesday. Maybe it's free Wednesday. Volk? Yeah. Tried. You know, a lot of people said they were disappointed. Oh, you know, it's like the standard. Um, it's like, oh, God, how dare you not get the main eventer? I mean, but wow, you're really slipping, you know, Chelsea. Oh, how dare you? What do we do about these people? Yeah, so that you ignore them is what you do. Uh, you can't. You see it, and it's like a shot to the heart, and you're too late. You give love a bad name. It would be nice to have him on. I mean, just one. It's almost been a tradition. Last time we had him after the Super Bowl on a Sunday. Remember that? Boy, do I remember that. Clock ticking down. I oh, yeah, phone, you and I. Phone, off, phone <laughs> on silent. Uh, five missed calls from, from the great area. Oh, yeah, that's right. You decided to put me on silent. Even though you had no dog in the race. You're not an Eagles or a Chiefs fan. A lot of bets. A lot of bets. And, uh, and then everyone was like, wow, this is like the first time after a Vogue fight that you don't get him on. First time. I was like, listen, like... I think I've spoiled you all. It's it's not that easy, all right? Like the guy needs a break. He needs some uh he needs some time off. He needs a respite after a fight like that. So I'm sorry I can't uh I can't deliver this time for all of you. What's that? We have him? Is he there? There he is. Ah, <laughs> the big man. I knew you wouldn't let us down. Hello, Alex. <laughs> How are you? What's going on? How are you? You were just playing hard to get, weren't you? Oh, mate, we were. We got. We got in in time, and then we made it for a bit of uh, Dan Hooker's uh, um, interview. Watch a bit of that, and then uh, we didn't know uh, old mate was going on there. But man, <laughs> what is that man on about? <laughs> Can Did you believe that guy? <laughs> Did you watch it? Can I say one thing though? Please, please. Can I say one thing? Yes. And I'm talking to if he's watching. Please don't fight Max. Just don't fight Max. All right, let's just not let that happen. Okay. Let me be let me be the guy to beat you up. What do you make of the confidence? First round, he said. First round knockout. Yeah, you've got to be confident. Like, yeah, there's, there's confidence and then there's the delusion delusional. Again, I don't mind the bloke, but I mean like uh yeah, just I mean, even with things that he says, like I mean, like it's like what he's saying isn't really backing up. You know, like, like it just doesn't make sense. He's like confidence. He's like, ah, oh, I beat him first round because you do this. But like, 
Like you do watch me fight. It's just I don't know what he's talking about. But anyway, do do you do you believe that he believes what he's saying, or do you think he's just trying to get a fight? I don't know. Well, I definitely. I hope he believes that. Like I'm sure he's confident. Um, I'm sure he believes he can beat me. Whether he just doesn't know how, I don't know. Just yeah, he's just not really good at explaining it properly. Okay. Or not explaining in a way where I think that is ever possible anyway. <laughs> Why did you call him over as you were walking out? I mean, look, it's just, uh, and this stuff excites me as well, Errol. You know that. Like, I want to be active. I want guys. Now, I don't want to sit there and, uh, you know, say if I can't do the lightweight thing, you know what I mean? Like, I need, I want to fight as soon as I can. Even when I get this little, this cleaned up a little bit, I want to be straight back in there. I want to have somebody. Um, they go fight and then they lose, you know what I mean? Again, like, uh, I don't have full confidence in him uh, winning the next one, you know what I mean? So, uh, I want to be the guy that put the beating on him. Fair enough. Because again, he likes to talk, which is exciting. So, good on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Uh, so, can I ask you about the arm? When did you enter the arm? Uh, it's just see, it's been uh, it's been playing up for a little bit, but it's uh, it just gave me a lot of grief this this camp. Um, it's been an ongoing thing, but I mean, been managed to get around it. But now I just you know, needed the quarter zone shots. I needed to be on it. You know, like anti-inflammatories, like strong dosage of uh, anti-inflammatories the whole time. And um, obviously, you know, I can't just go for every camp doing that. So it's just I can get through them. Uh, it's uh, it can get uncomfortable, it get annoying. Can't really like flex my arm or open it completely. Um, so yeah, it just gets in the way a little bit. So I just want to quickly fix that up, and then it, it's only quick. It's uh, when I said that uh, I think I scared people with thinking of some big, crazy surgery, but it, it, it's not like that. It, it won't be long. When will the surgery happen? As soon as I'm back home, I've already got uh, got that organizer. I'll be there. I'll be rehabbing. I'll be still doing my strength and conditioning. Whether I don't even know how it works. I don't know if I'll be in like a type of cask or whatever it is. Might have not be able to move it, but I'll be still training. You know me, Ariel. Uh, I'm pretty professional, and yeah, I'll uh, make sure I'm staying fit and strong, and I'll do everything that we need to, to get me back uh, ASAP. Does this rule out Sydney though? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. definitely uh, rules out Sydney. So that was never really going to be. I mean, my Emma's uh, my wife. Uh, she's due two yeah. days before that event. On the eight, I know, but you're crazy enough to take the fight. Yeah, look, put it this way: like, if uh, the if I didn't have to do the surgeries and that as well, like, I was even thinking, like, yeah, do we go? Do we do it? You know, she, the, the the doctor mentioned getting induced. I'm like, do we do it? You know, a little bit earlier, then we can maybe, you yeah. Know, and, uh, you know, like even she was thinking about it too. Like, uh, she she backs me all the way with this type of stuff as well. But I mean, there's just a, a few hurdles, too many hurdles. Okay, but you're saying. And just to clarify from Saturday, like this would not rule you out for Abu Dhabi. I don't think so. I'm I'm very, very I'm very hopeful. Okay. And, yeah, and definitely definitely don't rule me out for that. Now forty eight hours less than forty eight hours later, Dana White said at the press conference he's deferring to you, which is huge respect, by the way. He doesn't always say that, which I thought was really cool that he was, you know, that he was saying we're gonna see what he wants, which is very rare, as you know. Um mm. When they ask you that question, do you know what you're going to say yet? Well, I ask me which question. What do I want to do? Yeah. Do I know it right now? No, I think I just need to find out exactly what's going to happen. Um, I'm planning and, uh, you know, 
hoping this is just a, a little cleanup. Just got to get a, a few things out of there, um, and it's not going to be any more than that. And then they told me it's a quick recovery, and then I'm I'm going. Let's do it then. You know, uh, as soon as we we can. If if that lightweight uh, fight, lightweight title fight is uh, on the line, we make that happen. You know what I mean? So I just got to figure out exactly. But you know I me mean? again. I want to be in there. I want to find the the schedule for me. I would say just do it anyway. You know, I'm going to have my coaches and uh, physios and doctors, and that probably tell me different than managers. But um, uh, I reckon uh, I reckon we could definitely do it. So I'm looking forward to getting back home and getting it uh, underway, and, and can't wait to see. Uh, yeah how quick this uh, is going to be. But now that you've had uh, the fight and you've seen Ilya in person and you've heard what he has to say just moments ago, is it possible that the Ilya challenge has now risen above the Islam challenge? You're saying that wrong. Islam fight? I mean, the, the Ilya fight, not challenge. Okay, sorry, sorry. Fight, you know what I mean? Look, I, I, do like a, I do like a challenge to hype me up. I don't really need to look at it this way. I don't need to pretend this is some crazy challenge to get me motivated. I mean, the way he talks, uh, you know, that that that's motivation and that gets me excited. Uh, so so that's what that's what I love. And uh, again, he's undefeated. He's in a good position. He, he beat a, a top guy. So he, you know, um, yeah. Does he? You know what? You know, has he done as much many as what other people probably done? They didn't get the title. No, he's probably very lucky that. Um, yeah, the timing of everything for him because uh, he's in a position where he, he might get a title fight in the position he is. How, do I think he's done more than enough? No, I don't. But people want that fight. I want that fight. Everyone's hyped up for it. I'm hyped up, to, hyped up for it, so it's good. So, uh, But again, obviously, that lightweight fighter really is something that I want. Um, and again, I know that's a, still a challenge. You know, Islam, I'm going to give him that respect. It is going to always be a challenge, that fight. Uh, which is uh, only going to level me up again. So that's all good. So I'm ready for ready for that challenge. Uh, we just need, again, it's just a typing. Sure, uh, sure. The, uh, the timing, sorry. Is it fair to say Ilya is a fight and Islam is a challenge? That's there. Yeah, that's oh. how I look at it. All right, fair enough. Uh, and and... Uh, Ilya is a fun fight. <laughs> the challenge is with uh, Islam. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, regarding the fight on Saturday, could I just ask, uh, did anything surprise you about the fight? With Yair. Yair? Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't that. No surprise. He's. We knew he was going to be fast. Like, even though I still seen the, the, the kicks coming. See, I don't know if you noticed. Like, um, that's why I need to get this uh, sort of fixed as well. But, like, even uh, the last week at camp, because uh, you probably noticed me wearing uh, long sleeves and that. Obviously, I had all strapping and, you know, I had to. There were certain things that I was doing. So, I was even, wasn't even blocking properly with it. Uh-huh. So I even t- still, I was trying to fix that problem the last week, but uh, still in the heat of the moment, I'll still, you know, try not to, because that would, uh, that contact would really hurt the the elbow and that. Uh, so I'd uh, make sure I'd defend a different way. You know what I mean? Like I'd try not to make sure that didn't get re-injured and uh, I was still doing that. So that's why it's something that uh, I need to do. But I was, so I wasn't blocking exactly how I wanted to with them kicks, but I would always see them coming. Okay. So, like, uh, even though it was still very fast, I was always going with it and just rolling with it. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't able to probably defend it as as good as I could. But that's because of uh, just habits in that camp. Because uh, obviously, my arm was giving me a bit of grief. In the end, though, would you say not the most dangerous opponent? It, it never felt like you were in danger. 
No, he fight? still he still was. Okay. Like I told you guys, I said this in the in the lead up to a lot of people. I go, this is a very very dangerous fight, very unpredictable. I go, but don't don't be surprised. And if I make it look easy, that doesn't take away how dangerous he still is. It still is one of the most dangerous fights. You know, I had to be on my toes. I, that's why I needed that a good game plan. I needed to be on to really take away a lot of his uh, main and uh, crazy tools and then have bring in the right opponents to still give me them looks. So even if he does catch me by surprise, I'm going with the shots. Uh, you know what I mean? Put myself in better position. He was still able to uh, catch a couple, which is uh, expected with someone like uh, Yayi. Um, I would have been very, very surprised if, I, if he didn't land anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would have been a, uh, quite the perfect performance. But, I mean, it went well. And just, I said this on Saturday, and this is not to disrespect him, but this is how it came across. It felt like in the third round, you were like, all right, I'm done, for lack of a better term, playing with my food. I'm going to end this. And when you decided to end it, you ended it. Like, it just felt like you were just after the headbutt, like you had enough. All right, let's go home. Is that kind of how it went down? Ah, oh, man, like it's. Because yeah, uh, that, that third round, it was a bit more more said. Like, uh, even though, yeah, he's definitely slowed down a little bit. He's still throwing a little bit, which was doing okay. But um, I I knew I could see everything. So, like, uh, I think he might have maybe landed a couple of things. Nothing landed hard. Like I said, I was going with everything. So, I sort of knew that that danger factor wasn't there. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, find the shot and I'll catch him. Uh, so, I wanted to catch him and then try and look for the right shot, which I ended up doing. But, um. But yeah, you're probably right. There was a time where I was like, "On, oh, all right, now I'm going to go for it." So and then I might like look for it that little bit, little bit harder. But I mean, that was probably not because oh, I'm done playing with my food. I just thought the maybe the timing is like, "All right, let's uh, let's just let's just make it happen now." And then obviously once I rocked him and yeah, just uh, went in, went in for the kill there. Kind of crazy that the most damage that you're wearing on your face right now is something that happened to you before the fight. I got this one as well. That one. Oh, you, I see. Okay, I didn't bottom. see that. Yeah, you got that one uh, from the bottom. Oh, I missed that. All right. That took away uh, a lot. Like everything, everything he did from the on the feet and even on the ground. Um, like we knew exactly what he what, what he wants to do, what he does really well. Um, so we expected that. So I didn't really give him room to do actual. Uh, how got to say shots that are gonna you know like rock me or anything. There was never, a shot, but I mean there was always a chance that he might still. They had to cut me with these other little, little, yeah. you know, but it was never going to be anything too damaging, uh, which which I was going to be okay with. But that's why I almost didn't even want to cover them stitches the whole time because I'm like, it's going to open up anyway. There's a good chance it's going to open up anyway. I can even me going for a takedown or, uh, you know what I mean, uh, that little bit of contact probably just going to rip it open anyway. Like, do I need to even put stitches there? Like, so, like, you know, I got talked into making sure we got the stitches and, that made that's why I had to do the whole nearly look the whole week. That's right. It was a good look. It was a good look. You wore it well. A lot of people thought it was just the look I was going for. Yeah. Like a, I don't know. It was like some, they thought I was having some midlife crisis or something. Just, I don't know what it was. But Did you draw the belt on the, on the band aid? Who did that? No, nah, nah, they, they actually have them. them what? Uh, they had them <laughs> at the PI. And I was like, oh, yeah, there you go. Makes sense. You know, a lot of people might think, oh, you might just be going with the, you know. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was all right. And by the way, uh, are you now going to get like an Australian belt, um, like a custom belt? No, they just gave me a custom Band-Aid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and- I do actually have one. I did, I did get one. Actually, I did get one for uh, – which I, need, I needed one, like more of a 
one to carry around, more of like a little bit more of a, a replica one that, you know, I don't want to have to travel with my, sure. my belt everywhere. So it's good to have that one. So they gave me like a UFC 290 oh, uh, no. belt. So that that's one that I can carry around. In the end, and I won't keep you much longer, thank you for doing this. It uh, looks like you're in like some ski lodge or something there. It's uh, it's very cozy, by the way. Are you like in the it mountains or something? What's going on? Here. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, well, just a little, little, little getaway, mate. Well-deserved getaway. I love it. Uh, being the main man for International Fight Week and everything that comes with that and all the attention and the hoopla and all the celebrities that are in attendance, former president in attendance, all this stuff, what was the experience like? What Did it exceed your expectations? Oh, man. I don't know, man. Like, I just go through the motions. So with everything I do, it's... it's I, I, that's why I sometimes say this that uh, I need to pro- properly learn to soak in, soak it all in, appreciate it. Because I, I get like a, I guess you could say a tunnel vision. I just play what's in front of me. I've got a job to do. I'm walking out. You know, I see someone. I end like you know what I mean. There's like it's weird. It's like um, I'm always trying to keep myself composed and keep myself level, and I'm really good at doing that. Whether then I keep like whether there's a bit of pressure in making me do that, like I'm just like. It's it's hard to explain. It's not a pressure, but there's uh, something like, you know. I put it's like I put a shield around me. I can't let anything uh, you know break that shield. But I mean, it's still still there sometimes. But then that's why after it, you like uh, even you see me so composed, and you know it's just another fight. But I mean, you still see me get a you know I wouldn't say like, almost a little emotional in there because I'd be um, like that shield. I can let that shield go and then just really you know yeah let the emotions fly and and really soak it all up. But um, but then when I do finally let that shield go, I'm just more focused on the on the win and you know bringing that belt back to the family. I'm not really soaking up everything else. Now I mean, like we had, obviously had the after party, had you know Jamal Murray, Murray with us, and you know Shaquille O'Neal was DJing there, and uh, so we kept caught up with a heap of guys. Easy come back there, like so it was a heap of people around. So yeah, I get to soak up that and be like, how good's this? Uh, but other than that, uh, I'm usually just blocking everything else because uh, you know I've got a job to do and I've got this. Again, a, a sort of tunnel vision. Do you, do you need to do a better job of enjoying it, or is that part of your brilliance that you don't smell the roses? I, I think that's 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 what it is. So it's a uh, it's something that I I reckon I could still. I, I've got the. I feel like I can do that. I think I can juggle being able to do that and still be that composed guy. I am because even now when I go to fights i try and uh, you know i try and get a little more uh fired up and a little more emotional and a bit more adrenaline where well, i used to block all that out where now i'll like try and like you know get the crowd going like yeah come on like i'll try and get the blood pumping you know what i mean you i used to try and block that but i, I know i fight better with that adrenaline because i know i'm going to be composed anyway so i can i you know i can transit you know what i mean transition into different things so i think i might need to learn to really do that stop having this shield you know what i mean but but yeah again uh, i still think it helps you know me be who i am and it keeps me grounded and you know i go back home and i'm just uh, like i said i'm the same guy i was 10 years ago and you know i think that's why it's the same guy that still turns up to the gym you know even though mm. i'm in the position i am you know you'd think that i'm you know i'm so passionate still you know what i mean i still love this game i still love what i do and still so disciplined that you know i think it's because of that so you know, do I want to try and, uh, you know, change it much? I don't know. By the way, was this the first fight that your wife missed since the pandemic? Yep. When she couldn't, yeah, like, so, Abu yeah, Dhabi, so, right? Yeah, she's only 
since I've been there, like a champion on most of my fights, yeah, it's probably the, yeah, she obviously missed um, through the pandemic one or two. And uh, yeah, this one, she had to, yeah, she obviously pregnant. So, yeah. yeah. Look at you. You were very busy. I see you there rubbing elbows with Jamal at the party. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Jamal even walking in with you. I was like, man, this is unbelievable. The NBA champ is like fanboying next to you, taking pictures at the press conference. It's unbelievable. Yeah, man. Nah, like, uh, it's good. We've got a good relationship, man. He's a, he's a loyal dude as well. as like, like myself. So since we like connected, like uh, it's just there. Yeah, like uh, I think he's just, he reminds me a lot of myself as well. Wow. Even the way he is, like, he's very disciplined and like, you know, that's, you know, his work ethic and he's all about that, right? So it's the same as me. And then he's a, he's a, he's a loyal dude, man. He's a, he, again, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like we're the same in many ways. I feel like that's the best I'm way. Sure. <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to describe the whole lot of you guys, loyalty. And shout out to Big Ash over there, who I annoyed very much over the last 36 hours. Ash, I still love you, all right? Sorry for the annoyance. I'll leave you alone now. <laughs> Much love, my friend. With those big guns. Jesus no, Christ, no, no, he's no. taking up the whole screen with those guns. I mean, geez. Look at those arms <laughs> flexing on us. You see there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. You got the big behind the big boy in the shop. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Alex, thanks for doing this, my friend. Last quick thing. 2023, Alex Volkanovsky, does he fight again this year? Yes. Unbelievable. 100%. Mr. Reliable. That's guaranteed. That's guaranteed. That's guaranteed. All right. Uh, much appreciated, my friend. Congratulations on the win. Very impressive. Once again, it's an honor to watch and cover your fights. Enjoy the victory, and I hope that the uh, the surgery is quick and painless. It'll be quick and painless. Don't worry. It will be. Thank you, Alex. All the best. Thanks for jumping on here. I appreciate it very much. No worries, mate. Thank you. All right. There he is, the great Alex Volkanovsky. Uh, nice, nice to get the champ on, guys. You know, nice to get him on, you know. Can't please everyone, but nice to get the champ. Nice little surprise there. I think it was a birthday surprise. What do you guys think? Yeah, but for you or for Connor? No, I think that was for Eric. No, I think that was for Connor. Next one up. Next man up. What a guy that Alex Volkanovsky. What a pro, right? What a pro. I don't know. What do you guys think? What's the prediction? Not what we want to happen, but in the end, do you think he fights Islam in in October? I do. Wow. Kind of wonder why. I saw the clip from Charles, but I didn't really get a reason. What was the reason? He said he wasn't ready. Yeah. It's four months later. Maybe he's banged up. Yeah. DDP going to say the same thing, and all of a sudden we're not going to get the fight. I don't think so. Yeah, I think DDP is going to fight. Imagine DDP walks out with DDP number here's, one. But here's the great thing about what DDP did. That performance. He doesn't need that date anymore. You know no, what I mean? No, like is him versus Izzy is set in stone now. Um and what Izzy did as well kind of solidified that. So now it's not I don't feel like there's as much pressure for the turnaround. You know what I mean? Like he's good. He's good now. I will say this though. If he's not ready to go for whatever reason, only because it's a quick turnaround and it's somewhat unprecedented to come back this soon. They're going to go with Strickland versus Izzy. Uh, he'll he'll be next, but they can't keep Izzy on the sidelines because who else is going to headline that card? Yeah, I would just feel like such a letdown. It's happened after, before. After, I know, but after all the build and everything, all the all the heat we got, I know. I feel like a New York, Rick, you know, who has this happened with? Where there was like an obvious fight, and then like one of the particulars wasn't ready, and they had to give us another one, and we were worried. 
that it would get ruined, but it didn't get ruined. There's there's one on the in recent memory. I mean, it's happened a few times. Um, my memory when it comes to these things, like the Corey Rich Franklin knockout. That was that was a good call. I saw that the way he fell, and I was like, ah, I've seen this fall before. It's 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 happened different times. Yeah. Knock on wood that we don't that it doesn't happen. Are we interested in that fight at all? I could not be less interested in that fight. In in Strickland, yeah. Adesanya? At the current my interest juncture, is, no. Is zero. My, my my interest is all in Izzy and DDP fighting. Not even not hundred percent. But I just think they need that, like there's, you know, unless you're, unless you're going to try to do like Jamal Hill versus Yuri Prochaska, which I don't think is the case, and makes like you have to put Izzy on that card at this point. You know what I mean? And who else is there? There's there's literally no. No, one. I think you do have to put Izzy on the card. I'm just like, uh, and it's not um, it's not criticism. It's just I don't care about that fight. There's there's nothing intriguing to me about that fight. Yeah, it's, ju- it's just a placeholder. It's just a placeholder. By the way, people said the same about DDP Whitaker. What do you mean? People say there's no chance. No chance he's gonna win. No, but everything was on the line there. That one mattered. Everything's on the line. Strickland, everything's on the line. The belt's on the line. Yeah, I mean, then we're in a really ugly situation if Strickland wins. The oh, that would ruin everything. In, in no, Australia. do it. Do it. Yeah, well, I mean, DDP has said he doesn't want Izzy. He wants the belt. So DDP would yes. just say, let me get Oh, uh, yeah. 100%. And then we'd, yeah, no we'd lose that. Um, I think we're okay. I think we'll be safe. I think so too. I think uh, 293 September, we're getting DDP. Is oh my God. What a stretch, huh? Yeah. What a stretch. That's what I'm saying. Like from, from this past weekend all the way through that weekend is going to be bangers for the UFC. Poor Vancouver. I know the card ended up well, but just from like a star standpoint, sometimes got, the timing of that just, yeah. it sucks, but it happens, you know? I mean, we got what? We got, we got Nashville. Singapore, Paris, 292, 293, yeah. 291. Also, London. We still have the London card. I know it's not the best card, but, I mean, it's still always cool when they go to London. And mm-hmm. Tommy Aspinall's back, which is which is big for us. On the Vancouver thing. There we go. I like that. On the Vancouver thing. I don't think anybody in that arena didn't have a good time, so do we really care no, how it performed no. on pay-per-view? You know what I mean? Like, they probably had an well, awesome... That, again, that speaks to just how on fire the UFC. It's, it's as I've said before, it's UFC and WWE, the only places that come to town, the only sports entertainment entities that come to town, and they are selling out at this point. It doesn't matter who's on the card, what's on the card, doesn't matter when it is. It could be at 1 p.m., it could be at 7 p.m., it could be in the middle of the night... They're selling it out at this point, and uh, it's kind like it's it's amazing. Again, because uh, I, I was listening to it on the way here, I was listening to Simmons talk about his experience with his son, who's fifteen, and he's talking about how like his son now wants to go to Utah a- after going to a UFC event for the first time, and how much he loved it, and how they went from the first fight, and they were like, "Holy crap, are all the events like this?" And it's just wild to have been like New York, Rick. You and I have been doing this for so long. To where it felt like we were in this bubble to now where people are just like talking about Volkanovsky and talking about um, Pantoja and talking about Bo Nickel. Like they're just household names and they're just now part of the mainstream sports uh, like ecosystem. I think a major, major reason for that is ESPN. When you're a part of the ESPN orbit, everything changes because of their muscle and their machine and the way they're 
able to insert you into the conversation. It's very rare for a sports entity to fail if they're not in business with ESPN. Give the NHL a little bit of time now, once again, to get rolling, but it, it will start to happen a little more. Obviously, there's levels. The NFL is always going to be king, and then there's the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. But to see the UFC and MMA start to get this type of attention and be talked about like this is a little bit surreal. I have to I have to say it's like it's never been more mainstream than it is right now. Yeah, and I and I think not only ESPN but ESPN during the pandemic. The pandemic when other sports were starting to be off for a bit and UFC was still going. Oh, it was huge. It was huge for them to be able to see like f- sports fans who were not fans of UFC and and MMA and hadn't been familiar had nothing else and they got acquainted and uh, quite a bit of them stick stuck around so uh massive time you remember there was a time where like have we talked about this on this show i don't know like when i was like a block of sports center because there was nothing going on and it was like ferguson habib update let's go to that like in no what universe but all that led to this to a degree that the rise of sports gambling um people love that i mean it's just so easy and the characters as well. And, you know, I think it's it's a very YouTube, TikTok-friendly sport, right? Um, it's, it's, it's very snackable. It's, it's, it's easy to put clips. And then, the you know, pro, it's the same with pro wrestling, but it's all real. And it's the same elements that get us, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, makes pro wrestling fun for pro wrestling fans. But here you have the unpredictability factor. Uh, but it has all the elements. Like Izzy and DDP in the cage on Saturday. That was that was pro wrestling. Well, the, the it's visceral and it and it moves fast. And the storytelling is kind of easy, right? Like for the surface level, these two dudes or women want to fight. It's a very simple story. You don't need much more, and a casual fan can kind of get engaged. Then once they deliver the in cage product, it it takes it to the next level. I will say, I was listening to that same podcast uh, with Simmons. It's kind of a slippery slope. It's kind of dangerous because if that's your first one, they oh, all, yeah. they aren't all like that. If that if that best card in like five years is your yeah. first one, it might go downhill from there. Because um, that was like that was an all timer. Yeah, you yeah. go you fly in first class the first time you fly. I don't know about coach after then, that. Then they're gonna go to Salt Lake City and watch Derek Lewis fight at altitude. <laughs> <laughs> the main event. The main event should hopefully uh, keep it there. But yeah. Uh, Brand Moreno on uh, Instagram moments ago, when this is all over, I promise you it'll be the most watched Netflix movie. I'll be back soon, friends. Much love to you all. Uh, heart does break a little bit for Moreno, as happy as we are for Pantoja, just because great guy and has worked so hard to get here, just got the belt back. Um, but hey, it, it sounded honestly like uh, they're they're leaning towards, or at least Dana was interested in the rematch or not the rematch, the, the quadrilogy once again. Um, that is very interesting considering that he's now three and O against them, but I don't, I mean, there's, there's, there's no more popular fighter in that division right now than Brandon Moreno. That's not a crazy statement, right? Is there anyone more popular than Brandon Moreno? No, no. he's like a huge deal. He's one of the most popular guys in UFC. He's, he's super popular. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing a tweet here from Katzingano. Today was a very successful day at the California State Capitol. This is really exciting. The state Senate just voted 13 to 0 in favor of the fighter pension bill. It was emotional, productive, and such an honor to be there speaking on behalf of the fighters at the past, present, and future. This, once again, is something that uh, Andy Foster of the California State Athletic 
commission is doing that if you have X amount of fights in uh, the state of California, you will be eligible for this pension. So the state is doing this, not a promoter, which I think a promoter should do this. If you're, you know, if you're in the promotion for X fights, you're eligible to get X pension. Uh, that would be incredible. Uh, imagine what that could do to the fighters and the drop in the bucket that it would be for the promotion. Anyway, California is starting to do this. They do this for boxing and they're going to start doing it for MMA and not everyone even takes advantage of it in boxing. Hopefully MMA fighters uh, will do the same. So that is very exciting stuff. I was going to ask you guys about the Izzy and John Jones thing. What do you, uh, did you like it or did you hate it? GC, Mr. Uh, Social Media, you're, you got your finger on the pulse. Like it or hate it? Yeah, I mean, I liked it. Oh, I, I didn't feel strongly either way about it. I thought it was kind of cool to see them interacting like that. I was in my feels. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't in my feels. No, I mean, it was... <laughs> it, was it was nice. Uh, it was yeah, nice. It was, cool. it was cool to see. It was cool to see. How does like, this it, happen? How does this keep happening cool, to Izzy? Uh, the, the, like, how he did the camera turn, and then it was John Jones. This motherfucker Jones. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then they did, like, the, the fake little scrapping, uh, like, feeling each other out. Yeah, I thought it was cool to see. I saw some people not like it. In fact, I saw Bisping himself say that he didn't really love it, which I Chale thought was... just said he didn't like it, right? What do we not like about it? We don't I don't want to see him buddy buddy. I mean, they're never going to fight mean, now. It's a 185 or in a heavyweight. Yeah. I think there's a fight to be made still. I think that's what people are are holding on to. They're meeting it. They're meeting at 205. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. We had the three year transformation from John Jones just from to be like, all right. Cut by the way, I, don't, I think. Uh, I, by the way, I think it. I, I have no interest in that fight. Uh, I don't think it would be competitive. But wait for who? J- John Jones. Come on, he's just too big. John John Jones would. Oh, but what if they meet at two hundred five? Still, that doesn't like Israel is not a two hundred five er, yeah. regardless if they meet at two hundred five. And John Jones is not a two hundred five er at this point. Um, if I don't even know if he could make two hundred five anymore. Not competitive, in my opinion. Not something I'm interested in seeing. But it's more about the gameness of Izzy. I think he would take the fight regardless. And he's done it in kickboxing. He's fought bigger guys. It's not. I, I think it's more about his gameness. Maybe as the like the last fight of his career, of his UFC career, he could take a shot at it. Or, I wouldn't mind. Um, but I'm not. I'm not clamoring for that fight. Two different weight classes. But I, I think some nice. people. I, oh, I love the moment. I love the moment. I thought it was nice, especially because they aren't going to fight. If if they are in each other's path, orbit, whatever, then it's like, eh, you know. But uh, in this regard, remember, it was very nasty between the two of them not that long ago. Remember Internet Izzy? Like, that was like a real thing. And he was bringing up stuff that no one had ever brought up pertaining to Jones. Not even DC, to be honest. Um, So I thought it was nice. Now, how would we feel? How would the MMA community feel if if Jones and DC did that? I wonder if they would. I, I don't know if DC could ever bring himself to doing that. I think they'll do it one day. Yeah, you think, I think so? so too. It feels like uh, feels like DC. Maybe this is just me watching from afar. Like it feels like you know, feels like he gives him a little more more respect. He, he does. Then he named him the number one most dominant fighter uh, this weekend. Yeah, like some press junket. DC's never been shy about giving John his his roses. Like as a fighter, um, he's always talked about just what a bad human he is. He's he's never really shied away from praising John Jones as, as an athlete. I think it's just going to take one of the two to make the first move. Neither neither wants to at this moment, and but I think the the moment one of them kind of says, "Hey, let's let's truly bury the hatchet," and not John Jones being like, "Yeah, you can ref my fight," or like whatever that I forget what he was talking about. Um, I I think it, I think they could meet. I think they could they could find common ground. I do uh, wonder if 
if there's one rivalry that would never do that. Habib and Connor yeah, will never. I was going to say, when are Habib yes. and Connor going to bury the hatchet? That's never. one, yes. We're going to get a uh, Kobe Shaq-esque sit-down from no, them? No, I don't think we're ever getting that. Never. Never, right? Is that the only one? In MMA, probably, yeah. Floyd yeah. Mayweather and John Gotti, the... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, in MMA, yeah, probably. I, I, I just could not. Could you pick? Like, you can't. I can't even picture them in the same state, in the same room, let alone like sitting down to break bread. You know what I mean? Like, who Connor Khabib? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That one is. It's I mean, nuclear. They that is even still to this day. Yeah, it's kind of like simmering now because they haven't been, you know, in each other's way. But yeah, you're you're 100 right on that one. Um, let us recap the weekend that was. As far as the picks and whatnot are concerned, but first, all right. So we had a lot on the line this past weekend. We had the International Fight Week draft, and we also, of course, had the picks as per usual. In the end, it came down, I do believe, to the co-main event, right? It came down to Moreno and Pantoja, and in the end, it was GC who got it done. There it is. You said a lot was on the line. What, uh, What exactly was it that was on the line? When did I say a lot was on the line? Just five Just, seconds. Yeah, ago. like three seconds. Ago. I said in the end, well, a lot was online. Like there was like the international fight week draft. There was your picks, bragging rights. You know, bragging rights. Mm. Yeah. I, I think we need to do something next year. Something, something for the winner and the loser has to do. Something. By the way, it's very fair. Uh, concerning the fact that we just remembered that it was a thing like mid show. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. You know? We'll we'll be better prepared next time. Uh, the results, if we if we could, please just take a quick glimpse at them. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I come in with fifteen. All my guys won. Tatsuro Tyra, Simon, Peter Petrino, and Pantoja. Ariel in second. Nickel gets the first round finish, but Moreno and Crew lose, and then Lawler gets you the first round finish. Rick third with six. Rebovich win. Whitaker loss. Volk win by finish. Nico Price. Finished in the first round, though, so he loses a point. And then Frank, two points. Yasmin finished in the first round. Jalen Turner lost. Yair Rodriguez lost. Dan Hooker win, but over the aforementioned yeah, Jalen Turner. That was so that, tough. Yeah, every that train ends needs a caboose. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I'm not going to lie, it was a rough performance. Uh, I called you on it on social, and someone came to your defense. I, I do have to say, I'm actually still not convinced it's it, whether it was you or not. Wow. Burner? Uh, I think it's the burner at digital uh, Blakeage, Blakeage, Shane Williamson. He says to be to be fair to Frank, while picks were going on, Ariel was demanding music changes. Wow! You guys were bullying him to make picks faster and mocking him for not realizing picks were taken because he was having to do other things, so he was distracted. I mean, they're not wrong. Who wrote that? That was Frank. Frank wrote that. I don't even think I could speak that eloquently. Shane Williamson? How did you come up with that as a burner name? (laughs) Well, my heart goes to them. In any event, it was a good effort. It was a job well done. Um, Yeah, GC killed it. By the way, last last year was a tie, right? All three of us tied. Yeah, so I've never lost. Never lost. And we didn't do it the year before because we we weren't a thing just yet. We were all, I mean, <laughs> Frank was in his father's nutsack, basically, right? <laughs> all, Still might be, to be honest. Wow. <laughs> for all intents and purposes, it's a line. Hanzo Gracie. Um, all right, what about the rest? of? So that was good. What about the rest? That was good. Uh, where Frank lacked, he made up for it in the parlay of houses. The only one to get it wow. correct. Well, Jeez. I lost. 
I mean, well, really I mean, a- not fair to me. <laughs> well, yeah, you. He you didn't, didn't say you lost. Yeah, okay, you were, Frank was the only one who got it you correct. Were Switzerland in this situation. Uh, you made a great point on Wednesday, Ariel, and I, I really think we need to stick by this much more. I think we need to make it a hard and fast rule. Uh, picking against guests on the show just never works out for us. It just never works out. Can we I mean, make that into a rule? That's a rule. Right. I think that's a rule wow. that has to happen. I don't know about this. If okay. you come on the show on it's, the it's Wednesday... It's failed us many times. Well, what is the line, though? The Wednesday... If you are on the show we are ma- the day we are making the okay. picks, we cannot pick again. All I, right. I'll take it. I want to say that's this is the third time it's it's backfired. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Of, I mean, I'll accept. And I also brought this up, right? Yeah, you, you did. did. Yeah. You did in the moment. And I, yeah. I, it doesn't matter because I, I felt like, lost anyway. I felt like yeah. Hooker was a little frosty towards us because of this on today's yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was a little nervous back here, shaking in the boots. I was waiting for him to bring it up. I'm, I'm a little bit glad the, the connection was sabotaged so he didn't <laughs> call me out. Yeah. Uh, Hooker, a big for, parlay, boys. Yeah, for going against them. Boys, pals? Boys. 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 Oh, we're, okay. Yeah, speaking of which, oh, I saw your little tweet where you're like, we have always been and will always be the yeah, Parley yeah, Pals. Yeah, I'm a Pals guy. Well, then why'd you ask us? Oh, boys. Just wanted to, just wanted I think to this is our first disagreement as the Parley Boys. <laughs> this is the first one. This is the first one. <laughs> We've almost been at this for a year. Wow. Uh, down yeah, three sure. units. Could be worse. We're treading water. We're all right. Could be worse. So we're we're setting up. Treading water waiting for the big, uh, the big streak. That's I it. feel a streak coming. So I think Me next too. week, or for this week, I pick on my own. Yo, huh. You just want to do a single? <laughs> that would be just wanted to see. No, he could do his own parlay. Okay. All right. Four-leg parlay from Frank. Fantastic. The Frank Four. Uh, now, what like about Bacana? the rest of... Now, Frank, when we do that, you realize you can't parlay two fighters who are fighting each other, <laughs> oh, right? Is that the... Uh, who says I can't? Like, actually, the book won't even let you. Actually, you can't. So just remember. Uh, all right, rest of the picks. You know, still trying to keep it tight. Did pretty good. Uh, we hit the crew men field under two and a half. We get a redemption arc there. Denise Gomes, probably one of the most satisfying caches in a long time. Plus 375, gets the knockout in 20 seconds. Uh, that was the thing of beauty. Again, paying my dues for going against the man on the show. Jalen Turner bet does not hit. But uh, Pantoja, a nice bounce back to end the night. Go one and one in the parlays. Overall, up just a smidge. Just a smidge. Still struggling on the year, but it's nice to be uh, small in the green. Hopefully we can have a nice week here uh, for UFC Apex 77. Uh, you know, a couple spots. And I may have not done that great, but the big hitters, some impressive ones this week that we can go over. Oh, yeah. Here we are. The All right. Music. We start Benjamin. Uh, felt like that was pretty cool to get this name, Benjamin. I think his name is Ben, but he changed it to Bean. Uh, 10 pick parlay. Plus 162,350. Turns a dollar into over 1,600. Vitor Petrino, Menafield, Gomes, Tyra, Lawler, Nickel, Hooker, Duplessis, Pantoja, and Volk. Uh, hits them all. Unreal cash. 
Close 162,350. Uh, next up, another one. Over a hun- over plus 100,000. That's rare. Might be the only time we've ever gotten two in one week. He goes Pantoja, Volk, DDP, Hooker, Bo, Lawler, Tyra, Gomes, Menafield. Uh, turns a dollar into 1,100. That's Elmer. Shout out to Elmer. Here's another one, an interesting one from Dusty Butt Cheeks. Some of these <laughs> names are pretty ridiculous. Uh, names Q goes by at Dusty Butt Cheeks. Four picks, same game parlay, plus 27,000. Fight's going to go to a decision. Brandon Moreno, more significant strikes. Alejandro Pantoja, more takedowns. Alejandro Pantoja, more knockdowns. So an exacto within a, a certain fight, four different things had to happen. They all happened. He cashes. Congratulations to him. A couple more here. Alex Mastrangelo, five picks, throws $25 on this. 25 bones. He was pretty confident. Plus 17,000. He goes Volk, Pantoja, DDP, Hooker, Lawler. $25 turns into 4,295. Shout out to him. An exacta that I was too good to pass up. Bavis and Butthead. Uh, Bavis, he goes Cameron Simon, KO round one. Robbie Lawler, KO round one. Bo Nickel, KO round one. Parlayed them all together, plus 10724 He turns $10 into over a grand. And then last but not least, just a single. Vitor Petrino to win by submission in round three by Prop Sniper. Talk about sniping it because he did that. Plus 10000 He turns $33 into 3000 374. Shout out to him. Shout out to all the big hitters. I do have one more shout out I have to give. The MMA Hour Verdict League has come to a conclusion. Moynihan Francis wins, and he wins this beautiful belt. We're going to send this over to him. Look at that. Great time stuff from Moynihan Francis. Congratulations on your victory. Congratulations to all. Uh, tremendous stuff. And by the way, I want to mention it. I mean, it completely flew under the radar, but uh, PFL Europe had another good showing, a second. Unfortunately, we can't watch it just yet here in America, but you see the clips, some big time performances there. They're building something pretty cool over there. And I was talking to PT Carroll, who could watch it in Ireland, and he was telling me that it's a, it's a much better product than the actual PFL product. Um, and they're getting some big time prospects. They're kind of uh, taking the spot that Beltor had not that long ago over in Europe. So that is interesting. And perhaps the biggest story of the past week since we last spoke that we have not addressed, uh, what is the current feelings towards Threads? How are we feeling, guys? Threads uh, has uh, I, disrupted actually, the space. I'm unbelievably glad. Like I am so glad that you brought this up. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I signed up for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, took a look around. My, my first thoughts were sort of, uh, okay, this is just kind of a a knockoff version of Twitter. I mean, it's it's the exact same thing. It's, it's essentially identical. Uh, you know, I gave it a chance. I scrolled it a couple times. I think I'm officially out on it, though, because yesterday morning, as I was, you know, just recovering from, from UFC 290, I realized that not at any point, at not even one single point, did I even consider opening threads throughout the entire UFC mm. card. And it was only Twitter, only tweeted, 
Only but that's why you're out. I mean, because it's, of it's a, a habit. habit. It's a habit. I mean, you got to break the habit at some point. Did you're, I miss anything? Yeah, did you miss anything actually, on threads? But, what was yeah, going on on threads? We're not telling did, you. Did Wendy's tweet about how they, they really liked the uh, Pantoja fight? I mean, every time I go on, all it is is just different wow. brands. Wow. Or, uh, if you feel that strongly about the Team Blue. Or, or a bunch of people tweeting, or not tweeting. So much so that you're calling it tweets. I get it. There it is. Such right. a right. I mean, and, and they're just like threading, uh, you know. Wow, I love it here. This place is so great. How, how Everyone's first tweet has been a lot of fun. I think Kevin it's Durant It's not won. tweets. It's Sorry. not a tweet. Uh, yeah, what is it also? Are we, it's, is a it it's a thread. Is it 2011 Twitter, too, where I kept seeing wow. it? Hi, you guys are the older generation. Is this thing on? Hi, is this yeah. thing on? It's like, come on, that didn't work 10 years Rick ago. It's not going to work now. I, uh, I was hoping people would go back to like the... Uh, like. Mr. X is having a sandwich, just like mess. That's what yeah. the original Twitter uh, status was. status up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah stolen yeah, from yeah. Facebook. Um, okay, so we've got it. Connor is backing Elon Musk in the fight. I love yeah, it. Big, uh, big Elon. Elon. By the way, this couldn't have worked out any better. In the, I thought I had a banger one that this one, you know, this only uh, made three hundred even more. Uh, you know, the stakes even higher. That that was one of my first threads. Oh, you put that put it on threads. I I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, Follow us at MMA Fighting on Threads. You know, have you guys posted anything yet? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, wow. so my nice of you to follow. Yeah. I am following. I didn't see anything. I didn't see oh, anything. Threads right well, then now. I have rethreaded everything that Ariel that's, put up. Oh, uh, you know, Frank. What a cheese on their avocado what a mensch. toast. So, see, that's the indictment on the platform. You follow us, but you haven't seen anything. So it's either you lying or an indictment lists on are threads. big. I even I even threaded. I don't even know what to say. Like I even wrote to Zuck himself. And I asked when, you know, I didn't want to use the word list because I didn't want to offend, but like, I want a version. When are the of features li- that Twitter has that Threads does not coming, basically? Oh, yeah, like the, uh, the yeah. limit. The only one I care about is the are the lists because for you fight don't care nights, about the for you I mean the um, no. the following no. feed? The following no. feed is. I couldn't care. I never go to that. That's my cesspool. I never, I only go to lists. Only go to lists. I don't need to. Do you follow too many people that you don't want to follow. I don't need, unfollow. I don't Get them need out. to Clear go. Them. No, I just want to know because actually a lot of the people on my list I don't even follow. I just add them to the list. They don't even get the honor of the follow. Wow. But I want to. Why know. don't you just follow the people that would have been on I'll that? I'll tell list. you exactly why. Tell me. For example, yesterday, right? Uh, yesterday, I'm watching Canada USA soccer. I just want to go to conversations about that. I don't want anything else right now. I just so I go to my hashtag. Canada soccer. Yeah, that's what a hashtag no or a search is for. I just go to my list. I just go to my list. I I like to go to hashtags. We don't no have because if why, I if I go to hashtag, it's a bunch you, of other jabrones writing. If I you wanted, followed those people, why wouldn't they pop up with the soccer conversation on your follow? Because it would be mixed with other stuff. I just want to see. I don't want to see anything else. I want to see what every. When I want to hear about NBA free agency, I'll just go to my NBA list. I don't need to go to anything else. I don't want to see. It. I don't want to search through other stuff to get to the NBA. You Regardless what of what, how you feel, they don't have this on threads. Yes, yes, yes. My point is, I asked Zuck. He didn't get back to me yet. I'm holding Please. on. He might have gone back. I mean, to he's working on it. Um, you got it's bubbles. It's bubbles right now. As, it's not even chale. bubbles. Oh, I, it's not even. By the way, it might be because of Chael that he hasn't gone back. Maybe to he's me, still typing to Chael. He might still be getting back to Chael. We don't know. Speaking of which, Linda Yaccarino, do we know her? No. She is Shedley? the. Yes, she's like. Uh, it doesn't say anything. She's like the 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 one that Elon hired for. Twitter. Oh, the new oh, CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, she tweeted moments ago, probably because we're talking about this, and she's moving to threads. Don't want to leave you hanging by a nice. thread. Nice. Ooh. Nice. Off to a good start. 
Nice. But Twitter, you really outdid yourselves. Last week, we had our largest usage yeah. day since February. There's only one Twitter. You know it. I know it. Mic drop. Always will be. It's a good tweet. It's not Keep a bad tweet. On. But, but you know uh, what? You know how many funerals we've I been read. to for Twitter? I mean, the uh, amount of times it's, it's just By the way, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. I don't know you about any of you. literally asked me. No, the, no. The first question last week no. was, is Twitter dead? No, I first haven't question. done. What I have abstained from doing is, you can follow me here if you want. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. in oh, case yeah. this thing goes under, you could follow <laughs> me here. Just throwing it out there. I'm like, no. You know what? They either want to follow you or they don't. Exactly. Just in case this thing goes on. All they got to do is just keep the lights on. It was very smart of threads to just port over followers from Instagram where you can automatically follow um, those people. That was smart. They did all that. And then you can't even see their threads. And then you can't see. Because there's no following thing. If anything... It may just be good for Twitter because this is just going to snap Twitter into Look, it's good to have competition. Be, uh, be more you user friendly. The consumer wins. The, I don't know, the rate I, limit is gone. I haven't seen the rate limit. Yeah. That's yeah. gone. Frank with the mo- probably the best line of the of the show. It's good to have competition. Just ask WWE with AEW. Mm. Just, it's mm-hmm. better. It, it, it Firefox versus Chrome. Firefox versus Chrome. Uh uh Napster and, their, Napster and LimeWire. Napster and LimeWire. Yeah, UFC UFC's year would be even better if they had legit competition. Simon versus Carfunkel. No, you went back to that one. You claimed we didn't hear you the first time. Yeah, you what, definitely what say, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then it was pretty on. funny. It was pretty funny, but then to reuse it after patting Thelma yourself on the back Louise? in the group chat. No. Yeah, this is just... By the way, Simon and Garfunkel, were they ever... Rivals? No, that was the joke. That, that was the joke. He dropped uh, it in there, but like nobody acknowledged it. It didn't no, hit, wait, and now we're callbacks. I looked at him. I laughed. We had a we shared a good moment. It was funny. We moved on. Then he comes in, into the group chat, pats himself on the back, tells us how funny it was, how none of us heard it, and now he's reusing it. Was this after mm. you guys went to the Wes Anderson movie or before? Oh man, do we need to get into the Wes Anderson Which, movie? Uh, talk look, about things. Sucks. Talk about things that I'm out on. Talk about wow. things that I haven't even thought of. Wow, that was Asteroid City. <laughs> yeah, couldn't no. recommend Four it. Four thumbs down. Four thumbs down. Five if I had them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, Gonna be a hard time talking me into seeing another Wes Anderson. Did you ever movie? consider? That, wait, so there's think, no Wes Anderson movies that you do like? He's, he's never seen, seen any. That was his oh, first. That was probably my right. first Wes Anderson. So, so Bill Simmons and his kid, the experience they had at yeah. 290, that being their first thing, they're like, UFC is incredible. I went and saw Asteroid City as my first Wes Anderson movie. I'm like, this Wes Anderson guy ain't all he's cracked up to be. I don't he's, know about. He's this. got some bangers. He's got some bangers. Can you do me a this favor? Is definitely not one of them. Can, can you watch? No, I, I can you watch Royal Tenenbaums. Please. Yeah, I mean, come on. I need a minute. He's going to see the so much Asteroid City in it. I got, I got about, I got about forty-five minutes, and I was like, "Did you consider walking out?" Happen. I literally turned to my wife in the middle of it. I was like, "I feel bad for Connor right now." <laughs> I started. No, wait, so Frank, listen, you, I am like was, a. I never ever fall asleep when I'm in a movie theater ever. I started dozing off a little bit. I was like, "Wouldn't be the worst." Didn't thing even if fight I, it. If right? I caught some Z's, oh, I was like, "Wouldn't be the wow, worst thing." That bad. Wow, Frank, nothing you, happened. You've seen nothing Wes Anderson happened. movies I've seen before. all of them. Okay, it was a little too. He said it was a little too Wes Anderson. Yeah, even for me, I was like, there was a couple wow. moments where you're just like, why is this happening? And what is even going on? What does this have to do with the story? And then you find out the it was story too is, weird. The story just doesn't exist. And before someone says that it went over her head. Oh yeah, tell Fuck me it went over my head. <laughs> tell, tell me how I need a, a PhD <laughs> in, in filmography yeah. to understand. Oh, why. is that what that. people are saying? I don't know. Well, he's but I definitely see someone saying that. He's it's, definitely an artsy director, so I could see somebody trying to do that. 
Um, the, the same people that are going to tell me about how great Asteroid City was and stop yada, yada, yada are the same ones that are going to defend this uh, UFC Apex 77 okay. card this okay. weekend. Oh, my. That's, I mean, that's an interesting bunch. Wow. Legit Royal Tenenbaum is one of my favorite movies, and I it's, don't have a lot. He's He's got some amazing ones. Rushmore. Like, he's he's got some. Royal Tenenbaum's pick. above the rest, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, I'll yeah, be his word for it. It's, it's a great movie. Just uh, watch it and then tell me what you think of it. All right. It's possible he fell off. I don't think he fell off. His director's he, miss. Uh, I mean, I'm the biggest Christopher Nolan look, fan. Look, Frank like said he's— last, last time out, I went and saw Tenet, and I was kind of like— Felt a little too. It can't all be Connor. Tenet just went over your head. Don't worry. Yeah, about yeah. It. That's what a lot of people told me. Maybe I'm just dumb. Maybe I'm just. You're dumb. supposed to watch it in reverse. Oh, uh, there, there, there. By the way, and not sleeping in a movie theater is an incredible feat. I, I'm like, I'm paying twenty dollars. I'm to due see this. for like can, two naps per I movie. Stay up for. I actually want to go to the movie just so I can get a good nap in. Barbenheimer, we doing it? What's that? Barben? Oh, Bar- Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Wow. Same day, back to back. Follow. What's Oppenheimer? Oh God. for real? Oh, God. I have no idea what that oh, is. Oh boy. Is that okay. a, I know about I know all threats. about Barbie coming out Just on July 21st. I'll American tell you that much. Bar- Oppenheimer <laughs> also comes out on July 21st. Who's that Nolan's, one? Christopher Nolan's next movie, Killian Murphy. Star. Christopher Walken? Love him. Christopher <laughs> Walken? <laughs> yeah, is that his name? I mean, it's the movie it could be the movie of the year. Oppenheimer. Was, yeah, yeah, no CGI about nukes. They They they've detonated actual bombs. Yeah. You think it'll but do better than Barbie? Effects. Like money wise, that's a tough thing. Like people are really into the Barbie thing, and the and the and the like. The marketing has been unbelievable. Yeah. for Barbie, I'm I'm gonna go get the new Barbie ice cream at Cold Stone here. Oh, I out. saw that too. I got a Cold Stone right next to my. Are you crib. gonna get I'm the Wappenheimer? No, <laughs> is there a Wappenheimer? <laughs> no, I wish. I wish. <laughs> we went to Cold Stone to get my birthday cake, and Wait. the the Barbie thing was on display, but you had to pre-order it. We this just it. reminded me. We talked about the Grimace shake. Did you end up getting a Grimace shake? Are you talking to me? Yeah. What's a Grimace shake? Didn't we talk about this? <laughs> no. Wasn't he like confused and not not had had a Grimace shake? No, yet? I don't think that's not me. This is not me. Who's had it? Oh, maybe this is another show. Different Grimace is an OG McDonald's character, the big purple guy. Yeah. Yes. He what is that? Birthday. Wait, it's nobody knows about the Grimace shake. We all know about it. It's oh. yeah, birthday. I, mean, I don't know what it is. So you're right. It's a purple shake. It's like, what is it like an off menu? Is it Is it an off menu thing? No, just a special limited time. the shit out of it, and it's like a TikTok trend to drink it and die. No, what? No, yeah, it's the trend. You drink it, and then the next, very next scene, you just drink it. You just drink it. What? What is it made of? I actually don't know the flavor. It's just purple. But it's milkshake. Yeah, it's a milkshake. It's made of purple. It's great. Like I haven't heard of Grimace in years. People are waiting. People are waiting hours in line. Did you know Hamburglar is still incarcerated? I'm dead serious. I think I think you're a little bit late on the Grimace thing, honestly. Late? I just found out about it. Do you know who Ron? I mean, Ariel's late on everything. I just found out about it three seconds ago. So, by the way, there was this thing called the atomic bomb that was made. Get out of here. The Wappenheimer uh, thing is one of the funniest things I've ever seen because there's a fake ad for it, and I actually believed it for a second. <laughs> wow. And, like, the tagline was, taste the bomb. Jeez. That seems yeah, too the, intense. The Wappenheimer. Yeah, Grimace birthday shake has been discontinued. What? It was only, it was for, amazing. It was only for June. But uh, now they're smart. They're going to bring it back every June, like the Shamrock Shake. I like uh, it. Oh, that's smart. But what the flavor is it? The memes were incredible. I think You're gonna have to test it some to find people. Out. Some people broke it down. It was it was just sugary. Did you guys try it? 
No, I never got around to it. Still kicking, thankfully. Fuck. Wait, you did try it. <laughs> no, I would oh, never. Okay. Uh, I think I mentioned this off air, but my my one movie review of the year, uh, two thumbs up to Still on Apple Plus. Highly recommend that documentary about Michael J. Fox. Do you see it yet, Frank? Uh, no, actually. Hmm. Seems like my recommendation didn't go too far. Yeah, I mean, what was your second recommendation for the year? I don't know. I don't have one. No. That's my he one. said my one. But that's not... No, he's been recommended shit all year. No, I haven't. Mario. No, Mario and something else. Stylebender. Stylebender. Oh, Style yeah, that's true. Stylebender. Fantastic. Yeah. So. I recommended Mario? Yeah. Yeah. Inside Call jokes. Mario now? Mario, Mario. <laughs> that's what they call him in Canada. Yeah. It's me, Mario. It's, I think I said it. It's because of the inside jokes, right? Right. Right. All right. Barbie, Coldstone. Can you watch Barbie before or after Oppenheimer and still get I, I feel like you got to go Oppenheimer, then Barbie. Yeah, that I feel like right. Oppenheimer, lunch break, yeah. back in for Barbie. You guys, what do you mean? There's an intermission because it's a. I'm psyched to for. I mean, we're very excited about Barbie. Uh, I feel like New York Rick, you're going to go now. Or do you, oh, yeah. Are your kids too young for Barbie? What is Barbie yeah, rated? They can watch. PG. They can watch. It better be for kids. No, it's PG 13. What? Hey, no, there's a little bit of like uh, uh, dark humor in it. They're like. But is it like oh, that type on. of humor that will go over the kid's head, but we will appreciate it? Yeah, I think we'll Maybe. be fine. PG 13. Yeah. But does that, does that mean it's inappropriate for little kids? No. It means parental it's guidance. Parental guidance under 13, 13, so yeah, yeah. But if it's when PG used to, I don't take my kid to a PG 13 movie. What was Mario? G, there you go, G for great. Yeah, so this should be G, no? No, it's I'm looking at it, it's rated PG 13. Who's Ken? (laughs) Ryan Ryan Gosling, cover GQ. Wow, it's crazy. I'm actually kind of shocked it took him this long to make a Barbie movie. Oh, they made another one, Um, Margot Robbie, Goat. Yeah. But wait, was the other one animated? No, it was Barbed Wire. I got it confused. Barbed Wire, the Pamela Anderson movie? Yeah. What? <laughs> huh? That's like that's Will like an Ferrell R-rated movie. No, that was like an X-rated movie. Yeah, and it was also uh, a massive failure. That was like her yeah. big... Bomb. Yeah. That actually, her, her documentary was good on Netflix, too. Shout out. Yeah, fellow Canadian. Uh, All right, yeah. guys. A couple more weeks, Barbenheimer. Shout out. Are you really going to do it? Yeah. A couple more weeks, summer. isn't it? Next week. That's, I, yeah, next I think week, next a week. lot of people are planning the the double feature. This is a thing. That's the, the only way to do it. Yes. Where someone, someone brought a Barbenheimer shirt to Margot Robbie on the red carpet, and she signed it, and she was like, "Now you got to go get Killian Murphy's autograph on the second." Why is this a thing? Because sure they're both coming out on the same day, and they're yeah. like the exact opposite. It's like a movie about Barbie with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, and then it's a movie about nukes and the atomic bomb. But who made this into Killian a thing Murphy? that you need to go to both? The internet. The internet. Fucking Barbenheimer. And make sure you see it at an AMC so you can get that. It's been all over Nicole Kidman. What are you talking about? They're actually promoting this? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) Why wouldn't you? I've never seen two movies get promoted like this before. You can buy Barbenheimer shirts. Yeah. Are they made by the same. Like people, uh, no, no, are, no, no. It no, is no, not no. being promoted by the people involved in the individual I mean, the movie film. Like AMC is promoting it. No. Pe- people uh, are talking maybe. about like, like 
famous people are talking about how their plans on how they're going to attack this. Tom Cruise is like, I'll shut up, Tom Cruise. Oppenheimer on no Friday, way Tom Cruise and then is on Saturday. Well, you see, serious. the Tom Cruise context is he's a big like we're bringing back the movies guy because oh, yeah. the movie industry is hurting. Yeah, you ever and see so every ad with him? He's we'll see at the movies. He's like, let's go see two movies. Why <laughs> like not? Every time. Oh, and then he's got Mission Impossible coming out. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to sign up for the monthly pass where you just get on. The By the way, movies. I thought I was on the internet too much. Now I feel much better the fact that I have not seen oh, any on. of this. I am completely you unaware. You knew about the Cold Stone Barbie ice cream. Yeah, because I walked into a Cold Stone on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. so, my, my daughter, she was get. like, we got to get, get this. Has she gotten it yet? No, we just saw it on Saturday. Did you get her tickets for the movie? No, we didn't get anything. But funny thing was, we walked into the thing, I picked my cake, and then I walked up. cake. Yeah, of course. And then I walked up to the lady, the and she's like, do you, want, do you want your name on it? Do you want something written on it? And I was like, yes. Happy 41st birthday, Ariel. And then they laughed because here I am asking someone to write for me. Usually probably should be done by someone else for you. I mean, that's a little bit presumptuous, though. What? Because <laughs> why, couldn't your friend, why couldn't your friend be Ariel with a 41st birthday? No, no. I felt to... like shit doing that for myself. The family thought it was funny. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah. you meant the people. No, 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 no. My wife and daughter thought it was funny that I was doing this for myself. And then then I said to uh, the lady working there, I was like, is that a little bit sad that I'm doing this for myself? And she's like, no, we've actually had people come in here by themselves doing it for themselves. So I was like, okay, at least I don't feel so bad. The family. Yeah. did did somebody else at least pay for it? Did you have to take out your I credit 1, card? I one thousand percent paid for it. Does it really matter? It doesn't really matter. No, I mean, but this gesture, Just the, the gesture guess, would yeah. be nice if somebody else said, "Oh, Ariel didn't even that. do didn't even do the dinosaur hands." Didn't even do the, like <laughs> let me let me. <laughs> It would have been funny if my daughter was like, let me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, She's saving up her allowance. Uh, she wants to do something nice for dad. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this has been fun, guys. Uh, it's been great. I've enjoyed it's been this very much, but it is time to go. I will talk to you on Wednesday. I bid you adieu. Is it just UFC at the Apex this weekend? I think so, right? Uh, KSW, man. Feel the free. Oh, our boy. Yeah, defending the belt. And I believe one championship as a card. All right. Well, there you go. Haven't even gone there yet. I'm still digesting what transpired. What do we got? We got one. We got KSW. Yeah. And then next week, we've got UFC London. Sheesh. That's happened fast. Where's this case? To- oh, it's in Poland. Yeah, Phil DeFries. Uh, all right. Out of time. Great show. But it is time to go home. Oh. That explains it. <laughs> on the nose? Imagine we have to do a one hour on the nose right now. I thought that's what we rehearsed. Hmm. There it is. Should ask Ilya Tapuria what he's saying there. Actually, did we did we figure out what he's saying at the beginning Twitter of that song? Twitter says that it's um, indecipherable. Indecipherable. Yeah, it's like Well, I feel I feel like someone told us one time. Maybe Literally, they were like, "Hey, it's indecipherable." Calm your jets. Calm your jets. Cool wow. your jets. Calm your jets. Cool uh, your jets. Cool your jets. UFC 290. It has come and gone. PFL Europe 2 has come and gone as well. Uh, Victor Wembenyama's Summer League debut has come and gone as well. Gold Cup quarterfinals come and gone. Big home run derby. Do you see any action on that tonight? Nah, nothing for me. Nothing on the home run derby? Nah, nothing. Just going to support my Braves, you know. 
Best team in the old league. I feel like that's a fun one to bet on. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it is if you win, but I've tried it like six it's or seven times and I've lost every time. Impossible? No, it's not impossible. You just got to pick the winner. I just can't do that. Flagro Jr. Slam it. I think he's going to win. Shohei Otani would be fun. Has he ever been in it? I think he was once. Yeah, I think he has. Yeah. Uh, in any event, thank you very much to all our guests today. Appreciate them all very much. Uh, thank you very much to Alexandre Pantoja. What a story. What a guy. Unbelievable. Uh, Chael Sonnen, Dan Hooker, Jens Pulver, Ilya Taporia, and Alex Volkanovsky. Not a lot, not a bad little six pack, huh, my friends? Not a bad little six pack. Uh, thanks to all of them. Thanks to all of you. Back on Wednesday, take five. Peace.